I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey, and now a new co-host to the Sports Loudmouth. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him as the biggest loudmouth of the NFL. You know him as Sean Smith. Sean, what's going up, buddy? We got we got Yeah, we we got it. We we got it. He was on mute, ladies and gentlemen. He needs to learn how to use his mic. Uh, he never, listen, he never knew how to use his mic when he was on the field because his mic was rolling when he was on the sidelines. It didn't matter who he was speaking to. Referees, you know, he was in the pile of craziness, punching people, knocking people out. Sean Smith. Sean, what's up, man? Again, I, now your mic's on. We see you. How are you? Man, I'm doing great, man, on this wonderful, uh, beautiful day in Texas today, man. We got, what, 75-degree weather down there? So oh. I can't complain. Oh, what are you trying to brag? <laughs> Uh, no, I'm just, you know, spitting the facts. Well, guess what? I like the cold. I love the New York weather. It is 35 degrees. I'm wearing the big coat. I'm pointing fingers to the women outside in their beautiful big coats. And, you know, when the summer comes around, they're in their bikinis. They're in their, you know, their thongs. And that's something to look at. But Speedy doesn't like to look at that. Right, no, Speedy? No, I'm not going to investigate all, all that. I, if, if Sean wants to continue to do that, I'm sure he would. Well, you don't like to look at women in thongs? I, I don't know. I don't know about a, if I would try to get that close. How about men in man thongs? No. So, but so I, mean, but I mean, Speedy, you don't go to the shirt club, then, huh? <laughs> no, I've been uh, manipulated into it before, though. <laughs> oh. Maybe, maybe, maybe you'll, your addition will be what it takes because uh, he, his, uh, his friends are a little crazy. Well, yeah. there's a lot yeah, of craziness. It's a little crazy. There's a lot of craziness, but it's, uh, you know, you have a little fun in it. You know what I mean? A little music is the club. Why not? <laughs> That's fair. Well, there's a lot of craziness going on in my life. My my girl, she's moving. She's all over the place. I'm picking up. I'm picking up furniture. I'm putting on my back. I'm hurting my neck. I, I had neck surgery. I had hip surgery. I mean, I'm an old man, and I'm jumping, running, doing this, do that, sit like a dog, pout about it. And then today, my friend calls me up and says, could you move me? So I might as well have my own moving company. That's what I really should be doing because right. that's all I do. Man, you guys don't have, uh, what's that out there, uh, the college hunks, the two college hunks that move the drunk? <laughs> oh, they have them. They have them. By the way, my friend's actually on the trucks. One of the guys on the trucks is one of my good friends. And, and yes, he is a college hunk. Well, he's not a college hunk anymore. And I wouldn't call him a hunk, by the way. Uh, but he is a goofball. But, uh, yeah, uh, we do have him out here. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't ask anybody to carry anything because I like to break things. So, And uh, to me, when you're... When you get told to different, you know, from different organizations, and I'm not going to mention anybody from 
uh, I guess uh, when you when you're looking at sofa places, and I'm not again, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. Uh, you know, stores. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know, but I'll tell you this: my girl spent about ten thousand dollars this weekend on a bed, a sofa, you name it. She spent, and she was bitching and moaning about it from the beginning. So I, I, I told you, you want the best? You're all about the best. We'll give you the best, and we did. I, I, I made sure she had the best, and I said, hey, you, you know what? You want the best? Open up the pockets, baby. You're a nurse. Open up the damn pockets, and she did. So now she's got to work for it. But uh, we have a great show lined up for you guys at 8.30. We'll be talking to former Brewers pitcher and current Union Laguna pitcher, Braden Webb, Mexican League. Uh, we, we've had a couple guys from the Mexican yeah, League yep, on the our show. Our friend Bruce Maxwell. Yeah, he was, I think he was a runner-up for the MVP. <laughs> oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I, did not, wow. I did not notice that. But yes. I'll have to, we'll have to get him back on. Absolutely. <laughs> at 9.30, we'll be talking to ex-nine-year MLB pitcher, current sports Nation nightly co-host Nelson Figueroa. He's been a Met. If you don't know who he is, uh, he was a relief pitcher. So uh, Nelson will be joining us. Uh, he's a great friend of the show. He's been wanting to come back on the show. We had him laughing. He almost spit out the water on the show when I had him on the last time. So Nelson will be joining us a little bit later in the show. We're going to get into the championship games. The Chiefs, as we all know. Move along, as they always do, as uh, the Swifties are heading to the Super Bowl. And hopefully Taylor... Well, by the way, I, I just want to mention this. The NFL reached out to Taylor Swift and asked her if she wants to do the halftime show with Usher. And she said, it's Usher's show. I am not doing it. So, it's crazy. The NFL, the NFL wanted this. They wanted the Chiefs in the Super Bowl to try to persuade Taylor Swift... To be a part of the halftime show. Shame on the NFL. But I, I, we'll get into that. So we'll get into the Chiefs and Baltimore game. But what were you going to say there? So you're laughing over there. What are you laughing about? I mean, hey, you, you seen the stat they came out with. Sales is up, man. His jersey sales up. Her, her sales is up. Hey, you know. Who knows? She's probably going to do a concert in Arrowhead after we win the Super Bowl. Oh, oh, there he goes with we. <laughs> there he goes with we. Let's uh, speak a little French, you know. I study a little Swahili. Don't get into the French thing because we, we've, we've... No, I'm not doing that again. We spoke about delicacies, all right? So don't get me into that French stuff. Anyways, uh, so uh, we'll get into the Baltimore and Chiefs game. We'll also get into the 49ers and Lions game as the Lions had a 17-point lead going into the third quarter, and then everything started to tumbling, tumble down. And we've seen this before with the Lions, but it was 1983. I was one years old when this team was in the NFC title game. That was the last time they were there, and, and it'll probably be the only time, well, it will, this, this year will probably be the only time they'll be there. As we heard Dan, yes, Dan Campbell say, we might never be here again. So uh, Dan Campbell's already throwing his team under the bus. But we'll get into that. Ben Johnson turns down the head coaching offers and will stay with the Lions. I am not surprised. Why would I want to go to Seattle? And why would I want to go to Washington? That would be a dead fall spot for me. So I I cannot see Ben Johnson. And Ben Johnson wants to go to a team that has, 
obviously a good quarterback where he can move forward with that quarterback as he's been working with Jared Goff and really transitioned Jared Goff's game. He's been a sensational quarterback since he's gone to the Lions. Reports say that Kirk Cousins wants to go back to the Vikings on a two-year, $90 million contract, which would be tied. He'd be making $45 million a year, which would be tied to Patrick Mahomes' numbers and what he is making yearly, $45 million a year. So very interesting story. We'll get into that. Reports say that Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers had a sour relationship once Rodgers got hurt. <laughs> Did you hear Zach Wilson crying about this? Are you kidding me? Listen, man, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it from your mom because you, you like to go. And if you want to go cry to his, her mom, your mom, one of one of your mom's best friends, you could do that too. I mean, I'll invite you to my bathroom because you like to sneak into bathrooms. So, Zach, if you want to come over, I'll invite her over. I'll invite a couple of 50-year-old women over, and you can have your fun in my shower, which is big enough to hold about four people. So I'll just keep them out of your bathroom. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> But isn't, isn't his mom like a cougar or something like that? Like, well, like, I mean, Zach looks like his mom, so I guess she is. <laughs> it's polar opposites. He looks like he's a high school uh, high school senior going to prom on, on his draft night, and then uh, and then she looks like that. So. He, he should be on like Kanye West's next. You know, you know how the college dropout. Well, he dropout. yeah. Well, he had the college dropout album. He, if he ever comes out with like another dropout album, he should just be. On an album, like, with a Jets hat falling off like a ledge, like the, the Jet dropout or something like that. The New York dropout or something. That would be good. I think that would be great. If, listen, I'm just trying to help Zach. He's going to need to make money after he's done with the NFL. I don't care how many teams are interested in bringing him in. That, that's yeah, ridiculous. He's trying, help, he's trying to help him with his life after football, I see. Right. Well, listen, I, mean, I, can, I can help let him. Let me know. Let me know. You're a jack of all trades. You, you got all these talents and all this. You're an agent now, too? Well, easy. Where's the wife be that? Well, Listen, I'm not wearing the wife beater tonight. I'm smelling my armpits. I just want to make sure they smell good. You know, this is a three-hour show. I got to make sure that I don't have a, you know, a potent smell for these guys in the studio. So, but, hey, listen, Zach could smell all he wants. These girls are running to him, including the old ones. So, there, there you go. So, Zach Wilson opening his big mouth again. We'll get into that. The Jets say they have multiple suitors in a potential Zach Wilson trade. Oh, my God. What idiots want him? And whoever wants to bring the college or whatever Jets drop out to their team, good luck on that. It's not going to work. Maybe it's the 49ers. Maybe they'll have both those idiots there. Sam Donald and Zach Wilson. Maybe the 49ers. The triple maybe, threat. Maybe, maybe the Dallas Cowboys. Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. Hey, hey, Peter, you just read my fucking mind there. <laughs> on that one. Well, I'm don't put in a bid in for that one because number four is not the answer for the uh, so-called America's team. Mm. Oh, oh you're, uh, I, I see you've been uh, uh, Poor Dak. allied with one of our callers that likes mm. to throw Dak under the bus, I say. Well, you know, when you live here and you see him a lot, you know, I don't say nothing to him publicly, but it's just like at the end of the day, hey, man. There you, what have you done lately? You gotta get, get, if you can't get over the hump, it's time to get out of here. Well, we can give him a nice swift kick in the ass. I, I like Dak, by the way, and I, I stand for Dak. 
I stand for Dak. I should wear a shirt. A shirt. I should get a shirt made. <laughs> I stand for Dak. Okay, because I'm the only one that sticks up for the kid. Anyways, uh, Julius Randle dislocates his shoulder. Will miss at least two weeks. I'm hearing could be four weeks. But who cares? They're on an eight-game winning streak. The New York Knicks are the hottest team in basketball right now. And yes, Jalen Bronson should be a starter in the All-Star game. Shame on the fans not voting him in as a starter. I want to throw up on all of you. You know what? I definitely want to get into the Chiefs game because there's so much to get into this game and there's so much that I I just, I could go in and out and, and just really argue my points to it. Going into the game, the Baltimore Ravens fans were crowdedly crazy, okay? They're dancing, they're doing that, that uh, I, I don't know what they call it, the Alonjo. The bird dance, whatever. I, I, think, I, I think they call it the encore dance. I see Odell Beckham doing I see everybody. They're posting up that encore song, and they're doing that little disco fever, whatever the hell they're doing. And, and it's great. It's great. And Lamar Jackson, fantastic season. He's going to win an MVP, ladies and gentlemen. He is definitely going to win the MVP of the NFL. But what we saw on Sunday was a team oblivious to understand that they're in a championship game. This is a Baltimore Raven team, ladies and gentlemen, that just didn't show up. They didn't show up. And I'll say this, Kansas City didn't show up to the game either. Both teams didn't. Now, defensively, the Baltimore Ravens held Kansas City to no points in the second half. And in the first half, Baltimore made a lot of mistakes in the secondary. And you saw it. it they, they gave Patrick Mahomes time. Travis Kelsey made some sensational catches in the second quarter. And I have to give Travis Kelsey a lot of credit. Because Travis Kelsey, really the last four or five games of the season, he just didn't look the same as he did throughout his career. And, and it looked like maybe he was gaining weight. Maybe he's dating Taylor Swift, and he just doesn't care about football anymore. That's, that's what I thought. I thought, hey, this is the last season. We've, we're hearing Jason Kelsey's retirement. Maybe these guys want to move on to the sunset or move out and, and ride off into the sunset, do their podcast, make millions of dollars, go on you know, ESPN Network or whatever the hell they want to do, maybe a new prime network, and do their show and make millions of dollars. Maybe that's what it was. But what we saw on Sunday was a team that just didn't want to play the game. And, and I, you know, we've heard Herm, Herm Edwards come out and say this over and over and over again. You play to win the game. John Harbaugh, I don't know if he understands how to play to win a game. Since he's won a Super Bowl against his brother, what was it, seven years ago? Eight years ago. Eight years ago, John Harbaugh finally wins a championship. He comes from a, a, a family of great coaches. His father was a good coach. His brother's a good coach. He's a good coach. Great. He beat his brother in the Super Bowl. Fantastic. His brother wins a national championship. Fantastic. His brother's now the new Chargers coach. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Why is it when you go into these big games, John Harbaugh just comes up short. It has a lot to do with his coaching. It does. He's like Doc Rivers, I guess. Oh. <laughs> we'll get into the whole Doc Rivers thing. Can't win the big game, but, you know, to get back to the topic at hand, mm. you're saying the Chiefs didn't play well. I mean, evidently they played well enough to win the game. America, everybody wanted the Ravens. Oh, Lamar Jackson. 
what happened to him at draft day, you know. Patrick Mahomes never played away from Arrowhead. You know, we went to Buffalo, beat Buffalo ass. Now we went to Ravens and beat the Ravens ass. And now we're going to Vegas to win some money and beat everybody else ass again and win another Super Bowl back-to-back. What more do you want to say? Travis Kelsey, 11 receptions, 111 yards. How you not double-teaming? How? How you not double-teaming? Just tell me how you not double-teaming the man. Well, well, let me tell you something. I'm I'm not throwing Travis Kelsey under the bus. I said he had a good game. And if you look at his numbers, 11 reception, 116 yards, one touchdown, 11 targets. He had a sensational game. We expected him to get the ball. I wasn't expecting him to see the ball as much as he did. And that has a lot to do with the, the safety play of this Baltimore Raven team. But real, what really stood out to me during the halves, really the quarters when, when Patrick Mahomes was off on the sidelines was he was crying to the referees. And we have seen this over and over and over again. Was, I don't think he was crying. He was just talking to the ref, just like when I play. Hey, ref, watch this. Watch this here. Watch this situation here. And watch this. Hey, passing the fence, you know, the holding. Hey, we need calls. We're gonna, you got to talk to the ref. Whether you play football, basketball, soccer, who knows, even the up in baseball. The, the head coach, assistant coach, the players talk to the ref. Did no you see – hold on, Sean. Did you see Lamar Jackson cry to the referees, talk to the referees yes, on the yes, side? Yes, no, he yes, didn't. No, he didn't. You see Lamar on the sideline crying. Oh, <laughs> that's not talking to a referee because he's crying. Meanwhile, we should get Lamar a commercial with some Vaseline, some Carmex or something, because while he was crying and boo-hooing and while the cheese was moving, tears coming down, he was white like Pookie around the lips. Well, listen, I, I like Pookie, all right? And and, and for, for, for your information here, I have, I've seen this over and over and over again with Patrick Mahomes. This is what he wants. He wants the referees to see something or see what he sees. So the next time he's on the field, they're calling penalties. And there was a lot of penalties. And if you look in this game, Baltimore had a significant amount of penalties, especially in the second half. As we see Kansas City, you, you see the penalties oh, all on. throughout oh, that, the season that, drop. You see the replay just now. Mm-hmm. You see the replay just now. Lamar threw the ball in triple fucking coverage. You tell me who fought. That's the referee. Listen, that was his mistake. That was his. That was his one mistake, Sean. That was his one mistake. And the funnier part is Isaiah likely put his head up like he was open. <laughs> he thought he was open. I don't know what he saw. They claimed that when there's three guys on him, including Nick Bolton, who's a good coverage. You see three white jerseys. Come on, you're trying to run the seam, and then you see the then you see the tight end complaining. Look at the ref in the back. Oh, what do you want? You're throwing it against three people, bro. Come on, I hey, no sympathy on that one. Come with something better. On that. First of all, I'm not giving Baltimore any sympathy, but I I am going to say that Patrick Mahomes is a crybaby, and the NFL wanted to see the Kansas City Chiefs. Go so to the Super Bowl. Tom Brady? What was Tom Brady? A crybaby. <laughs> a crybaby. I always said he was a crybaby. I never liked Tom. And who was Philip Rivers? You named one fucking Philip Rivers was just a hothead. I don't know if he actually cried. He lied to the referees about a flag, bro. You named one quarterback. Even a backup quarterback. Even the third string. Even the practice squad quarterback that's inactive during the game is complaining to the rest. Philip Rivers is going to lose his voice the more he not every the <laughs> Not every single time he's sitting on the bench. You see Patrick Mahomes walk up to the referees on the sidelines during break, and you see him crying about it. And listen, I again, if this is going to help his team out, I'm sorry? 
stats and get them offensive stats again. You see Patrick Mahomes, he's dominant, dominant, dominant. 30, dominant. all right, let, let me bring up his stats. Patrick Mahomes was 30 for 39, 241 yards and one touchdown. He ran, he had six carries for 15 yards. Two, Lamar Jackson, who made some mistakes, 20 for 30, 37, 272 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and ran for eight carries, 54 yards. That wasn't a – he didn't have a bad game. I'm going to tell you what hurt. Okay, I'm going to tell you what hurt the game. Lamar was a pocket passer that game. Instead of the weeks before, what did he do? Run, beat him with his feet. When he had time to run, he did not run. The Chiefs DBs are playing man-to-man coverage. Linebackers in coverage. So it was Lamar against that linebacker that was spying against him, and he stood back there patting the ball. This ain't fucking seven on seven. We're not playing seven on seven right now, bro. This is a chance to go to the Super Bowl. You say, like Jim Harbaugh say, you want the ball in your hands as a quarterback. You do all that, yip, 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 yip. And what happened? He didn't. He, he nutted up, bro. <laughs> he nutted up in the big game. I hate to say it. He did what Jared Allen did. Yeah, it was it was surprising too, Sean, because you look at like the way the Spagnuolo runs his defense too. Like he loves to blitz, and you would think something like Lamar Jackson rolling out a bootleg play, running something like that, would be a good counter, more design runs, and I think that's where the Ravens ended up losing this game. The Chiefs have the more talented, uh, the Chiefs have the more talented quarterback, obviously, but the Ravens have the more talented defense. They just didn't have the lesser, they had the worst coached defense in that game, and I think the Chiefs. They got out coached, Speedy. They, the yeah, Ravens they did. Got out-coached. They did. At the end of the day, they got out coached and they got out played. I don't know how much they got out played because the Chiefs offensively in the second half was was terrible. They did nothing in the second I'm half. Gonna, I'm gonna tell you a stat, Earl. Oh, I can't wait. Let's hear it. When, when, when the Chiefs are winning at halftime, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, you are the father. We win, brother. <laughs> so that tells you something. Baltimore can't play from behind. The Chiefs can play with a lead all the time. And we can also come back from behind. All Patrick needs is 13 seconds. Remember that. Yeah, and then the 23 lead. What happened to the next game? Yeah, Patrick Patrick is the new Peyton Manning, my guy. I don't know about that. I think he's more Tom Brady. He likes to cry. That's what he does. Oh, he's no. a crybaby. <laughs> you see, it's after, after. They, hold on. Hold on, Sean. Hold on. Come on, Sean. He cries. Every quarterback in the NFL cry. You should hear the referees. They, they don't, hey, hey, Tom, you okay, Tom? <laughs> hey, Peyton, you okay? They don't call them by their last name. They call them by their first name. Like they go play gambling together. They play cards poker together or something. <laughs> uh, Carl, one of our commenters, also says, uh, why are no screen ca- calls from the Ravens? That's the other thing, too, I was surprised at. I was saying uh, last week, Justice Hill, I thought was going to be a big impact player to counter that with the screens, and they did not do that, and they didn't run the ball at all. And, I, 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 and, and here's another <laughs> thing. Run the ball because the Chiefs' defense, as you noticed, throughout the season in the playoffs, when 95 is not in, they just run the ball down our throat, mm-hmm. run it right down the pipe. And uh, so, one of our betting guys was saying last week, too, like per carry, the they're the one of the worst in the league, too. I think they were 25th in yards per carry allowed. And, and here, here's the thing. And, and here's the thing. Carl's telling me they got they got outplayed, and and they did not get outplayed because how do you say a team got outplayed when they shut down the Kansas City Chiefs D, uh, offense in the second half? They didn't get outplayed. They lost seventeen to ten. They did not get outplayed. As a matter of fact, if and I'll say this again, if Flowers didn't drop the ball and have that touchback, it goes to overtime, and who knows what happens in overtime? So they didn't get outplayed. Stop saying if they I got outplayed. If, 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 if I had a fifth for Hennessy right now, I'd be drunk. So guess what? <laughs> If he did, if what he did it, so it's not an if he did it. He fumbled. Guess what? Ball security. Ha 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 ha. She's Super Bowl. 
<laughs> Listen, if the Chiefs go, win the Super Bowl, they win the Super Bowl. I'm not going to be happy about it. But again, I, going back to this, they had a chance. Baltimore had a chance to win the game. To say they got outplayed is ridiculous. As a matter of fact, if you look at the Ravens, the Ravens, I think, outran outran the Chiefs in this game. They did. And they outthrew the Chiefs in this game. So to say that they, they got outplayed, they didn't. The def- Both defenses played very well. Both defenses played very well. And we'll to shut down – I'm sorry? We'll win championships. What do you mean? What? Defense. And coaching. Oh, okay. so defense. No what the offense did, guess what? You got to stop the other team from scoring. I, no so question. They the top defense and they didn't stop. L- okay? Listen. He, he, even the guy that I trained, number 92, he almost hurt the quarterback. Justin Matabike? Come on, that's my guy. And they trained – but he hurt – he almost hurt 15. And guess what? The defense played good, but they didn't play enough. They didn't play well enough. Not in the first half. They made some mistakes hey, in the first half, especially in the second quarters. quarter. That's why it's called four quarters. Hey, stop hating on my cheese because your Jets suck. Okay? Oh. oh, is that what it is? Is that what it is? Because my Jets stink. Listen, hold on, Sean. Hold on, Sean. I, I let's let's get into the Chiefs. Like right now, your Chiefs are right now the the storyline because they're all Swifties. Everybody cares about watching Taylor Swift. As a matter of fact, every single play, every single play, after they they, they get a, a first down or they get a 12-yard pass, you see Taylor Swift in the rafters. I don't want to see Taylor Swift anymore. I don't no, care I about saying, Taylor I Swift. In, I was saying that in the beginning, but guess what? It's media, baby. Media sells. What's selling? Tickets is selling, baby. Hey, we need Taylor to come on the show. Maybe we get more ratings too. Hey, we go up. Then what you gonna say then? Right, listen, I, I listen. I have no, I have no problems interviewing Taylor Swift, okay, or looking at her. But in turn a football game, I, I don't want to see her. I'm watching football. That's all I care about. I don't they care if the Swifties. I don't they care if. Se- I don't care, Sean. I don't care if there's seven, eight, or nine year olds watching the game. I could care less. I care about what I'm watching is entertaining, okay? And watching Taylor Swift smiling and blowing kisses to her boyfriend is not entertaining to me. Carl also says Ravens had no answer for the blitz. Mahomes and Maauto lit it up. Uh, Lamar made a ton of mistakes, didn't get them out of the bad plays against the blitz. Mahomes is a dog, Errol, quiet, quiet devaluing the win. <laughs> well, again, you also look at the Ravens coaching on the defensive side, too. Like, there was no adjustment to Travis Kelsey whatsoever. And I, I'm surprised because they have Kyle Hamilton, who's an all-pro safety. They have Roquan Smith, who's an all-pro linebacker. Patrick Queen, I, he's not as good in man coverage, so I don't know if I would trust him there. But... They had Javavian Connie, another South Carolina Gamecock. Uh, yeah, well, he's a pass rusher. I wasn't expecting him to do much on clowny and coverage unless you're doing it with, with screens. But those coverage linebackers for the Ravens, that's the strength of their defense, mostly outside of Matabuke, like you were saying, Sean, I'm an all-pro season as well on the defensive line. But still, that was not a game plan that Mike McDonald adjusted to well at all. And that was a big difference of why the Chiefs still were able to pour it on even in the fourth quarter, even when they were struggling offensively. Kelsey got some key third downs because of that. And here's the thing. I'm not. I'm, again, I'm not devaluing them beating the Baltimore Ravens. I have never devalued a win. All I'm saying is, for anybody to say that the the Ravens got outplayed big time against the Kansas City Chiefs is ridiculous. They did I ain't not. Say big time. I ain't gonna say big time because not by right. much. And and honestly, if you look at the numbers, they didn't really get outplayed. It was just really that second quarter that screwed the Ravens. That's it. And Flowers dropping the ball. Yeah. I mean, that really you hurt also, them. But you also know, guys, most games in the NFL are won by seven points or less. No question. 
No question, especially a game like this. No question. You're right about that, Sean. But again, if if you're a Ravens fan, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to say this. I like John Harbaugh. I really do. I think he's a great coach. I really, really do. And I want to give a shout out to our, our new, one of our new producers, Aaron. He's posting up videos for you guys to check out statistics and, and all the different things. So Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Fishman, he'll be working with us and he'll be coming on here and there throughout the, throughout the week. So uh, definitely check out all the stuff that we're posting up. If you're listening to us on the radio end, you're not going to get a chance to see some of these great, uh, obviously, numbers and analytics that we're putting up right now. But Patrick Mahomes... He, he was 30 for 39. He was efficient. 241 yards, one touchdown. He, he, he did play a good game, an efficient game. Did he play and did he have one of his best games? I would say no. Okay? And, and I'm not saying that to be bad. And, and again, Isaiah Pacheco. He's saving it for the Super Bowl. He doesn't. Oh. When you, when you're a great limping, player, fake limping. That's what he does. Hey, it don't matter. When you're a great player and you have good athletes around you, because you got to remember, number 11 lost us a game. MVS lost us a game earlier in the season. Guess what? He showed up in the last two playoff games. The last two playoff games, he has showed up and been dominant when it counts. He should teach Canarius Tony. He could learn a thug or two. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And Tony was mad because we made him inactive. So what? We're going to the Super Bowl, bro. Yeah, well, they are. And they're they're doing with being crybabies. Because we've seen Patrick Mahomes, even when against Buffalo. I I seem to remember in the the regular season, somebody, I don't know, the human joystick was offside. And Travis Kelsey, they were crying. At the end of the game, when Buffalo beat him by three, you, you saw Patrick Mahomes run up. To Josh Allen, not even shake his hand. He was complaining, crying about it because he didn't even see the video footage and see that his own player was offside and then crying about it that he got screwed. He always does this. I can't stand watching Patrick Mahomes. Just play the game. You're great. Play the game. Stop complaining and do what you do best. Play the game. I, I, I tell you what, after the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, are you getting a Travis Cleese or Mahomes jersey? Which one? None. <laughs> None. He has to buy a jersey for our betting guy, Wes. Yes. Because <laughs> I, I said that I didn't believe that the Kansas City Chiefs this year with the 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 the, the balance to, as, as, on the wide receiving side that they were going to be any good. I, I, I just didn't. And, and listen, that had a lot to do with the division. The Chargers have a terrible coach. Now they bring in Jim Harbaugh. The Broncos... Obviously, didn't trust Russell Russell Wilson, and then we all know what happened to the Josh McDaniels. That's one of, that's one of the Raiders. Teams that Wilson, that's one of the teams that Zach Wilson probably going to. Where the Broncos? Probably, <laughs> I, I could see that. I, I think it would work over there because I think if anybody Peyton's a quarterback guru, yes, and he's going to relive his career. I'm, I'm telling you. Either that or Eric Bien- wherever Eric Bieniemy goes as an offensive coordinator, I could see Eric Bieniemy fixing him too. I, I I could see that as well. So no, Eric, Eric, Eric Bieniemy want to go back to Kansas City so he can get a one on one. I don't think that's happening. Well, anything anything's better than having Matt Nagy as your offensive coordinator. <laughs> I want to get into the NFC Championship game as well, and and and, and to, before before I get into it, I know everybody heard Dan Campbell's press conference after the game. And uh, he went out there and he 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 took blame. He, even though I don't think it's all Dan Campbell's fault. As a matter of fact, I think it might be ten or fifteen percent Dan Campbell's fault on why they lost the game. And I know everybody's going to say you're crazy. He went for it. He's been doing this all season long. 
He's been going in, he's been going on fourth and one, fourth and two, and fourth and three. He's been doing it all season long. He lost the Cowboys game because of it. So I understand why people want to throw him to the wolves and say Dan Campbell screwed his team. That is not true. Now, what he said at the press conference makes sense. He said that he told his team, I know everybody thinks that we're going to be here next year, but there's no guarantees we might never be here again. As we all know, the last time the Lions were in an N- the NFC title game, it was in 1983 with Barry Sanders. Okay, so you have to look at that, and that that obviously uh, could really speak you know, volume moving forward with this organization. But I think this is a good young team, and I think they have a lot of weapons. I think they have one of the best tight ends, up-and-coming tight ends, who's an all-pro. Sam Laporta is fantastic. He showed up in a game that I, I didn't think he was. I thought that the secondary of the 49ers were going to take him out of the game and make them be one-dimensional, even with St. Brown or maybe even Williams. That wasn't the case. I think Laporta was the best player on the field throughout the game. Yes, the best player on the field throughout both teams. Now, again, Christian McCaffrey had two touchdowns. He still had his 90 yards, almost 100 yards. But I think the best player on the field on Sunday in the NFC title game was Sam Laporta. And, and I have to give him a lot of credit. He was blocking. He was, he, was, he was doing everything for his team, but really getting in the end zone. That has a lot to do with the play calling. And the guy that I really want to throw under the bus is Ben Johnson. Now, everybody loves Benny because Benny came out and said, I want $15 million if I'm going to be a coach somewhere. Fine. And Ben thinks that he deserves that. Fine and grand. And I think Washington would have given him that money. And I think Seattle would have given him that money. But he decided he didn't want the job. He wants to stay with the Lions. And he wants to try again next year. But the guy to blame in the second half when, yes, I will say, Dan Campbell went for it. He went for it twice. It was Ben Johnson's play calling. And I I love Jameer Gibbs. I love Jameer Gibbs. But you know this is a big game. And he, he didn't fumble the ball a lot this year. I think he fumbled the ball once. I think all season long since he took over for David Montgomery. When you go into a big game like this, I understand you're a rookie. How could you drop the ball? Keep it tucked under, run the ball, and if you know you're going to get hit, you know where they're going. 49ers are a team that loves to knock the ball out of everybody's hands. They've done it all season long. Look at the plays that they've done. Look how many t- how many fumble re- uh, fumble recoveries they brought. They had all season long. I think they had eight all season long. This is a team that loves to do that, like, likes to go after the ball. How could you and, – and this has a this has something to do with coaching. Your offensive coordinator, who's talking to the offense? Now, Dan Campbell is overseeing everything. You know this, Sean, because you know the coach. But who's calling the plays? It is Ben Johnson. He's calling the plays. But guess what? Ben Johnson can call every freaking play he wants to call. Dan Campbell's still the head coach. You're up 17 points. All right? You don't lose a game like that. Stop throwing the ball. Start managing the clock. Stop going fast tempo. It's all about game managing. I played with Dan, and yes, I, I'm proud of him. Hard nose, yeah, the Lions did that, but they still could have been in the damn Super Bowl. Yeah, it was a 17 point lead, a, too. Like, you were. 17 point lead, and then, then also, you, you, why are you going for it? Kick the field goal, go for the short points. 
Go for the for sure point. Well, I think the, fir- the first time was fine for them to kick the field goal. I would have gone for it the second time, though, because 48-yard field goal is not a guarantee by any means, especially with a kicker that was just brought in, like, last month. So I think it was fine going in for, for it the second time. You give the 49ers bat field, but it's just still a 14-point game at that point, and you could really control the clock. The Lions were running the ball very well in the first half, and that was a big reason why they were able to dominate the time of possession as badly as they did. And guess what? All you had to do in the second half was run the ball and run play action. Well, yeah, they they did try it, and then, um, like Errol was saying, Ben Johnson kind of got away from Gibbs, and they went back to Montgomery, they went back to some quicker concepts with the screens, and it didn't work. The other thing, too, was they kept using Josh Reynolds too much, and he dropped the ball a lot, and Jamison Williams wasn't used as much as he should have been either. I thought that was the big matchup they had to expose as well, and that's where I think Ben Johnson can deserve some blame. I think it's mostly on the players, there's a lot of sloppy mistakes, but, uh, yeah, I think Campbell is getting a bad rap for being the only reason they lost. Because I think the second time, it was fine for them going for it. Right, but you should win for it. both. The reason I say you go for both times, come on, you're a gambler, man. You're winning. It's momentum. It's about the game of running momentum. And at the time, as you see, they came out, the, they hit the 49ers in the mouth. 49ers never, if you watch 49ers, any game yeah. the 49ers lost, when they lose, it's because they got hit in the mouth. Yeah, they're the yeah. Mo- one of the most physical football teams in the league. Yeah, they're one of the most physical, but Detroit is too, though. Mm-hmm. Quiet as oh, yeah. That old line didn't get the respect that they uh, – if they had, like, that college award, the Joe Moore, Moreland Award for the best old line, yes. I, give, I, I will give it to the Lions. No question. Mm-hmm. The Lions done tremendous with the two-back system they had, uh, the washed-up quarterback that relived his career. I mean, come on. I mean, what more can, what more can you say? And also a young defense. They got a young defense. Mm-hmm. I have to give a – I know you say a washed-up quarterback, and I wasn't a big Jared Goff fan. I really wasn't. But Sean McVay couldn't fix him, fix him, and he goes over there to the Lions. He gets traded for Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford goes to the Rams, wins a championship, and then he beats Matthew Stafford in the playoffs, outplays Matthew Stafford in the big game in the fourth quarter when he needed to make the play. So you have to give – uh, um, Jared Goff, a lot of credit. And, and Jared Goff had a good game. 24 for 41, 273 yards, one touchdown. He didn't throw any interceptions. He didn't really make any mistakes. It really was the play calling. And why weren't they using David Montgomery more in the second half? He was running all over. He was running all over the 49ers. I understand they like Jameer Gibbs. He's their future. He's everything to them. They went after him in the first round. We all know the position uh, of who he is and what he is going to be in the future. But David Montgomery was the better back in this game. David Montgomery was causing mismatches. And and I think that he was the guy that should have been touching the ball more in the second half. He touched the ball. And look at this, Sean. You're going to look at this. David Montgomery touched the ball 11 times in the first half. 11 times. You know how many times in the second half he touched the ball? Two. Four. Four times. Four times. And Jameer, Jameer Gibbs was the one to fumble the ball. Jameer Gibbs was the one that made mistakes. Why weren't they feeding the beat, the, the ball, and, and whatever they call it, the, what do they call the ball? On the rock. The, the rock to David Montgomery. And, and, and I didn't understand that. And by the way, St. Brown disappeared in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. He disappeared in the fourth quarter. He was killing them in the first half. And then all of a sudden he couldn't get open. Get out of here. In a lot of the parts of the fourth quarter, I saw him to be open. They should have moved him in the slot if they were having problems moving him on the outside. He is faster than everybody on the field. It doesn't matter, except Williams. And by the way, like you were saying, Speedy, Williams looked so good in the first half. He had that touchdown. He was running all over them. Why weren't you throwing the ball? And the blame 
goes to the great Ben Johnson, who wants $15 million, that he believes that he should be the highest coach in the NFL. Yeah, the biggest thing, I think, whoever, whether it was Campbell or Johnson, whichever coach you want to assign more blame for the offense, St. Brown did not have a target in the second half until midway through the fourth quarter. And he had nine in the first half and was very productive with that. He was six for 73 in the first half and was very productive with I think he had one bad drop. Mm-hmm. But besides that... The fact that you don't target him in the entire second half is concerning. When it's not like the it's not like the Lions were running the ball a ton either. They were still passing the ball enough. They were still staying aggressive, like Campbell likes to do, like Ben Johnson likes to do, spreading the ball around. But the fact that they didn't use him at all was surprising for one of the most versatile guys in the league. And it's not like the 49ers were like bracketing him a ton either. Like they were still sticking to their base defense a lot of the time. I think I think that a lot of the game it really stood out with was the Josh Reynolds drops in the yes. second half. Josh Reynolds could have kept the game moving and could have kept the ball moving, and he dropped the so ball you, two so times. Why you, so why do you blame that on Campbell? No, I didn't blame that. I did not blame that on Campbell. I, I didn't blame anything on Campbell, and I'm blaming a lot of things on Ben Johnson. If you know that Josh Reynolds dropped a, a major pass in the third quarter, why would you throw a major pass to him in the fourth? Why weren't you using St. Brown? Why weren't you using wow. Williams? Ben Johnson ain't the quarterback. He just called the play. The quarterback got to throw the ball. You know, he no question. But you're giving him options. You're giving the quarterback hey, options. You give him options, right? You give him. You got four receivers, three receivers out there. They run in four different routes for three different routes, right? Mm-hmm. The quarterback still has to throw the ball. He was very accurate throughout the game. He really was. Yeah, it was hitting he, everybody's he, hands. He, he threw one over uh, that third down. He missed him when he threw it too high, though. Uh, yeah, there, there were a couple that's throws that's that were off, but right. a hey, lot of them were hitting their hands. Arrow, one too many in a big game. They say the cream rise to the top, and Jared Goff didn't rise to the top because guess what? They got his ass out of uh, L.A., and guess what? They won a Super Bowl without him, right? Then he goes to another team, relive his career a little bit. You know, great. He can write a children's book. Great, great, great <laughs> story, comeback story. What is he, the comeback player of the year? No! Hold on one second. Hold on one second. So you're you're saying the reason why they lost the Super Bowl was because of Jared Goff? How about giving him weapons besides Cooper oh, Cup? They had nothing there. Weapons. You say give him weapons. He said he has a great tight end. Okay. I'm, I'm talking about the Rams. I'm talking about the Rams. The Rams? Uh, hey. Yeah, you just said that they ran him out because he couldn't win a Super Bowl. Who was he throwing to besides Cooper Cup? Hey, it doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. Look at the team that Matthew Stafford had was, when he went over there. It was Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks at that time. Robert Woods. Robert Woods. Are you kidding me? And where's Robert Woods at now? Wiping my ass. That's what he's doing. I think he's on the Titans or something now. Like he's been dealing (laughs) with. My point exactly. He was a one hit wonder two then. So you can't say the weapons, okay? It's all about what you've done for me lately. Shit, the Ravens had OBJ, whatever y'all want to call him, blonde hair, washed up, washed up. Okay. And guess what? Because so remember, he's, oh, Speedy, to go back, you say you didn't see Lamar crying. You seen him in tears when uh, OBG was talking to him and consoling him after my Chiefs won again. And he's also he had his dad blaming Baker May or saying Baker Mayfield was better than Lamar Jackson and saying that uh, he doesn't want him there anymore now. Too. It, it, Who? What, what happened? It, 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 uh, Odell's dad was saying Baker Mayfield does now better than Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Baker, hold on, hold on one second. OBJ, OBJ's father's father, opening yeah. his mouth again. <laughs> OBJ's father's up. First of all, <laughs> I like Baker. I really do. I I've spoken high praise for Baker Mayfield, and I thought the Browns made a big mistake a while ago. 
moving on from him. Because even though I think Watson at one point of his career was one of the elite quarterbacks, one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, he hasn't played football for two years. And he likes to, uh, you know, he likes to get grabbed over there b- between his legs. And now he has so, the worst contract in the well, NFL. We, we all know what he likes. And, and good for him. So does Robert Kraft. So I, that's why I thought that, hey, if the Patriots are looking for a quarterback, they should reach out to the Browns. But to get back to, to, get back to Baker Mayfield, there's no way in hell if you lined up 10 GMs right now in the league that any of them would take Baker Mayfield over Lamar Jackson. I, I wonder if, None uh, of them. I wonder if OBJ, OBJ's father and Tyler Harrison are best friends. It, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's yeah, ridiculous. In, in the words of Mahomes, I'm smoking on that Lamar pack. <laughs> Speaking of smoking, let's uh, smoke it over to our Sports Minute with our friend, Mr. Tommy Scoops. This is the Sports Loudmouth Sports Minute. Are you ready to get loud? With Tommy Scoops. That is correct. You heard that correctly. This is Tommy Scoops bringing you guys all the latest scoops on everything new and cool within the sports world. And for today's report, in NFL news, the Seahawks have just hired Mike McDonald as the next head coach for the football team. McDonald has just gotten back from the defensive coordinator position over on Baltimore Ravens. And... With him actually helping take the team and a productive offense at that to the Super, uh, to the AFC Championship game, the Seahawks, with a brand new Geno Smith in that over there, have possibilities to even go farther than they have in the past two years. We shall see. Jeff Haley in other NFL news. Jeff Haley of the Boston College, Boston Eagles, the football team, has just been hired by the Green Bay Packers as the next offensive coordinator. So now... Had a, had a pretty good record this past season. Even took his team over to the to the bowl game and won a game against SMU. We shall see how he deals with that Packers team with Jordan Love there redeveloping him. Shall see how that goes. In other NFL news, Gardner Minshew is the first player to replace Patrick Mahomes for the Pro Bowl game. Mahomes, who is currently, of course, in the Super Bowl, cannot play the Pro Bowl game. And he's actually getting replaced by other players as well. Evan Ingram is going to be replacing Travis Kelsey. Jalen Hurts is going to be replacing Brock Purdy. And as I'm sure that the Chiefs and 49ers don't really mind too much because they're playing a much, much important game come February 11th. In NBA news, Mark Gasol, former Lakers, Toronto Raptors, and Grizzlies center, has just announced his retirement from the game of basketball. Gasol, who actually just played three seasons this past season over in Spain, is actually announcing retirement after 14 years of basketball. He's also the 2019 champion who won with Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors, so him and his brothers, him and his brother Gasol shall be sitting wonderful in retirement. Enjoy retirement, Gasol. Joel Embiid is getting an MRI on his knee after actually injuring himself and leaving late in the game against the Golden State Warriors yesterday. Joel Embiid actually just missed two games this past week on Monday and Saturday, I believe, due to this knee injury. So I'm praying the 76ers are also praying that the top scorer in the league can be have a speedy recovery if, you know, everything goes right with the MRI. Stephen Curry, in other NBA news, Stephen Curry will be going head-to-head against the point guard from the Liberty, a WNBA, New York Liberty team, Sabrina Ionesco. They will be heading out, they will be going head-to-head in a three-point contest during the All-Star weekend. And it will follow the traditional All-Star starry rules, you know, with the original three-point line, the three-point money ball racks, Everything will be coming together All-Star Weekend. Speaking of All-Star Weekend, the Rising Star roster has been announced with 
sophomores, and rookies highlighted such as Victor Wembanyama, Paolo Bancaro, and Chet Holmgren, Scoot Henderson, and a bunch of other players who were actually made the Rising Stars game. We shall see how that goes. Now for scoops to scores, as currently there is three games going on right now in the NBA. We got the Bulls taking on the Charlotte Hornets, got the Pistons taking on the Cavs, and hey, if the Pistons win, you guys get some free wings, alright Pistons. And the Clippers are actually taking on the Wizards, with the Kings also taking on the Heat, and six games are actually left to tip off right now. That is actually all the time that I have right now for you guys. I'm going to send it back over to the boys for your next segment. This is the Sports Loud Mouth. Six three one six seven two thirty one zero eight is the number to call. You are listening to the Sports Loud Mouth. I'm your host, Daryl Marks. My co-hosts, yes, hosts, Speedy Petey and Sean Smith. Remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including The Loudmouth, which airs every single Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. All you have to do to tune in to all the shows and find the local listings is go to the website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. You know, it's, it's so interesting. Uh, we, we were, as we heard, uh, scoops going on towards uh, his uh, sportsman and everything like that. It's so interesting when you hear... All the things that are going on in the NBA and All-Star Weekend's coming up. You have the NHL All-Star Weekend coming up. And that means we're very close to March Madness. It's one of my favorite times of the year when it comes to sports. Because right after the Super Bowl, you have pitchers and catchers. Then you have March Madness. Then you have, you know, uh, you start the golf season and you have all these great tournaments. You have uh, tennis is around the corner. I like all sports. And then, obviously, the UFC and boxing. There's a couple of big fights coming up very, very soon that we will get into a little bit later in the year. So this is the best time when it comes to sports, right after the Super Bowl. So stay tuned, guys. There's a lot to get into. But uh, we just got into the Super Bowl, and like I said, but... Um, I want to get into the, the, the Ben Johnson story, which is very interesting. NFL Network's Tom Pelsaro reports that Ben Johnson will turn down any remaining head coaching interviews and stay as the Lions offensive coordinator. In the last two seasons, the Lions offense has been fourth in points per game, first in yards per game, and fifth in yards per game. The Lions also had four different players this season with over 800 scrimmage yards. A previous report mentioned that Johnson wanted a $15 million per year contract. The Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald took the Seahawks job and leaving the Washington Commanders as the only remaining head coaching vacancy. Johnson was thought of as the favorite to get the Commanders job, but turned it down to stay with Detroit to try to win a Super Bowl. I think, first of all, I, if, if Ben Johnson didn't take that job, you should be giving it to Eric Bieniemy. I, I, I do not understand this. And I, I'll say this again. I like Harris. He owns the 76ers. He owns the Devils. This is a very, very smart man. And I'll, I'll say this. We had Eric Coleman on the Weekend Crunch for years, and he told me, Eric Bieniemy is going to be a good coach in this league. Somebody just needs to give him a chance. This guy is a great offensive mind. If you look at the Chiefs' offense from last year to this year, completely different. Since Bieniemy came to the Washington Commanders, ladies and gentlemen, he made Sam, Sam Howell almost a Pro Bowl player this year. Sam Howell! This guy was what? A fifth-round draft pick? Mm-hmm. 
This guy was not anywhere close to the quarterback anybody thought he was going to be when the season started. And that had a lot to do with Eric Bieniemy. And, and everybody wants to say about Ron Rivera. I met Ron Rivera. He's a nice guy. He really is. Great defensive mind. Besides going to the Super Bowl with Cam Newton for one year, what has he done as a head coach in the NFL? Not much. Not much. And, I, and that says a lot. You look at Eric Bieniemy. you look at the offense. Washington's offense, until really the last four or five games of the season, was a high-flying offense. Fun to watch. They can run the ball. They have a bunch of weapons. I, I thought that this offense was actually moving with Eric Bieniemy. So I, I do believe Eric Bieniemy should get this job. Dan Quinn looks like he's going to stay with the Cowboys once again this year. So the only person that should be landing that job, and I don't know about you, Speedy, I, I would say it should be Eric Bieniemy's job. Yeah, I was advocating for Eric Bieniemy to be the New York Giants head coach in 2020 before they hired the great Joe Judge instead, and that ended up being a massive train wreck. But yes, Eric Bieniemy definitely deserves that job at this point. I mean, he deserves he's deserved it for five years now. I mean, you could say, oh, he's not good at the interview process. You could say he's not good at like certain aspects of being a quote unquote head coach, but. At what point, if you're the Washington Commanders, the dysfunctional mess that you've been for the 21st century, do you have to take a chance on an innovator like Eric Bieniemy, who, like you said, did some good things for that offense with a bad offensive line, with a quarterback that's still learning, and a quarterback that had some turnover issues, fine, but those offensive skill players played very well in that system, probably outside of Dotson and outside of Antonio Gibson, who was kind of up and down. Everyone else strived in that system. Brian Robinson had one of the most underrated years for a running back that wasn't talked about. Again, you're looking at these receiving depth being very good, and Howell was still putting up good numbers, even though he had a lot of turnover issues, and I definitely agree with you. He should be getting that job as well. Seattle, with Mike McDonald, we'll see. He had a great year this year with the Ravens defense. Uh, not so good year the year before, where they were blowing every lead imaginable. As far as the Lions, yeah, they're lucky to have Ben Johnson back. As much as he might have been criticized for that game, it's a great scheme that he's running. Sean, I, I, I know you know Eric Bieniemy. What are your thoughts, Eric Bieniemy? Do you think he should have the commander's job? I mean, I think he should have got. I think he should have been a head coach by now, like Stevie said, over five years, last five years. But the crazy thing is, nobody's even. He's not even reported as he even interviewed for the job. So I don't think he's going to get the job. They're going for another. I don't know somebody else. I mean, because the thing about this coaching in the NFL is, I feel like when they want you. You better hop on it because when you're hot, you're hot. When you're not, that opportunity doesn't come around again. You know, so I, I think guys try to turn down like Johnson. You turn it down, yeah. You leave the hype, you come back. You know, what I mean, Johnson, you only been an OC for one year. The year before that, Deuce Staley was the uh, OC. Yeah. So what's, what, let's 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 really see what he said because the play calling, yeah, numbers went up. Of course, guys get better. Like you say, Gibson. If Gibson stayed healthy, he would have had a better season with with the Commanders too. I mean, Bannemi done. A lot of great things. He's always been a great OC. And I feel like, I don't know, some guys playing 11 years, 10 years in the NFL, I feel some guys don't take advantage of opportunities when they, when they, when they should. They really don't. But is that really his fault, though? Like, I mean, these teams are not even interviewing him. Like, I think Atlanta was the only one that gave him a formal interview. Yeah, I mean, now it's his fault. But then, like, it's like, it's like, it's all about your PR team, your PR team, because sometimes – Everybody's saying it leaks out that he doesn't do a good interview. How does he does a good interview? Yeah, we know his past. He had drunken drinking problems, but he's also been a head coach. He's been a player. He's been there. He not only relate. And the thing is, I think the locker room will grasp with his leadership. You know what I mean? But nobody's giving him that opportunity. It's like when Dan Campbell got the opportunity. You know, nobody didn't think he'd do what he do. Um, 
just like uh, Domingo Ryan's, what he did in Houston. Nobody mm-hmm. thought he could take a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback to the playoffs. They almost had a chance to advance, you know what I mean, just <laughs> to go further. So yeah, I mean, bad third quarter, that was it. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's just about having the pieces in from the front office to the coaching staff to the scouts to the players. Everybody understanding the common goals because every year, I guarantee, as soon as the Super Bowl's over after the Chiefs win, the month of February, offseason starts in March, everybody go, oh, we're going to the Super Bowl. How many teams do you think, and I talk to guys all the time, how many guys do you think really think they're going to the Super Bowl? I, I don't know. <laughs> Zero. Because <laughs> you, you, you think about it. Maybe it's only about four teams that really think they're going to the Super Bowl. That believe they have a shot with their roster and you stay healthy. There's usually like about the Jets, eight. Like, the Jets like, thought they was going to the Super Bowl because they was going to be on Hard Knocks and Rodgers, you know. Well, they, their that. roster is good. I mean, go look at it. They had two All-Pros. Right. They, they, they're, they're right. they have a good roster. He's in, in a bunch right now. No, no, no. But I'm telling you, how many te- First of all, the Jets have a good roster. They didn't have a quarterback this year, and their offensive line fell apart this year. So to say that the Jets didn't have the talent, the Jets' talent was as good. They, they Honestly, they got robbed of beat Kansas City. They should have beat Kansas City. Excuses are like assholes. Everybody have one. Yeah, well, guess what? That's not an excuse. I'm not I'm not sticking up for the Jets. They did not have they did not have a good year and I don't like Robert Sala. But to say that their roster isn't good is ridiculous. They have a very no, good roster. roster. No, their roster's not good. It's not it's not not bad. It's okay. Okay? Okay. Get out of here. Okay? If they it wasn't had, for the defense, you wouldn't have won seven games. They had a running back, had 1,500 scrimmage yeah, yards. They had a running back from Wichita, Kansas. I know it. Yeah, he's, he's good. Training. He's good. Okay. He's good. Training. He's healthy now, back there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But guess what? You had no QB, my guy. That's, a, that's no what QB. I'm saying. Did I not say QB. that? They had no QB. Hey. You had no QB. And we're not here to talk about the Jets, Sean. I, I'm, <laughs> we're getting into Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell had a fantastic year. 63.4 completion percentage, 3,946 yards, 21 touchdowns. Now, at the end of the season, he threw a lot of interceptions. But Sam Howell completion percentage was over 63%. An average quarterback in the NFL is 62. So he had it over 63%. And he almost had 4,000 yards in his rookie season. This guy was a fifth, I think, a fifth-round draft pick. So... I, North Carolina, he's a good, he was a good quarterback, though. I just overrated. Once again, as you know, with the NFL, all the guys that get all the hype in the beginning are not the guys that's going to have the longevity. You look at the guys that's drafted in the third round through the seventh round, those are your playmakers, my guy. Well, he, he was only overhyped, really, in the year before. Like, mm-hmm. during the pre-draft process, his stock definitely fell. I don't think anyone expected him to fall all the way to the fifth round, but I think everyone was thinking he was not a first-round pick. I think everyone was thinking a third-round pick at most. So, I don't know if overrated would be the term. He has still flaws in his game. He's a young quarterback, a lot of turnovers, a lot of sacks allowed. They allowed the most sacks in the league this year, but he also has a really bad offensive line, too. Like that, It's not like Zach Wilson, where he's holding the ball eight seconds all the but time. But that says a lot about the coach. That says a lot about Bill, uh, uh, Eric Bieniemy. He coached him very, very well this year. He was the guy that really transformed him into a quarterback that you can use in the NFL. If Sam Howell isn't the quarterback next year, which he probably isn't for the Washington Commanders because they're going to draft a quarterback at number two, 
I, I think there are teams out there that are going to be looking for a backup quarterback that could bring Sam Howell in that could back up whoever their starter is. Even the Jets, they don't have a backup quarterback. They could bring Sam Howell as that backup quarterback. There are a ton of teams that are looking for backup quarterbacks that could be efficient. And that's I think Sam Howell could be efficient in this league and be a, very, a quality backup quarterback. So How about the Vikings? A backup for Cousins over why there. Why not? If they want to give him this two-year deal, let's write it out, and then Howell's your future after that. I, I mean, but I, I could still see the Minnesota Vikings moving up and trying to draft a quarterback. It's possible, yeah. I, I do, and I, and I do believe Kirk Cousins will be back next year. I, I don't know if they're going to agree to a two-year $90 million contract. I could see two years... Uh, 80 or 75 million. I could see something like that. Jefferson has come out and spoke about him. Uh, a couple of defensive players from uh, uh, Minnesota came out and said that he's one of the best leaders they've ever worked, uh, ever played they with. They might franchise him. They might franchise him. No, they they're might. not going to do that after what Washington did with Kirk Cousins disrespecting with the franchise tag. I don't know if they could do it again. Yeah, when you're looking at the money, though, but doesn't Minnesota? Minnesota has the cap, too, though. Mm. They do. They have to pay Jefferson. They have to be pay Daniel Hunter. So that, that's that's the other two things they'll probably have to let Hunter go because of that. Because if you're going to pay Cousins, you're going to have to pay Jefferson. Jefferson's going to get I, the. I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to pay Hunter because they got the young kid DJ right. Moon. Yeah. yeah, They got a young. They got some young guys. So I don't. I don't see them paying Hunter. No, I don't either. I think Jefferson's going to get a lot of money. He's going to get like 140, 150 million. He's going to get. Say a significant contract because he's the best wide receiver in football. And besides this year, he's been fairly healthy his whole career. So is he better than CD? I'm sorry. Yes. Is he better than CD? Oh yes. And I I like CD Lamb. I love him. I I've I have when he was drafted by the Cowboys. When I had two Cowboy fans telling me that they didn't want him, and I said this guy was on my top five, maybe my top four. He fell to number seventeen. You guys would be on drugs not to draft him at seventeen. So. I, I love C.D. Lamb. I think he's sensational. I think he's the best wide receiver the Cowboys have ever had. You're talking about Michael Irvin, some of the greats of wide receivers they've had. I think he, by the time he's done, he's already broken some of their records, single-season records. This guy's going to have every single Cowboy wide-receiving record when he's done. So, yes, yeah, C.D. Lamb's fantastic, but I think Jefferson's on a whole nother level. I think Jefferson is the is going to be the closest thing to Jerry Rice. If he can stay healthy, he won't break Jerry Rice's records. It's going to be very hard for him to play 18, 19 straight seasons where he's going to have you know, 11, 1,200 yards. I don't think he's going to have that. But I, I think he's going to get close. They thought Odell Beckham was going to be that way, uh, another LSU wide receiver. This guy is the real deal. I think Jefferson, he goes out, he's playing He's playing to win, he's playing to play football, he's not making excuses, he's not trying to sleep with Kim Kardashian <laughs> and all the Kardashians. He's going out there and he's trying to make a statement. And that's what I love about uh, Justin Jefferson. I, I think he, he's a fair kid, and I, I think he deserves all the money that they offer him. But this, this, this story right here, getting into Kirk Cousins... Um, the St. Paul Pioneer Press reports that Kirk Cousins would stay with the Vikings for two years, $90 million. That would be $45 million per year, which would, tie, which would tie him for ninth in average annual value with Patrick Mahomes. In eight games before tearing his Achilles, Cousins had 2,331 yards, 18 touchdowns, five interceptions, a 69.5 completion percentage, and a 103.8 passing rating. 
Cousins is 36 years old and will be entering his 13th season. The Vikings have have about $24.66 million in cap space, but also have to make decisions on top pass rusher uh, Daniil uh, Hunter, who is a free agent, and Justin Jefferson entering his final season of his rookie contract. He is going to be back. I don't know if he's going to get that $90 million contract. I do not believe Justin Jefferson will get his contract this year. I think he will get it next year. I, Daniil, like you said, and I'll, I'll say this again, Sean was right. I, I do not believe they bring Daniil Hunter back. Daniil Hunter is going to cost a lot of money, and I don't know if they're going to invest it into him. I see it more in a Kirk Cousins. Now, 24.66 right now, they're going to cut some people. They're going to cut a couple of players. They're going to try to get it up between 45 and 48, like I, well, even with the Jets, the Jets are trying to get the, the cap up to about 55, 58, because they have spots they need to fill in and they need to use it wisely. So, uh, I mean, you have Bryce Huff, you have all these guys that are going to be available. Michael Carter, who's one of the best, better slot wide uh, uh, corners in the league. So they're going to have to spend it wisely. And like you said, and I'll, I'll agree with you, Sean, they do have a franchise tag, but I cannot see Kirk Cousins taking a franchise t- tag, like Speedy said, when the Washington Commanders tried to do that and selfishly probably threw him under the bus and said, told Kirk Cousins to go screw himself. So I, I cannot see that with Minnesota. Bruce Allen was literally on vacation when that happened, too. Like, he wasn't even paying attention in the entire free agency process in the beginning. And all of a sudden, he's now, like, he's giving him a franchise tag. And obviously, Washington's made a lot of players disgruntled in the past. Not just Kirk Cousins, but still. Minnesota is not going to make that mistake of doing it with a new GM, a GM that was with Cleveland, has made a lot of mistakes with quarterbacks in the past, too. He knows what that kind of thing is like, and he's not going to do that same kind of thing with Minnesota. And because Brian Flores also did so well with the defense this year, their past defense was top 10 in the league. They were very good at getting pressure. It gives them a lot of leeway to get rid of Hunter, who's 31 years old. Had a great year, but Justin Jefferson, they need to pay, and Kirk Cousins, they need to pay to keep Jefferson happy, and vice versa. So it seems inevitable at this point that you're right. Maybe they wait on Cousins or Jefferson to make it and make it an extension, not a starting next year type of deal. Uh, but if they want to keep Cousins happy, Jefferson has to stay happy. No, I, I agree with you, but only reason I say that Cousins is also coming off of Achilles. Well, yeah, but I, it's a two-year deal, though. I don't think they're going to have – if they're not going to give him a five-year deal based on that, he's already, like, almost 36 years old. No, that's the reason why I say you franchise him because – Again, I don't think you're gonna. he's going to take it just based on what he's gone through. Well, I'm saying if I'm the GM, I'm franchising him because you're coming off an injury. I don't know how you're going to play off an injury. Achilles is a serious injury. Not everybody come back, especially as a quarterback, depending on the style of offense. They do a, do a lot of rolling out. If you can't roll out, you can't run out. I don't, I don't see it being productive. You're not going to be productive. Well, he's not a running quarterback, though. He's a he's a pocket quarterback that is no, in a very quick-release offense. No, I'm saying, though, but you still got to move, Speedy. Oh, understandable. Move, Speedy. I'm, not, I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying, like, I, I don't think it's necessary as much for that offense. Yeah, but you heard. I can't pay an old guy. He's not, he's not young. It's understandable, but still, I, I think – if you're going to lose Cousins, you run the risk of losing Jefferson, which I don't think is a good no, risk Jefferson's for the Vikings to take. Jefferson's not going to go nowhere. No, he's going nowhere. I, I agree he's with like, you. I'm going to tell you something. These guys say all of that, being a player, no, it's all about getting my fucking money. I don't care who's the quarterback. As long as he gets his money, he doesn't care who's the quarterback. He may come out and say he wants Cousins, but he doesn't care. He wants his money. That's all that matters. I play with guys like Braylon Edwards, Antonio Brown, Chad, even with Chad Johnson. Chad didn't care who's that quarterback. Throw me the ball. 
That's it. I'm open. But that's that, and I, I agree with you, Sean. But if you look at Kirk Cousins' numbers before he got hurt, he was he was the MVP. If you look at his numbers, two thousand three hundred thirty-one yards in eight games, eighteen touchdowns, five interceptions, and almost a seventy percent completion percentage. He was leading the league in yards thrown, touchdowns at the time, and completion percentage in the whole league. He was the MVP before he got hurt. So he also plays, he also plays in a weak conference. No question. But I, again, I could say that about Patrick Mahomes too. Look at, I mean, I, their I, division, division even wasn't really that bad. I didn't say conference. I meant, yeah. I meant division. I meant division. You can say that about Mahomes, but guess what? Mahomes has one, two. How many? How many? How many Super Bowl appearances has Kirk Cousins ever appeared in? I understand that, but as a has something to do with team. Okay, it's not just one player getting you there. You need a team. You, if if Patrick Mahomes didn't have Travis have Kelsey. We don't, we don't have wide receivers. As, as you have Travis Kelsey. What are you kidding me? I Travis Kelsey and a rookie rice. Everybody kept saying all the social media, the networks, ESPNs, all the groups. He doesn't have no QB. He doesn't have no wide receiver. He, Mahomes, if 87 is not there, he doesn't have nobody. Which was evidence when they lost the Lions. <laughs> Sean, Travis Kelsey is everything to Patrick Mahomes. Without Travis Kelsey, if Kelsey leaves next year, if they win a Super Bowl, and he says, you know what, I, my brother's retiring, I'm retiring, I just want to do a podcast and make millions and millions of dollars, get married and have babies with Taylor Swift and be a Swifty, okay, and travel with her for the rest of his career or rest of her career, that's what he's going to do. And I guarantee you it's going to be hard to fill in a guy that good at the tight end position. Travis Kelsey is special. There's no question that he is. He changes everything. You got to double team. You got to bring safeties up. You got to, and that leaves people open. That leaves guys like Rice open. That leaves guys that you that are. I'm not saying Rice isn't good, but the the rest of the guys, Sky Moore and all those guys, those guys suck. Okay, so waste of pick. I don't tell you that he sucks. I'm just telling you. So without Travis Kelsey, I mean Patrick Mahomes wouldn't be Patrick Mahomes. So, I, 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 again, I agree with you on a lot of things that you were saying about Kirk Cousins. I don't know if I give him a two-year, $90 million contract, but... That's the, reason, that's the reason why I say you franchise him, because there's no way. But well, if you franchise him, what is he going to get? If he was it $40 million? Yeah, I think if Daniel Jones is getting $40 million, it's probably around that is the seventh highest quarterback $42 million? Yeah. Uh, something like it's that? It's the average of, like, three through eight. So, I think it's probably something between 40 and 41. That's why he's coming out saying. That's why he's coming out saying he wants forty five million because mm. he knows what the franchise tag is. So he's trying to get a jump on it. He's him and his agent is trying to be smarter than the game right now. I'm just trying to tell you so they won't franchise. You sign a, all right? We're gonna sign a two year, ninety million dollar deal. No way. And it's gonna be backloaded. No. Maybe you there's know? incentives. Maybe, maybe they do offer incentives. I mean, yeah, but even with his incentives, he, he, he he's not gonna hit them all. And they're gonna find a way to f them at the end of the day. Teams do it every year mm. with guys. Yep. Oh, don't let you play this game. Oh, you don't need to. Stop, stop throwing. They won't the ball target this guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, just, just. They kind of the NFL has manipulated the system now. You can put a ten-year veteran on practice squad now. Come on, your vet. Any veterans could be on practice squad. So it's like you could fluctuate and do what you want, and you got three elevations. Come on. Just ask Alvin Cook. Managing, it's all about who can manage the cap now. You can build you a Super Bowl team. 
Unless you're the Saints or the Browns, where they just maneuver the cap where they're 50 million under and still find a way to get over. And the Cowboys. And the Cowboys. Yes. Yes. The Cowboys yes. like to do that too. Very I mean, because Jerry Jones likes to overpay for players that don't deserve money, aka Zeke Elliott, <laughs> who got a $60 million contract. And, and now, listen, I like Zeke. I, I followed him in Ohio State. I don't think he, he was worth $60 million, But again, if, if Jerry thinks that he's worth $60 million, he wants to throw away money like that, congratulations to him. And now there's all these rumors that they're going to trade for Stefan Diggs to reunite it with his brother. Oh, no, yeah. Well, thank, Good luck taking you. that contract on. How wonderful. I mean, it's honestly... Kirk Cousins, I, I thought he was the MVP. Before he got hurt, before he, ta- te- he was tearing his Achilles, I think that if he continued that pace, he's the MVP of the league. And remember, he lost Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson, they lost him in the sixth game or the fifth game. Yep. He was still putting up numbers. He was still making plays. He had weapons, and he was making everybody look good on the field. And that says a lot about the quarterback. And I think the leadership and what he brings to the table, I think he's the perfect fit right now if the Minnesota Vikings believe they're going to be a contender. And like you said, they're in a very weak conference. Their division is, eh. I know the Lions are there. I know the Packers are there. But there's still a lot of questions about that division. And and Chicago could be – Ultimately good next year too. I don't know why you riding this fucking cousin's train. I'm not riding any train. I'm just telling you what I see. He's the cool quarterback. Listen, if you want to ride him, you can ride him. Speedy likes to ride things. No, I don't. He looked it cool. He kind of reminded you of yourself back in your day. You know, hey, he was a cool guy. I understand. Oh, I, yeah? I get it now. I yeah. get it. Hey, listen, if you want to wear the... Why is that a bad thing for a locker room, though? It seems like they all love it. Listen, if you want to wear the wife beater and you want to show off and show your muscles, you, you do that, my friend. I'm not going to do that tonight. Maybe tomorrow I'll do that and, and show you off, okay? But as far as Kirk Cousins, he doesn't have to show his muscles. He doesn't have to show what's, uh, what he's driving in his pants and maybe his woman would like to see that. I mean, she likes to pick out his clothes if you watch the quarterback show on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. I mean, uh, he doesn't know how to dress for crap, but... I mean, Speedy, I helped Speedy dress. I mean, today, I mean, Speedy needs to learn how to cut his hair. And like I said, he needs to learn how to, you know, shave body parts that he should be shaving every single week. But he doesn't want to do that for some reason because he's afraid of women. But nevertheless, I don't think Kirk Cousins is afraid of throwing a football. Okay? And I think Kirk Cousins deserves the money. I just, I think you're right, Sean. I don't know if I give him the two-year extension. I give him a one-year or a franchise tag. Uh, I give him the franchise tag with incentives. So if he gets a $42 million franchise tag, I say, listen, Kirk, if you hit this number, you hit that number, I'll give you $50 million a year. You got, you'll get $50 million this year. That's $7 million more or $8 million more than we're giving you after you know taking the franchise tag. So I, I think that would make more sense, and then he gets his money. So and, and, and Justin Jefferson is going to get his money, and if they don't give it to him, I think there'll be 31 other teams lining up to do it, okay? Because the guy is amazing. He is a fantastic talent. So uh, it's an interesting – it's it's interesting. I, I, I can't wait to see what happens in the offseason. There's a lot of questions with some of these players and, and where these teams are going. I mean, what are the Patriots going to do? Are they going to start dropping players? Uh, how about the Chargers now that Jim Harbaugh's there? Are they going to start dropping star players because Jim wants to stamp his name to that roster? How about the Jets? I mean, Bryce Huff and Michael Carter. These guys are two very talented players. Bryce Huff was one of the better, better pass rushers in the league this year. And then you have Michael Carter, 
who was probably the best slot uh, corner in all of football this year, and he has been the last two years, who I, I think there'll be teams looking for corner help, looking and signing up for a guy like Michael Carter. So a lot of these guys are going to make their money this offseason, and, and a lot of teams are going to lose great players. Um, the athletic reports that – I'll tell, tell you a good thing about that. We said that. Uh, mm-hmm. We're talking about the Jets, even though we're not yes. talking about the Jets. Yes. But you know, the East West Shrine game is here in Dallas, uh, in Frisco at the Star. So, you know, I use my media credentials from Sports Loud Mouth. You know, I've been looking, checking out, you know, and I happen to be on the sideline. I run into my old GM that was in Cleveland. Now he's with the Jets. Uh, Phil Savage, player personnel guy. He's looking for some talent for you guys. As you said, he said, he said the Jets are a couple of pieces away from really contending, he said. He said if anything can hurt, he, they really felt that the Jets were going to contend. That's how he does. He, he, he still really he really believed that. I, 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 I'm worried because I, I don't trust Robert Sala. I don't trust him. And, and, and Robert Sala said enough things during the season that makes me want to throw up. And I, well, let's get into the Jets. The athletic reports that the relationship between Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers was sour after Aaron Rodgers got hurt. The reports added that Wilson was hoping that Rodgers would communicate more with him even while he was injured. But he th- that wasn't the case. Wilson also resented Robert Sala's excessive praise of Aaron Rodgers' comeback process from his injury. Um, U Stadium reports that the Jets are likely to trade Wilson in the offseason and there are already multiple suitors for him. The Jets are expected to get a day three draft pick or a swap of a mid-round draft pick for Wilson. Wilson had 2,271 yards, eight touchdowns, seven interceptions, a 77.2 passer rating, which is putrid. It's disgusting. And a 60.1% completion percentage, which was the worst in the league. Okay, so I, I, I'll say this about Zach Wilson, okay? Good luck for anybody that wants to take Zach Wilson on. I, I stuck up for this kid. For two years. And then this year, after Aaron Rodgers got hurt, after the third game, and Speedy will Speedy will tell you, after the third game, I was done with him. I'm not sticking up for this kid anymore. The kid sucks. He's terrible. I thought coming under, you know, having a real offensive coordinator that's helped other quarterbacks, other young quarterbacks in the past in Jacksonville, I, and, and all the different teams, especially over there with the Green Bay Packers. And I'm not saying Nathaniel Hackett is a great offensive coordinator because he's not, as we've seen this year. He needs Aaron Rodgers to run his offense. But nevertheless, I, if you look at what Zach Wilson did this year, even under Nathaniel Hackett, it was even worse than under Mike LaFleur. So it tells me the kid doesn't understand. He doesn't understand the game. He doesn't understand the speed of the game. He played in BYU. He didn't play in the SEC. He didn't play in the you know, the, the Pac-10 or the Big 12 or whatever the hell it is. They, they didn't play in any of these, uh, these big-time conferences. So we understand that this, guy, this kid was already behind the eight ball when he came into the league. And the game is just too fast for him. Maybe it's, it's his, his ADD or whatever he has. I don't know what it is. And I'm not throwing him under the bus that he has that. I'm just saying that the Jets just miscommunicated with him throughout the season, the last two seasons. And I'm tired of hearing him say, well, I thought that Robert Solo should have been a little bit more understanding about my quarterback play and, and, and praising our... 
Of course Robert Sala is going to praise Aaron Rodgers. Of course he is. Aaron Rodgers is running this team. Aaron Rodgers is going to own this team by the time he's done with the Jets. I mean, it's ridiculous. I'll tell you this. Woody Johnson is going to get on his hands and knees and lick his ass, okay? If it comes down to winning a Super Bowl, I guarantee you this billion-dollar owner will pull down Aaron Rodgers' pants and give him a nice sucky-sucky, okay? That's the facts, Jack. And I'm telling you, you can't be complaining. Your mother's speaking for you. You're all over social media. She's speaking up for you, saying that, well, we thought that we were going to sit out this season. Who's we? Who's we? You're not playing football. Your son's playing football. You're, you're, you're a woman that's sitting. Just shut up. Let your son speak for himself. What, you want to wipe his ass? Wipe his ass. Or get your, get your girlfriend to wipe his ass. Because God knows he's hanging out at barbecues doing it with her too. I mean, it's, it's horrible. It's disgusting. The Jets need to shut this kid up. They need to shut this kid up, get him out of the locker room. It's been nothing but torture. And, and honestly, they should be firing Robert Sala. Robert Sala should not be there next year. I don't want to hear about, uh, you know, he didn't have his quarterback. And now we have to see what he does with Aaron. How do we know Aaron Rodgers is not going to tear his knee in the beginning of the season again? How do we know? I think Robert, I still think Aaron Rodgers, if healthy, is one of the top three uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. Not because I'm a Jet fan, because I know what he can do. I know what he is. And also, you look at the development point for Zach Wilson at this point. Coachability is one thing that you always look out of a young quarterback. Is he going to be able to learn? Is he going to be able to develop? And also, accuracy. Zach Wilson's worst moments came on short throws a lot of the time. And that's a big problem for today's game. That prides itself on completion percentage, prides itself on accuracy, and making guys yards after the catch, making guys open space. And Zach Wilson just could not do that on those shorter throws. And it's wasted Garrett Wilson. It wasted Brees Hall. Maybe a full potential. He's still at 1,500 yards. Imagine if they had, like, even average quarterback player. Maybe you're looking at 1,900 scrimmage yards this year from Brees right. Hall. And the other thing is this coachability. Like, I know Nathaniel Hackett did not evolve for Zach Wilson. I, th- I agree with that. But still, Zach Wilson is not somebody that's done well with other coaches either. And at this point, any team trying to trade for him, you better hope that whatever coach you have can make it work because it just is not there for Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson NFL career is over. He'd probably go bounce around from team to team and be in a backup just because he's a first-round quarterback. But I give him a year or two. He's probably in the NFL. And maybe he lived his, his career, you know what I mean? But the kid is a mama's boy that still needs to study the game and understand the game, you know what I mean? Like you said, Earl, he went to BYU. Didn't play in the SEC, so he doesn't know. I, he has to grow up. And I think he thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be the savvy vet to teach him the game and somebody can learn from. But it's not. that's not what it is. Because as you know, when Aaron was in Green Bay, Jordan Love even said the same thing. Uh, you know, A-Rod wasn't buddy-buddy with him like that. Why am I going to be buddy-buddy with you when you're here to take my job? Who does that? Not quarterbacks like uh, Ryan Tannehill, that's for sure. <laughs> wow. Yeah, remember when he was doing Malik Willis? It was the same kind of it was the same kind of thing, but that was overblown a lot more. Like Aaron Rodgers is hurt. There's a difference there. Like he's he's allowed to like do his own rehab. Like I can understand yeah, he's that. Hurt. So you, he's hurt. Most guys, especially veterans, when you're hurt, they don't come to the building like that. They come in for their rehab in the morning. They're not coming to sit in the meetings. Fuck it. They going home and be with their family. This is a no brainer. Every now and then you come around, but eh, I'm hurt. You lose morale when you're not, you know, unless the team is winning, you're going to really be around. But other than that, stay out of the way because you can't, you can't produce nothing. 
And they were losing because of him. Not solely, but most of it was. It was always yeah. because of him. And I mean, come on, man. Yeah. The guy couldn't – he's not efficient. We've pro- His completion percentage is 60.1%. It's by far the worst in the league. It's not even close. It's like 2% worse than everybody else. Yeah. So he is hor- – and 2% is very hard – very bad in the NFL. Very bad. Okay, so, I mean, at one point he was 59%. I mean, he was in the 50s. (laughs) You can't get any bad, bad, worse than that. So, again, and and, and by the way, he's crying that he, Aaron Rodgers wasn't communicating with you. What is he, your boyfriend? I mean, seriously, why does he have to communicate with you? I mean, you're talking about one of the greatest quarterbacks of this time, of this era. You think that Aaron Rodgers is worried about lonely you, okay? He doesn't give a crap about you. He cares about healing and getting back on the field and making his damn money, like you were saying, Sean. He could care less about a witch doctor. He could care less about a baby crying to everybody's mommy that he is not playing well and blaming everybody else, who, by the way, ruined everything that he had with the New York Jets last year after the Patriots' second game, after throwing his team under the bus, not taking responsibility for his bad play. As a matter of fact, throwing his defense under the bus that has been doing nothing but wiping his ass. And the defense was so good that he just wasted one of the most... Bad, historic seasons for a defense of a team that bad, too. Like, how often do you see a losing team have the stats defensively that the Jets did? Now, the run defense wasn't great. Uh, like Errol was saying, at t- certain points, they give up in the fourth quarter a lot, so some stats ended up being rigged, but a lot of teams end up doing that. Nevertheless, that was historic for the pace they were on for a lot of different categories, especially in the secondary, which Sauce Gardner, again, another all-pro, as much as Asante Samuel doesn't want to give him the respect for it. Yeah, but I, I think... I don't want to say anything. I think... Everybody look at the stats. Yeah, you could be leading stats. I'm going to say this. The only stat that matter in the NFL is wins and losses. Mm. But they're done in different ways. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but no, nothing, nothing against the guys that, you know, speedy. I know you're a good analytic guy and all that and looking at all that. But at the end of the day, the only stat matters is wins and losses. There's no difference from shout out to my Sakana girls women's basketball. We're still undefeated. But the only stat, when we lost that year, we didn't win a championship, was when we lost. We went undefeated, and then we lost the game, and we couldn't make it to a championship. So mm-hmm. it's like, you do all that hard work to be the Cowboys. 12, what, they went 12 and 4 mm-hmm. in a regular season. Mike McCarthy last week had 12 wins with 12 games. <laughs> You're not making it past the first round? Come on. Now that the Lions have made the NFC Championship, there's only two teams that have never made a conference championship in the NFC in the 21st century. Washington, we were talking about earlier, terribly dysfunctional, and the Dallas Cowboys. Exactly. So my, my, my point being is, you know, hey, it is what it is. You can't make this up, my guy. The only stat that matters is the W and the L's. I tell my girls that in the AAU basketball. I don't care. The only stat that matters is the wins and losses. I don't care if you lost by one point, two points, because guess what? When you turn the ball over, that's points. Keith says Rodgers is a D-bag, and he's running it poorly. Well, yeah, we were, we were saying that last week. Uh, GM Aaron Rodgers, definitely not an ideal thing if you're trying to just bring I don't know bodies. if he's a D-bag. What makes him a D-bag? I, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Why, why is he a D-bag? He, he's, he's done everything he possibly can to come back this season, as, as he should, and, and, and making those big comebacks because he thought that, hey, if the Jets were in a race and they had eight wins and they had three games left, and if they won those three games – 
there was a good chance that the Jets, if they won those three games with Aaron Rodgers, they make the playoffs. So he was trying to do everything that he was supposed to do. You think that he cares that he wasn't speaking and communicating with Zach Wilson? I don't think he gives a crap. Okay, and that's that's the facts. And I, I don't understand why he thought it was going to change because, hey, Aaron Rodgers is trying to heal. I, I'll tell you this. Did you see, and I'm going to just be honest with you, did you see Kirk Cousins on the sidelines when he ter- tore his, cor- his Achilles throughout the season after that? No, you didn't see Kirk Cousins on the sidelines. Aaron Rodgers was traveling with the team for half the season, trying to help you on the field because your ass didn't understand how to replays. Are you kidding me? You're crying that Aaron Rodgers wasn't speaking to you enough? What do you want him to do? What do you want him to do? How about... I'll tell you what. He'll buy you some new diapers. That's what you need. <laughs> new diapers, new pampers, maybe a new bottle. Because that's what you need. You're going to cry? You're going to cry to the Jets? Your Jet fans were booing you? Yeah, and uh, your mother sticking up for you all over social media? How about this? And I'll say this again. And I, I said this about Eli Apple when he was drafted by the Giants. And everybody knows what happened with Eli Apple when he, he was drafted by the Giants. His mother was speaking for him. And what did that make him look like? It made him look like a baby. And Eli Apple had to change his career. He had to jump from one team to another until his mother shut up and got rid of her Twitter. And the same thing Zach Wilson needs to do. If he wants to have a career in this league, even as a backup, tell your mother to stop speaking up for you. It makes you look really, really bad. So uh, Carl says Rex Grossman has been to as many Super Bowls as Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Keith says not because of Wilson. Carl says Rodgers was communicating with Milson Zach's mom. But uh, before we get our guests on, Sean, I want to bring up a point you said you said about Jordan Love. Like Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers were not like the closest of friends either when they were in Green Bay. And Jordan Love, whatever football tactics like Aaron Rodgers were able to still get to him, worked for him because he had a nice season this year. Clearly those tactics aren't working on Zach Wilson because he's not putting his own uh, work ethic into his own game. And Carl, by the way, you, you brought up Rex Grossman. Yeah, he was in the Super Bowl one time, and it's great. Aaron Rodgers has only been in the Super Bowl. But guess what? Aaron Rodgers has a ring, and Rex Grossman has zero. So stop with this. Stop. Stop. It's Rex ridiculous. Grossman. Rex Grossman sucked too, though. He played at Florida. He sucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, to compare Rex Grossman to one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game is ridiculous. And I'm not saying this because I'm a Jet fan. As Speedy, I've always stuck up. Yep. For Aaron Rodgers. I, everybody that I've spoken to, even uh, Val, Valdis Scantling, who, who played with Aaron Rodgers in, in Green Bay, he came out and said, and he's played with Patrick Mahomes, he said that Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback he's ever played with. That was last year when I spoke to him off air. Okay, And that, that's playing with Patrick Mahomes. Okay, He came out and said that Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback he's ever played with. That says a lot about who Aaron Rodgers is when you have Patrick Mahomes as your starting quarterback. You know why he says that? Because Aaron Rodgers made him. No, that's not why he's saying that. That's not why he's saying that. Look at the Green Bay receivers, bro. From Donald Driver to... Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson, all them guys. Come on. Green Bay never drafted receivers like that. Brett Favre, they never drafted receivers like that. All them guys are nobodies, and they make the quarterbacks make them guys. Uh, no question. And, and and Aaron Rodgers did that. He, he made everybody around him better. And as Keith was saying over here, Aaron Rodgers made everybody around him better. And Patrick Mahomes, he makes everybody around him better. But I'll tell you this. it would It's nice to have a guy like... 
Travis Kelsey. Right? I mean, it, it doesn't hurt to have a great player like that. So, I, I mean, it, it, you're right. It, the great quarterbacks, the best of the best, it doesn't matter who's on the field. They make everybody around them better. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking to former Brewers pitcher and current Union Laguna pitcher Braden Webb. And before we bring Braden Webb into the show, we have Tommy Scoops with our Sports Minute. This is the Sports Loudmouth Sports Minute. Are you ready to get loud? With Tommy Scoops. Once again, here we are. As promised, an update for the show. I am Tommy Scoops, bringing you all everything to scoops of everything new and cool within the sports world. And for today, right now, in the NFL, it's reported that Kareem Hunt has actually just had sports hernia surgery due to him trying to fix a ruptured adductor within his... It's in his hip area. I don't really know how to pronounce it or whatever, but he's basically getting surgery to repair that, and he's actually going to be in his last, or he's going to be a free agent come March. So, Kareem Hunt has already expressed that he does want to stay in Cleveland, so with him fully healthy for the next season and having the surgery done prepared, he's already set to go. Hopefully, the Browns give him another contract. In NBA news, the NBA draft, the NBA actually just announced earlier today that they will be moving the draft to a two-day event. So the first night will be held in Barclays Center and later on will be held in uh, Sports Pier by their studio over there. So it's going to be a two-day event now with the first round being split into the first day and the second round being split into the second. In other NBA news, Anthony Edwards has been fined $40,000 for his comments made on the referees the other day's game again for the Timberwolves against the Thunder. Anthony Edwards mentioned how he felt like they were playing 8-on-5 and they were scared they, the cat had their tongue that night and even mentioned that he was aware that he was going to get fined so we all saw this coming not that much of a surprise there but hey it's not like he can't afford the 40,000 Ben Simmons is actually just announced to be out for tonight's game against the Suns Ben Simmons who actually believe it or not had an impressive showing the other day with 18 minutes had a, almost a triple double in the game now he's apparently allergic to basketball I don't know really what happened it was just a day after but hey We'll see what happens with Ben Simmons going forward. Now, for Scoops to Scores, where I'm going to give you a rundown on the latest scores going on right now. The Bulls are actually up, leading the Hornets after coming out of halftime, 71-68. You got the Pistons that are fighting for those free wings, everybody. All the Detroit Pistons fans, they're trying to get you guys some free wings. So, they're actually down 82-85 to against the Cavaliers. Clippers are actually manhandling the Wizards right now, 82-64. to But the Kings... Down 52 to 56 against the Heat. And we have the Pelicans and Rockets here, where the Pelicans are actually leading 33 to 22. The Mavericks are trailing to the Timberwolves 20 to 22. And you got the Spurs and the Magic going on, which is the Spurs are up 30 points to 27. I have once again taken up too much of the time. I will be back later on for another update. And let me send it back over to the boys for their next guest on the show. This is the Sports Loud Mouth. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is the Sports Loud Mouth. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Petey, Petey, and the great Sean Smith. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including... 
the Loudmouth, which airs every single Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. All you have to do to tune in all our local listing and shows and our times is go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Sean Smith's first show, ladies and gentlemen. As you guys know, happy to have Sean on the show. As, and in the, moving forward, it's going to be great Great arguments, great personalities, and I'm telling you, a lot of craziness. So uh, I'm telling you, it's going to be a very, very good show. It's always a good show, but with Sean, it gives it a little bit more personality. But there is another personality we haven't had on this show for a while. It's been a long time. It was in the studios. I I think it was like two years ago. It's been a long time. It was more than that. He was still in the Brewers organization, which I think was 21. Yeah, it's been a long time to have him on. We're happy to have him on again. We are now talking to former Brewers pitcher and current Union Laguna pitcher, our friend, Braden Webb. Braden, what's up, man? What's up, everybody? How we doing? We're good, man. We haven't spoken to you in a very long time. And and, and I, I really think that, you know, just even getting into your career over the last couple of years has been pretty interesting. I mean, the Brewers organization, they went from one GM and one coach now to another, and, and they're re, redeveloping their organization. Corbin Burns could be on his way out. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. I think Corbin's one of the more underrated pitchers in the league and deserves a lot of credit for his growth as a pitcher, a star pitcher in the uh, MLB. But before we get into everything that's going on with you and your career, uh, how have you been since we, we haven't spoken to you for such a long time? Just living, man. Trying to, trying to keep playing the game. Yeah, I, I know. It's crazy. I, I mean, I've never been a professional athlete. We do have an ex-professional athlete in Sean Smith that's been, you know, was in the NFL for 10 years, 10 long years, played on quite a few teams, uh, quite a few good teams, and he was a pretty good young, pretty good pretty good uh, NFL player as offensive tackle, nose tackle. But um, tell us a little bit about your journey uh, through the Brewers organization and now uh, playing in the Mexican League. Well... Uh, I made it up to double A with the Brewers. Uh, had to have knee surgery. Oh, shoot. Hold on one second. Mm-hmm. I got the hiccups randomly. <laughs> hey, listen, I have the hiccups. You know, Speedy gives me the hiccups every time I look at his face. It's not contagious, but okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. every time I look at him, I, I like get startled. And I'm no, like, oh. Uh, <laughs> I, lo- I, I, I hate the hiccups more than anything in this world. I I'll tell you what I, I also but, hate, but I, I can't say it on live radio. It's something that really smells, okay? I'm just telling you, I hate that too. But okay, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> wow. that that could be a number of things. Um, <laughs> That's true. I don't want to say. No, it. <laughs> so in my last year with the Brewers was actually spring of 2022. Um, I showed up to spring training, and I needed knee surgery. And while I was under contract, they said we're not going to pay for your surgery. They tried to blame it on me playing winter ball. Um, so I, I went home, got my own surgery, got my rehab. Two days after surgery, they called me, and they were like, yeah, we'll see you. So I was like, all right. Deuces. Uh, rehabbed my knee for seven months. Ended up going back to Puerto Rico to play winter ball again. Pitched in the Caribbean World Series for Team Puerto Rico for my second time in Venezuela. Or, well, we went to Venezuela this time. Mm-hmm. Ended up getting offered to go to Mexico. Went to play in Mexico, and it was just some of the most electric baseball that I've ever played. Like playing '90s baseball all over again. Those guys don't. I mean, the ball in Mexico, the ball flies, and they don't care about hitting home runs there because they know they're going to get them. They just hit the ball and play. So, 
it literally is like playing nineties baseball, but it was like a, it felt like college. It felt like a college, the team felt like a college baseball atmosphere again. So it, it, it made me refine that love. Cause people don't, people don't realize in the, how like grindy the minor leagues is and how difficult the minor leagues is. I mean, you're not getting paid well. You're spending most of your money on rent and groceries and things like that. And so playing in Mexico, making good money, and just playing in an environment where the fans actually show up and they, they care, uh, was it was something incredible. So I'm actually thinking about going back again this year. Got to go play winter ball in the Dominican League uh, this winter. That was fun. I mean, I got to, I played for Aguilas and pitching against Lise in the capital was, was awesome. Um, but other than that, man, just, just playing the game, trying to, trying to make as much money as I possibly can before mm. I can't throw it anymore. Oh, wow. We got slideshows and everything. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, much more technologically uh, advanced show from three years ago. But uh, yes, we definitely yeah. have some videos. Uh, shout out to our intern, Aaron, that has just started with us. So I want to ask you about the minor league uh, baseball because they had that lawsuit that the, the players won being severely underpaid. Talk about that whole process, like for both of you as a minor league player and also the players association. I think that I think that was a huge win for minor leaguers everywhere. I mean, increased pay like you're. Before the increased pay, you were technically like a just a paid intern, and that's what people that's what they classified it as. It was like a paid internship, and under the legality of things. Um, but you people see these big signing bonuses, and they don't realize that you're clearing five to seven hundred dollars every two weeks, which as a like you're considered a professional athlete on top of it that's not a lot of money and so they say oh baseball is getting all this money all these all these guys are getting yeah in the big leagues all these guys are getting money and i and that's ultimately the goal and that's why even big leaguers were fighting for minor leaguers to get paid more and so i think i think that that was a huge huge win across the board for everybody i mean they're getting their uh you make under a certain amount in the minor leagues now and you get all of your living paid for, which is something I wish that we had. Like everybody knows, we are talking to former Brewers pitcher, current Union Laguna pitcher, Braden Webb. You know, Braden, you look at the league and it, it's transitioning. It's changing. Rob Manford, I'm not a fan of his, as everybody knows. If anybody listens to the show, I can't stand the man. I think he's the worst commissioner in professional sports. And right under him... Roger Goodell, okay? So we all know, and I know Sean's sitting over there probably smirking, but hey, you know, Roger makes $54 million. Uh, Rob Manfred is probably pulling in about $25 million. So congratulations to them becoming millionaires. And as the minor league players are not making much, and yes, they won in, in those deals. But I'll tell you something that they haven't won in, but the major league is, is starting to copycat in the minor leagues is some of their rules. The pitch clock is something that really has stuck out this year. The 15 seconds. Now they might be, I think I've been hearing that they might even lower it even more. Mm -hmm. And then obviously the big bases. So there are more stolen bases than we've ever seen. And obviously no, obviously no more shifting. What are your thoughts to the transition of the MLB for, for what the minor leagues have been over the last couple of years? Personally, me, I'm a pitcher who doesn't mind the pitch clock because it. I think I think the rules behind the pitch clock are a little stupid. Like you know, if I if I don't deliver the pitch within a certain 
amount of time, then I get docked a ball. Or if the batter doesn't get in the box, he's it could be it's O two count or three two count. He gets he gets called for a strikeout. Um, personally, I think that the pitch clock is good in the manner of like tempo of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the bigger bases is stupid. Uh, I mean, you got all these guys stealing more like twenty more bags than they ever did because of these bigger bases and guys beating out ground balls that they shouldn't be beating out because of these bigger bases. Um, I think that it is kind of coddling to the specific people in the game. And I think that it's, it's really messed up. So the other big controversy in baseball was the sticky substances. The Mets and the Yankees especially got hit, getting hit by that. My favorite part of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, but if we talk about sticky substances, I think personally that it got – Here's the thing. Go ahead, if get you, him, Braden. Get him. You, you you allow you allow batters to use pine tar mm-hmm. to hold hold on to their bats. Notice how many more batters got hit the next year when they banned sticky substances. Like, would you rather me use sticky? St- I'm not saying that I'm a proponent of sticky stuff, but I'm saying for say guys it. I mean, it should be allowed. I, I yeah 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it should be allowed because would you rather me throw a hundred mile an hour fastball and hit you? Mm-hmm. multiple times throughout a season or would you rather me be able to control my pitches and still I mean you're you're still going to strike out like uh, strikeouts have nothing to do with like the pitch I, I don't think it, I, I, it, it obviously makes the pitch grip and makes the pitch move more but guys who strike out 300 times are not going to strike out less because I don't have sticky substances uh, just like the whole controversy about steroids, steroid, mm. the steroid era resurrected the game of baseball. <laughs> no question. Like you, you got guys in the sport. I'm not going to name any names, but you got guys in the sport with TUEs because they have low testosterone. Why not just give every single person the same sticky substance? And then on top of it, find if, if guys want to take steroids or they want to do their guy. thing, give everybody the same the same brand and make sure that it's all tested the same. Cause you, you, you don't have any problem drug testing people and pulling <laughs> blood out of people. Like just, just make sure that you're, you're giving everybody the same brand of that injection. Uh, I'm, I've never been, I've never been somebody who's used or abused any, any substances, mm-hmm. but I'm saying that if the game of ba- you'd have way less injuries, just say it was just say for ex- example, you gave everybody the same brand of HGH. You'd have way less. I feel like you'd have way less injuries in mm-hmm. baseball. People would be able to recover faster. Mm-hmm. You'd be able to use relievers more. Starters would be able to go even longer in the season. Um, hitters would be their bodies wouldn't break down midway through the season. Your favorite players it wouldn't be injured all the time. Like I, I, I firmly believe that if you gave everybody that that chance, I would say. 75% of baseball would use whatever you wanted or whatever you gave them. Brady, and, Brady, and you've come also to. on top of this, yes. while we're speaking on it, mm-hmm. Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Brady, I just want to tell you something, okay? You can come into the studio whenever you want. You can hang out with us whenever you want because I'm going to tell you something. I have been saying this for the last seven years. Steroids, and we've had X. MLB players, great MLB players. 
that have played, have great careers in the MLB, that have been on this show, and I have said it over and over again. Do you think steroids should be allowed in baseball? Every one of them, every single one of them told us that there should be. The only ones, pitchers. Yes, pitchers especially. And by the way, just so everybody knows, we had writers that have been on the show that have completely turned it down. Said, no, steroids should not be allowed. Barry Bonds should not be in the Hall of Fame. Blah, 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 blah. Roger Clemens is a cheater. Hey, how about this? How about this? How many players have not been caught that are in the Hall of Fame right now? How about uh, that? that? There's a there. You, you couldn't put put the number. Pat. Look at how many also abuse drugs. Like it's it's a known fact that Babe Ruth was eating hot dogs and doing cocaine mm-hmm. and hitting hitting home runs. Like the that's the thing. It's like you 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 knock these guys and you you keep guys out of the Hall of Fame for taking steroids, but you you're not gonna keep somebody out of the Hall of Fame because he was a cokehead. Like what? But here's a, here's a crazy thing, Braden, and, and and you mentioned Babe Ruth. I, I mean, and everybody wants to compare what you know what they did in the past into the to this day. The, it, to me, there's been amphetamines been in in the game for years. You're going to tell me that steroids is worse than amphetamines? I mean, if you're taking amphetamines, what what happens? It gives you more focus, does it not? It makes you see the it ball does. better. That's it cheating. Does. That's cheating more than steroids. We've had guys that have never gotten out of the uh, the minor leagues that have said that they did steroids for years and they couldn't get it to the majors. So if you're hearing that, what does it matter if they're doing steroids? Honestly, as long as they can stay on the field and make their money, as Sean says, we do it to do it for the money, baby. Speaking of Sean, before well, before you get also, to your next point, Brad, I just want to hey. say, uh, Sean said uh, MLB players should be allowed to smoke weed. <laughs> I agree. Oh, by the way, I I. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, <laughs> I, I was a fan of the rule that they passed for minor leaguers to be able to get away with doing that. Um, but speaking on amphetamines, uh, my entire time throughout the minor leagues, I've had, I've suffered from severe ADHD since I was, I was five. Or I got diagnosed at five years old. Uh, whenever I got to the, or whenever I signed my contract and I got drafted, uh, I was denied seven times throughout the minor league system for not being able to take my Adderall, mm. uh, which is because they were cracking down so heavily on that. Yeah. And let me and tell guys, you, but guys still are, are getting away with. So, you know what you do? You, you, if you, if you can't do Adderall, do some cocaine, man. I mean, it's the same friggin' thing and it's out of I'm your ne- system I'm in never, five days. Never, I'm just saying. Never tried. Never tried. That. I'm just saying, I'm not trying to tell you to be a drug addict. I'm just saying if you need it, <laughs> And you need to concentrate. Look at Short over there. He's probably saying, Errol, don't you bring my name up in this conversation. Just don't be Robinson Cano and take <laughs> seven random substances that nobody knows about. Hey, I, I will speak on the fact that another another guy who, who got busted for steroids, like everybody hates on him for doing it or whatever. But you don't realize is those kids, whenever they're in the Dominican Republic, mm. from the time they're 12 until they're, they get drafted, they live in facilities where they don't know any better because the guy that is handling them is the one who's injecting them. There's been so many reports that come out on, on that and so many stories and stuff. But that's the only way they get get off the island is hit ball hard, throw ball far. Like, it, it, it just is – it's 
It's just unbelievable, honestly. I'm sure there's a lot I mean, of them in Cuba, too, that aren't even talked about, because you mentioned just the Dominican Republic, but they're not going to get the same lay- leeway with Cuba. They don't even play with cleats over there in no. Cuba, okay? They play with bare feet. No. Okay. Yeah, all, all of those guys right there should be in the Hall of Fame. By the way, we are talking to former Brewers pitcher and current Union Laguna pitcher Braden Webb. You know, it's so interesting the way the game has transitioned. And, and I, I'll say this. I, I think that what saved baseball was the steroid era. I, I think people forget how important that era, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds. And by the way, like you were saying, Barry Bonds had 400 home runs and 400 stolen bases, which, by the way, no player still to this day has anywhere close to those numbers in history. And that was before he did steroids, before he even was over there in San Francisco. He won seven gold gloves. And you're going to tell me Robbie Manford is keeping this idiot out? How about this, okay? For anybody. Uh, oh, hold on. Go ahead. Hold on. Allegedly. <laughs> I'm sorry. He he he, he sorry. never admitted to it and I'm never sorry. once failed a drug test for it. Oh. It's, a, it's allegedly. Mm. How about, steroid, I do agree with the comments on the steroid era. How about, I actually, as a young kid, remember seeing Mark McGuire hit a ball through the arches of of uh, Old Bush Stadium, and uh, it was the most incredible thing. Brandon, I, ha- I, have, I have a solution to this whole Major League problem right now. You ready to hear the solution? It's going to be I'm, great. I'm so ready. All right. Here's I'm actually, actually kind of turned on. Oh, okay. You're, you're going to get even to, more I, turned I, I, on. You're going to get even more I had to adjust time. myself right there. All right. I hope you're taking your Adderall. I hope you really are because you're going to need to concentrate on this one. All right. Oh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to tie Rob Manford. We're going to tie him. We're going to tie him to one of those batting cages, okay? We're going to tie him. We're going to get every single minor league pitcher to line up, and they get three throws each. And, and, and whoever hits them in certain areas will have a 10-point, 100-point, if you can hit him in those specific spots over and over and over again, you get a million dollars. What would you say if we set something like that up for the All-Star game and, uh, you know, we give Rob Manfred a nice little roll? How about that? What do you think? I think for a million dollars you could put my mom in there and I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you Damn. wouldn't. <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking about a million dollars. My mom's in the other room. She'd tell me I'd be stupid not to do it. We're talking about a million Fair dollars. Like, ain't, ain't no minor leaguer turning that down. <laughs> well, Zach Wilson wouldn't do it. We all know that. <laughs> no, Zach Wilson I, would do it and then, he'd, then do something else to her. I, <laughs> I listened. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I, I was sitting in the waiting room listening to that conversation. I feel like Zach Wilson was very underappreciated this year. Uh, for He knew coming into it he wasn't going to start. He had no chance of ever starting. Then game one, you got – which Aaron Rodgers, I think personally, is is the goat. I think he, if he had, I agree with you. By the way, if you put Aaron Rodgers behind Tom Brady's line that he had for all all those years and all those Super Bowl championships, I think if you gave Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady's team, you give him Bill his, Belichick. His, his, you give him Bill Belichick and, and give him Bill Belichick. Aaron Rodgers wins way more Super Bowls and wins way more MVP awards and breaks. Way many, by, all the records. By the way, Aaron Rodgers has more MVP awards than Tom Brady. So just so okay, you know. Okay, well, I th- I think that he, he he either doubles or possibly triples the MVP awards that he already had. Mm. I agree with you. I, I've stuck but up for. I, I yeah. think that I think that the whole Zach Wilson thing 
this year is is a little bit slanderous because that guy did a lot for not having a lot. I think he had a lot more than you think he had. I just think that it, the offensive line stunk. We all understand that. And and listen, you're a football fan. I don't know if you're a Jet fan. I am. And no, I'm actually. I'm actually. Uh, I grew up with Green Bay. I'm from Oklahoma. Okay. So it was either it was either Dallas or the Kansas City Chiefs. And then my best friend, who actually uh, made it to the big leagues with athletics, he's still on the forty man. Uh, his name's Jonah Bride. He moved from Green oh, yeah. Bay when we were eight years old. Mm-hmm. So I, I grew up every. Uh, we w- grew up every Sunday watching Green Bay at his house. So. I, I grew up a diehard Green Bay fan. Well, maybe that's why uh, you love Aaron Rodgers, but uh, uh, I do, I do. But uh, I don't, I, I, I loved Aaron Rodgers even when he was on Green Bay. I couldn't stand the Green Bay Packers. Just so you know, I just, I respect a good game, and uh, and everybody thinks that I hate on Patrick Mahomes. I, I, I'll say this: Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. He's I think just he's a big crybaby. Yes, and I'll say that again. I think, and I, I, Sean, I, I don't don't piss him I, off. Don't oh, piss him off. Sean, back in. <laughs> it might bite I, your head off. I think that Patrick Mahomes kind of has a little bit of the Jordan treatment right now. Uh-oh. And it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh-oh. Here he goes. Right. And Might also, as well bring him in. Tra- if you're going right, to tra- tell me that Travis Kelsey – No, no, no. If you you're going to tell me that Travis Kelsey is anywhere near remotely as good as Rob Gronkowski, I'm going to tell you you're a moron. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's bring Sean into rebuttal. <laughs> Sean, welcome back. <laughs> Hey, welcome back, man. We're, we went from welcome. baseball to football. Uh, I could do this all night. <laughs> yeah, but Travis Kelsey is better than Gronk. No, no, sir. He can't no, dance he's... as good as Gronk, that's for sure. <laughs> Travis Kelsey is nowhere near as good as Rob Gronkowski. Oh, man, I need you to pull up the stats. Look is the... that a cigar or is that something else, my boy? <laughs> uh, I mean, this is real life. This is what I call the earth. You know, <laughs> He's saying pass it, pass it. <laughs> if only we had those technological capabilities. Don't be stingy. Don't be stingy. I'm never stingy, man. You don't, I mean, you don't know much about me, man. I love smoking. <laughs> the best thing for me. You know what I mean? It's better than taking a Toradol shot. And all them opiates that the NFL try to give you. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, I will tell you that I take a what's called a Voltaire. I, I learned this in Mexico. I take what's called the Voltaren shot. Mm. It's it, it's a he, it's like a heavy anti-inflammatory. That that thing will make you have like you want to throw all nine innings. You feel good, but then shit, when that motherfucker wear off. You 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 in for a rude awakening. That's why I have yeah. this good thing that we call 420. <laughs> Brandon, I'm surprised you haven't brought that up to Major League Baseball. They want to solve all their pace and play problems. They could just have yeah. that and then the Voltorio. <laughs> we'll go back to complete yeah. games again. Uh, by the yeah. way, by the way, we are speaking to former Brewers pitcher and current Union Laguna pitcher Braden Webb, and, and it's and we got we got Sean in. Uh, he's enjoying himself as he always is. <laughs> oh, and, and we brought Travis Kelsey up, and and you saw his face. He he, he was about to turn blue because he, he he says Kansas City is we. I am Kansas City, as he is the we Earth. Are. We are. <laughs> okay. Also, if you. My favorite thing about Rob, uh, about Gronk is, is whenever he was going to get traded, he was like, nah, I, I can't yep. go to Detroit. He was going to retire. <laughs> I'm retiring. By the way, comes, Gronk comes was back, – Comes back and then still tears it up in the NFL a year after that. Like, I just need to see the stats. Is somebody give uh, me the stats all right. the stats against Gronk? Bring, uh, yeah, I'll yeah, do it yeah. for Where's you. The, where's our intern at? 
We need him. <laughs> All right. I'll bring up Travis Kelsey's uh, statistics, okay? And then, uh, Speedy, you bring up... You bring up... Uh, I'm on Gronk. Gronk, okay? Travis Kelsey. All right, Speedy. You bring up... Give me Gronk's. All right. All right. Gronk for his career. 621 catches, 9,286 receiving yards, and 92 touchdowns in 143 total games and 11 years total. 2019, he was uh, retired. So, so 11 years in the league. And... He took a gap year. Five, five-time All-Pro, four-time... Or four-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowl player. All right, Travis Kelsey uh, in 159 games, uh, 907 receptions, 11,328 yards, and 74 touchdowns. So there you go. He's practiced. I, I don't know how many, how many Pro many Bowls. He's, um, he's nine-time Pro Bowler, four-time oh, no, All-Pro, two-time Super Bowl champion. Um, Travis Kelsey has played the 12. Let me see. Uh, 2010. 10. 10 seasons. Less than him, so he's better. Thank you. Uh, yeah, my point for, hey, hey, I'm going to tell you what you do. You stick to throwing us the, the fastball and the changeup, <laughs> and I'm going to stick to the, the white lines on the green field, you know? <laughs> and the green that he smokes. <laughs> hey, there you go. There you go, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's, There's let's the numbers. There's the numbers right there. There's the numbers, yeah. ladies. It's let's, let's let's compare let's compare targets. Let's compare receptions on these targets. Okay, uh, it's right up there. It's right up there. Let's also compare receiving yards as opposed to see. This is where the it doesn't matter what sport you're in. You got to factor in numbers. Game. You got to factor in the games played. Um, let's also factor in that Gronk averaged yards perception. He averaged uh, two point five more yards. And also had uh, almost 20 more touchdowns in one more season than Travis Kelsey. Uh, yards per target. Travis Kelsey, Travis, he, Kelsey he West, Travis Kelsey played less season than him, though, my guy. By one. Hey, one year. Hey, one, year one, one, one year. One year. Also, Gronk took off a year, too. So, if it was one more year, he would play just as many games as him and probably beat him in all of these other other categories <laughs> it's not it's not that far off i'm just saying <laughs> at the end of the day i'm just saying travis kelsey is better also no sir yes <laughs> i just i just don't agree because also you have to factor in as a tight end you're doing a whole lot of blocking right travis kelsey ain't doing no fucking blocking he does block <laughs> no how the he runs, he's a re- he's a receiver he's a big ass receiver <laughs> This is He's a big-ass receiver. This is how I'm going to break it down to you. The Patriots always use Gronk, and the Patriots use a two-tight end set or a three-tight end set. They use 12 personnel or 13 personnel pretty much majority of the time with Gronk. And before Gronk became the man, he had somebody else. To where in Kansas City? Yeah, he had the man with the highest KD in the NFL. No, no. He had another tight end. I can't remember what the other tight end. Benjamin yeah, Watson. Aaron, he Aaron Benjamin Hernandez. Watson. Oh, he, he had, also had, he also had Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, he, the he highest, had the highest yeah. KD highest KD in the NFL right there. Hey, it doesn't matter. He, it, guess what? Aaron Hernandez was getting the ball. He was getting the ball to score a touchdown. So, once again, that's two tight ends to one. So you do the math, my guy. Yeah, Travis Kelsey is getting the getting the rock way more than than Rob Gronkowski right. did. So I'm going to be the middleman guy here. All right, all right. I, I just want to let everybody know. 
that Rob Gronkowski was on the Jimmy Fallon show uh, this past week. And they brought up Travis Kelsey, and he showed the little dance that they the dance off that they had last year, and and how funny both those guys are. They have great personality. Both of them oh, are do. fantastic awesome. personalities. But I, I will say this: when Gronk came out and said and he was trying to compare himself to Travis Kelsey, he said that uh, Travis Kelsey has broken every single record he's ever had, except the eighteen touchdowns that he had. And I think in, in his second or third season with Tom Brady, third season, third season. yeah, his third season where uh, that was the only record that Travis Kelsey has not broken of Gronkowski. So pretty much telling, you know, pretty much he was honest. Gronk, Gronk is, he never said that he was better than Travis. He's not going to do that, but he said that he's afraid that, that if Travis Kelsey breaks that, he's going to have all the records. And he already said uh, that uh, he believes that in his eyes, Travis Kelsey is the greatest tight end that's ever played the game. And that's Gronk saying that. So Yeah, but that's like asking Michael Jordan who's the best basketball player. Michael Jordan would tell you – Michael Jordan <laughs> tell you him. <laughs> no, Michael Jordan never says him. Uh, for, first he's, of all. He's the, he's the only guy that's considered the GOAT. Hold on. That never, oh. never says himself as the greatest basketball player. By play. the way, everybody, we are talking to Brewers uh, – ex-Brewers pitcher, former Brewers pitcher, and current Union Laguna pitcher, uh, Braden Webb. Fantastic personality. We've had him on the show two years ago. We're happy to have him back on. He, he's talking a little football with Sean Smith, Speedy, and me. And, and it, we kind of went off the baseball thing from the steroids to the I new mean, rules. I mean, we can we we always go back to the baseball thing, but I'm stuck on this football thing right, right But now. I, will, I will say this, and, and, I, and going back in – into the NFL and the, these these great tight, the game is different. When Gronk came into the league, uh, the off the offensive side of the game was more defense, and it, it started to transition really in and and it was there already in 2004 when Eli Manning, Roethlisberger, and obviously uh, Philip Rivers came the into Hall the of league. Famer Philip Rivers, yeah, the <laughs> Hall of Famer by the way, the very Hall of Famer uh, Philip Rivers, and the crybaby, the crybaby, the crybaby. Oh, okay, no hi head shot. He usually yell at the refs. Yeah, but it's Hey, that man's good on the field and in the sheets. Mm, Doesn't he yes. got like 14 kids? Yep. Well, wait, wait a second. He adopted seven of them. <laughs> uh, Mormon, though, isn't he? What happened? Isn't he Mormon? I don't know, I'm but sure. he, he's a good dude. Yeah, I've heard he, him yeah, and his yeah, wife are very, good. very good people. So, yeah, he cried. But half the, also, like you said, half the also, quarterbacks do that. We're, we're speaking on quarterbacks. Uh, are you going to tell me that? Travis Kelsey doesn't have a better throwing quarterback than Rob Gronkowski had. I don't. I Rob think Gronkowski had Tom Brady, bro. Are you I, serious? I'm, I'm. I am. I, Tom Brady is the goat of quarterbacks, but he. I also disagree. Was a, but that's was just a me. Systematic quarterback. You you can't argue with seven championships. Seven but championships. Throw, and throwing, I hold on, hold on. Throwing throwing a football. You're gonna tell me that Tom Brady is better than Patrick Mahomes? I I I do. I, I think he's the more, more accurate quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. Yes. And Pat, Patrick Mahomes is a better throwing quarterback than Tom no, Brady. No, he has a better arm than Tom Brady. But that, yes. As far as accurate, no. No, we can't say that. No. No, the only, the only quarterback. He seven Super Bowls, and he did it with one team and did it with another team. Had it, Mahomes had him do it, and I love Mahomes. I love him. And guess what? I don't like Tom Brady like that. Tom Brady's a cool fucking dude off the field. On the field, I hate him. Cry, baby. 
Everybody does, but he's got seven. He's got seven. And again, everybody keeps saying he has seven rings. It's the team that has seven rings. Yes, Tom Brady was a big part of those teams, but that you have to have a good defense. You have to have a good running game. You just, Errol, you just said it. It took words out of my mouth. Out of them seven rings, four of them were because of the defense. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Four of them were because of the defense. No question. Hey, he still got seven of them motherfuckers. Dude, yeah, he does. And listen, I got seven would rings too. That I didn't win them. Would, would you rather have a World Series ring or more money? Uh, you know what the answer is going to be. Oh, nice. How, how much? How much more money are we talking? That's my question. I mean, shit, I don't know y'all contracts. I mean, how much more would make you satisfied? <laughs> hey, have you seen some of these big ass contracts these motherfuckers be getting? I mean, I see that, but shit, I'm gonna be honest with you. Some of them are not even gonna live long enough to see all that money. Fair enough. Listen, Braden, I've got wonderful rings, and they're beautiful. They're not championship rings, but I own them. So if I could go out there, I'd rather a million dollars. Honestly, I'd rather a million dollars. You can give me a million different kind of rings. You can give me all all your Super Bowl rings. You can give me all the Tom Brady's. I'll give it back to him. Just give me seven million, and I'll be a very happy camper. So, And he can keep those rings. But <laughs> Give him his TV yeah. deal. <laughs> but also at the same time, a World Series ring, that's something that baseball players for, play for their whole lives mm. and they never accomplish. Mm. Yeah. Holy shit, I, I, I mean, uh, look at look at Mike Trout. You know what I wanted to do? I didn't give a fuck about a ring. I wanted to get paid. I was undrafted. I wanted to make money. Yeah. So okay. out of my ten year career, I went to the playoffs four times and lost and, and, and lost and lost and lost and lost in the first round. So it's like, hey, come on. I mean, we we more. But I sit back now, like, damn. Yeah, I wish I could have at least played in the Super Bowl, but then I'm like, fuck it. If you don't win it, there's no point of playing in it. Right. I mean, that's that's true. But at the same time, for me personally, I think that the ring matters. Ah. The ring, def- hey. the, the ring right. definitely matters. Look at, ring in junior college. Look, hey. look at look at Mike Trout. He signed a $350 million contract. $400, million. Oh, sorry. My basically, the Washington Commanders of baseball. He, he's, he's considered one of, if not the greatest baseball players to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. But Definitely. he has never won a World Series, and that is something that will always be held over the top of his head. He won't be – people say he's not the greatest baseball player to ever play the game. Just because he hasn't won a ring. Oh, he wasn't. They said the... about Charles Barkley. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well. yeah, but where are you, Char, you aren't even putting Charles Barkley in your top ten players. No, Charles Barkley's a top fifty basketball player. Though. Oh, he's a I, top I would, fifteen. I would agree. Top, top 50, fifteen. But top top ten. You're not no top fifteen. I put Charles Barkley in top fifteen. It's hard for him to be top ten. You said Charles, what? It's hard for him to be top ten. Charles Barkley took a shitty team. With Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley, mm-hmm. and the dad yeah. to, to the championship. And lost. Hey. <laughs> against Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Against, the go- against the guy that you just said was the GOAT. That's like, yeah. that's, that's like our friend Eric Coleman blaming Allen Iverson for losing hey, to that Lakers team. Don't bring that up. <laughs> don't bring up the Allen Iverson thing with Eric Coleman. I, I gave it to him. He had the balls to tell me that he would rather James Harden over Allen Iverson. Boy, oh, boy. I... Sh- 
Oh, he's out of his mind. I told yes, him that was a real opinion. I told him he was out of his mind. He needs to James he, Harden over AI. Yes, he, he's out of his mind. You should have reached through the damn screen and smacked that dude. Well, <laughs> I don't know. He's pretty. You know, me and him are pretty. Big. Yeah, he's the same size as me, but he's pretty big. So well, we, well, well, I saw him do to, it. We'd have to. No, I could. I could, <laughs> I, I could give it. Listen, he's doing mixed martial arts. I did mixed martial arts. I, I give it. Me and Eric would have a nice, uh, nice little. Uh, you know. Nice little fight, but I'm not going to – Eric's a good friend of mine. I'm not going to sit here and throw him under the bus, but it wasn't, it wasn't a great take by him. That's for damn sure, and I, and I made sure he, hear it, he heard that's like, it. That's like old boy saying that he'd rather choose Andre Iguodala to shoot the game-winning shot over Steph Curry. Well, I probably would. I'm just kidding. Anyways, um, Braden, we really appreciate – In big games, he has hit big shots. His defense is, is legit. Yeah, but you're talking about the greatest shooter ever. <laughs> and there you look at the epitome of mediocrity. Uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah, you, you can't blame you can't no, blame that I don't. whole thing on, on Mike Trout. I don't blame all. any of it really on him. So why do you pay him all that money then? Because he's the best baseball player to ever play the game. I don't think he's one the, of, the he's yeah, one hey, of the greatest. I don't think he's the best. I'm you I don't care what sport you play, what job you do. If you're the best, you're gonna make everybody else around you the best too. Mm. I that comment I can get behind. So, so Mike Trout is not the best because guess what? He's not making his team better. LeBron I, James, LeBron James, took shitty teams and yeah. took them to the finals. It's true, no question. Period. Yeah. To make you to be the goat, to be the greatest at anything you do in life. I, mean, I guess he doesn't like KD. Whether you're a sports anchor, anybody, you gotta be the best, bro. You, you, you can't. You, if you say you're the best, you're supposed to make everybody else around you. If not, you're not good. You're not the best. Anyways, uh, Braden, we love you. And we want to get you on again because uh, you, you gave us some good takes. Something that I you almost gave Sean a heart attack. And he almost hey, threw hey, up. Hey, game talks. You see that? You see that? Yeah, hey, listen, listen, listen. A speedy likes Speedy the likes best, to, you know. One of the best universities of mankind. Well, you know, I, they I, have yeah, the, I can get I can get behind that cause. I, I, I'll give you an <laughs> I answer. Had a that, lot of good, I got had a lot of good times there. Yeah, well, I'll just tell you, I, I love the name Gamecocks, too. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, I used to walk around camp. He's about to I, for you, I walk. I walk around <laughs> campus with a T-shirt that says "Party Like a Cock Star," and it had a it had a big game cock right in the middle of it. Well, Speedy, you know, we'll get what into the whole Speedy at? thing. What? What'd you say, Sean? What do you went to school at? He's a game cock. He went to game. He's a yeah. That was that was South me going back. That's him. Right you doing a flip? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a game cock. Yeah. <laughs> Cock a doodle doo. Cock a doodle doo. Do not do not disrespect my alumni. I'm sorry, Sean. I'm just cocky. I'm Wait, just did cocky. You go to South Carolina too? Yes. Yeah, I'm a gang cock. Look I'm at that, you guys are you guys Heck are the best. Yeah. Now you guys gotta throw each other, you know, you guys gotta throw each other Twitters and, and you know, interact with each other. You're both gang cocks. You're cockadoodling. You're cockadoodling. Uh, anyways, you know, cockadoodle do, bro. Uh, cockadoodle do. I will see you later. Oh, I love Ray Tanner. <laughs> there he goes. Ray, yeah. Ray is the man. Well, he's cocking, man, and he's doing Ray. Ray, any, any, he's so he's such a good. He was such a good coach. I think he's a great AD too. I think everybody gives him a bad rep as AD, but Ray is one of those guys that it doesn't matter what sport you play. He will always vouch for his his athletes as a whole, whether you're you're men, women, it don't matter. He he will always you you have a job, you you send him your resume, 
he he does the vouching like he he puts in a good word for everybody. Word. You need you need tickets to any game. He takes care of it. You just contact him. He's very personable. It, that dude is literally the one one of the greatest human one beings I've ever met. He's a cool dude. Yep. He's a gamecock. He's a gamecock. But he gives you his personal number. I mean, Ray Ray Tanner made that baseball program. He did. He did. Two. I mean, went to the World Series three years in a row. Won two of the three. Well, I'm not a gamecock, but we really again, Braden. You you should be a gamecock. Listen, listen, I listen. If you want to you want to make me a gamecock, you throw me a jersey and I'll pretend I'm a gamecock. But uh, uh, you know, I I don't cock a doodles like you guys do. But uh, I I know Sean Sean wants to cut my head off. So Braden, we really appreciate the time as always. We'll get you on the show a lot sooner than later. Not two years, yeah, buddy. Bro. I'm 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 chilling uh, all the time, really. So all right. You, you just hit me up. You let me know. I'll, I'll get on here. I'll, I'll shoot the shit. All right. Braden, as you know, we were just talking to former Brewers pitcher and current Union Laguna pitcher, Braden Webb. Well, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, it was Braden Webb. And uh, in just a few moments, uh, we will have and uh, we will be talking to ex-nine-year MLB pitcher and current Sports Nation nightly co-host, Nelson Figueroa. Yes, he will be joining us. Nelson is a very interesting cat, by the way. Thank yes. you to Braden. Thank Braden. Uh, and now you have another Gamecock. Uh, you know, two Gamecocks on the show. I'm cocking, baby. I'm cockadoodling. You know, and... it's called we cocky. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hashtag we speaking <laughs> speaking of cockadoodles, uh, Woj reports that Julius Randle suffered a dislocated shoulder in Saturday's game versus the Heat. Randle is expected to miss a few weeks, but an MRI revealed there was no significant damage. Randle played in all but one of the Knicks' previous games before getting hurt. Randle is averaging 24 points per game, 9.2 rebounds per game, and 5 assists per game, and was going to the All-Star game, by the way. The Knicks, yes, the Knicks will likely have an official timetable in a day or two. The NBA trade deadline is next Thursday at 3 p.m., and the Knicks are currently 31 and 17 third in the Eastern Conference. I will say this. Losing Julius Randle at the time that they did is going to hurt. I'm telling you, I don't know if any Nick fan will sit here today and say, hey, losing Julius Randle, oh, we have DiVincenzo, we have this guy, we have Grimes. I mean, Julius Randle is giving you 24, 9, and 5. That's a lot. That's a, that's, that's a big game player. That's a big game changer to lose in your offense. But the way Jalen Brunson is playing right now is unbelievable. I mean, the guy, the fact, and I'll say this again, and, and I'll, I'll, I don't want to mention names on guys that uh, have been on the ESPN shows, uh, Stephen A. Smith being one of them, <laughs> that has thrown the, the fans under the bus on why Jalen Brunson is not a starter for the Eastern Conference. Right now, Jalen Brunson, if you would ask me right now, but not because I'm a Knicks fan, not because I... I, I watch the Knicks games. Jalen Bronson is the best point guard right now in the Eastern Conference. Al Burton is having a, a fantastic year. Indian, Indiana is playing great. But Indiana is not in third place. They're not. And why are the Knicks in third place right now? Because Jalen Bronson has taken over. I think the OG and Anobi has been a fantastic move for the Knicks. No more R.J. Barrett. He's playing well with Toronto. But 
RJ was was asking for the ball, and Randall and Jalen Brunson. And by the way, Randall has actually passed the ball. He's been given the ball up more than I've ever seen. He's more happier right now with OG Ananobi. And and I, I will say this about Tom Thibodeau: he's changed the offense. I never would have thought that Tom Thibodeau was going to play the, this t- style of offense, bringing running, gunning bringing the ball up and down the, the court. He never did it in Chicago. He never did it in uh, Minnesota. And I was very surprised when he started this this year in the middle of the season. It's changed the game. It's changed the offense for the Knicks. The Knicks went from, when they started to transition in this fast-paced offense, the Knicks went from 16th or 15th offensively in the league all the way in the top six, top five in the league. It's changed the game. It's changed everything for the New York Knicks. They're playing defense. They're young. They're energetic. And I'm telling you right now, the Knicks are actually a contender. The Knicks are a contender right now. Say whatever you want about you don't like the Knicks, you don't like this, the, the organization, you don't like uh, Dolan, you don't like how this team has been run over the last couple of years. Leon Rose has changed his team. He made this move for Jalen Brunson. He brought him in. He gave him the four-year deal, gave him a great contract. Everything that he has done has turned to gold. The only thing he's done wrong was the Evan Fournier move. It has not worked. It really hasn't. They're trying to move the contract. It hasn't happened. He's added some draft stock. Now they can use that draft stock to add a DeJounte Murray if, if they can get him from the Hawks. That could absolutely change the perimeter that they, they, they've been lacking uh, as far as wing shooting and stuff like that. They haven't had that consistently. Now DiVincenzo has opened it up a little bit offensively. They've been passing the ball, spreading the offense, have offensive offense out for the New York Knicks. I love the pace that they're running. And, and I'll tell you this right now. They have the athletes now. This is, this is a team that is very athletic. They could go up and down the court. They compete with anybody. Go look at it. Look what they did to Denver. Look what they did to the Heat. Okay? They have competed against the best teams in the NBA and not just beat them. Pulverize them. And I'm telling you right now, they make one more move. If they get a Murray on this team, and then you have Randall coming back and Mitchell Robinson. I mean, DeJounte Murray was a second-team NBA defensive player two years ago. This guy could play defense. He can shoot. Uh, he's a great perimeter player. That's something that the Knicks have lacked at the shooting guard position over the last couple of years. I'm going to tell you this right now. They add a Murray. They add another perimeter shooter that can defend. Watch out for the Knicks. I'm going to tell you this right now. The Celtics, beware in the Eastern Conference. You do not want to play this team in a seven-game series. Yeah, we talked about the Celtics' perimeter defense being so good last year when they traded for Derek White, and they had Brogdon already. They had Marcus Smart, who's now gone. But now the Knicks, if they do that, are going to accumulate that kind of identity with OG Ananobi, that was a second-team all-defensive player last year. And with a lot of these athletic wings that are more known for their defense, you bring in somebody like DeJounte Murray, who's not only a versatile guy for the point guard position, but also could do guard the twos and sometimes guard the threes. He's a little undersized for that, but physical for his size, six foot five, could definitely hang around with certain threes. And that's why this Knicks team, if they get Julius Randle playing to even just a normal form in the playoffs, they're definitely going to be a championship contender. Now, will it happen? We'll see. Julius Randle's been an absolute dud his first two years in the playoffs. He's the bricklayer. Right. But like you said, this is a more well-rounded year for Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. 47% efficiency from the field goal percentage is kind of league average for a player that good. He was shooting the out of game, shooting 41-42%. And that's what cost the Knicks against Miami in certain instances. That's what cost the Knicks against Atlanta badly two years ago. And now, Julius Randle's passing the ball more. Five assists per game. I think he was 4.1 last year. 
3.9 the year before. That kind of player is very impactful, and now you get the best of Jalen Bronson. You get the best of all these other scorers that they have in the wings. This is a much more offensive team for a Tom Thibodeau team than we're used to. Yeah, but guess what, Smith? You said the key thing. You got Brunson. Randall really realized now he doesn't have to do everything himself, and that was a problem. Before, he was doing everything himself. He didn't really help. You know, you got rid of R.J. Barrett, which, you know, was a bust. I felt like he was a bust for the Knicks. You know what I mean? He didn't never, he never lived up to the hype. Um, and I think just, just overall, the Knicks defense, like you say, Knicks offense is getting up and down. The offense that they're not used to playing, a fast, a faster place. That's good. They're getting to play before. Thibodeau was trying to control them too much. And with the type of athletic team that they have, a more athletic team they have, they're doing a lot better in playing. You, you got guys who can score. Also, Brunson's a creator. You, you can run two-man game with Brunson and anybody, and it's going to work because guess what? Most teams try to double Brunson once they try to once they try to set a screen. And guess what? Boom. Either you pop out on him, he knocks the three down, and not he dishes it. And he creates. Like, he really he, – he gets down in the paint and then dish it off at the last second. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's the other thing, too, with Randall, too. Like, he was stagnant with the ball, too. And I think yeah. this year he's not. Now, nah, also, you know what I mean? But also, you got to remember, too. People used to watch the, a lot of the players on the Knicks last year roster. You should just watch Randall when he got the ball. Mm-hmm. Just to watch him. <laughs> just like, oh, either he's going to shoot it. He's going to hold it for 10 play. seconds and then take a bad shot for a lot of the time. Yeah, he takes a bad shot from Long Randall instead of, you're the biggest dude on the court. Why are you not attacking the rim or yeah. posting up? You know what I mean? So, he, he, you know, and don't get me wrong, I love him, and the Knicks is my team. You know, um, Brooklyn Rays grew up on MSG. So, you know, I, I, I get it, but it's like, hmm. Come on, you know, when a big game shows up, you know, that's why Stephen A, I know you like to talk about people, I'm not talking talk about Stephen A, but that's why he's talking about when the big game shows up, he, you don't see, you don't hear from Julius Randles, or I think I heard about a week or two, he said his name is bigger than any Knicks player. <laughs> like, you know, something he said on ESPN uh, on his show that he's more famous than any Knicks player on the roster right now. <laughs> it was funny, but, you know. Of course he would say that. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm, I'm not going to throw Stephen A. Smith under the bus, even though I like to half the time. And Stephen A. Smith and me, we're actually, we have the same agency. We actually have, we were, he has the same, his, my agent's father is his agent. So I, I, I'm not going to throw Stephen A. Smith under the bus in this show, because I think that when, when you look at the Knicks right now and you look at the position that they're in, I, I think that. Nobody would have thought that the Knicks at this time of year, right now, almost 50 games in, that they would be in third place. You Last year they were in fourth, and, and, and I still think the Knicks are good enough to be a second seed or maybe even a first seed. Now, right now, the Celtics are just playing unbelievable basketball. In their division, they're 11-1. I mean, they're home... I, I, I want to play the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. I would love to see that, but here's the thing. The Knicks need size. They need they need Mitchell Robinson to come back. He needs to stay healthy. Last year in the Cavaliers Cavalier series, he played yeah, fantastic. He, played he did. He played, he played big, and then he got hurt in the fifth fifth game, the final game, which really hurt him in the Miami series. And then he got completely demolished by uh, I don't think a better big man, but a better offensive big man. And then he got and, hurt in game one because they tried to rush him back, and it just didn't work. Yeah, it <laughs> didn't. And then. The Knicks need that size. Hornstein's played fantastic. By, by the way, congratulations. Uh, another big pickup in Leon Rose, who bring in, brought Hornstein, Hornstein in. And he has changed everything in the secondary of that offense. Hornstein is one of the better rebounder, rebounders in the league. And now if you bring, you have Hornstein 
and you have Mitchell Robinson, now you have the size and you have the yeah, defensive the side of the ball. The biggest thing the Knicks always miss is depth. Mm-hmm. They always, you know, getting in the playoffs and guys get banged up. You don't have depth. When you don't have depth, nothing can happen. You know what I mean? So, no question. And the Knicks had depth in the 90s, in, in the Patrick Ewing era, and Charles Oakley, and Anthony Mason, and Xavier McDaniel, and you said Kiki Vanderway. And sorry, ass Charles Smith. Yes, Charles Smith, who, by the way, can't hit a layup. So thank you to Charles Smith for making me sick to my stomach in the 90s. I was alive for that. I, I, was, I was, what, 13 years old, 14 years old to watch that garbage? I mean, seriously. And I, I listen, they played a very good Houston Rockets team, Elijah Wan, and, and no, that. He just put the ball back up and not be soft and go up. Game over. Well, you know what? He was soft. Game over. Game over. Game over. Listen, and then and, and then watching John Stark Starks throw up three after three after three made me sick to my stomach too. So, and I saw John, and I I've met John quite a few times, and I love Johnny. And Johnny, I'm not throwing you under the bus, okay? But John Starks, that was one of the worst display of basketball games I have ever seen in a game seven, ever seen in a game seven, okay? And Pat Riley, stop making excuses. As, as, as that's why they had to go get our friend Chris Childs. Yeah. Speaking of choking, <laughs> I I will say this: you look at the Eastern Conference. I expect Miami to be a lot better than twenty four and twenty three right now. Okay, and Miami will make a trade. They they they're not done. They added Rozier. They added Rozier. They gotta get rid. They gotta. They gotta get rid of. They gotta get rid of Jimmy Butler. I don't think so. Jimmy Butler is one of the best playoff players right now in the NBA. When when the playoffs start, he's a different player. He's he he plays a different kind of game. I don't tra- I don't move Jimmy Butler. What I would do, they're going small. Why would you bring in Terry Rozier? Now he's a great offensive player. He gives you that that offense. You could put him on the bench. You can you can start him. He is undersized at the position, and he can't defend the position. And I know. Spolstra likes to preach defense. When you have an undersized, undersized guard, and the Knicks over the years undersized, and I'll say that again: if they added a Donovan Mitchell this year, even though they, that would give you that essence of offense, I, I still think that hurts their second. That hurts their that secondary that they have uh, at the guard position. So I, I think that when you look at the Miami Heat, I think adding Terry Rozier was a questionable move. I know everybody, all the Knicks fans wanted Terry Rozier. I didn't want Terry Rozier. Uh, I, I think that I, I think the Heat needs to make a big blockbuster move. They need a guy that's going to give them guaranteed offense, like a Donovan Mitchell, like that kind of weapon, because they cannot depend on Jimmy. And when they did, when Jimmy Butler was hurt, who did they compare? They they had a sixth man or whatever he was, Caleb. Uh, Martin. Caleb Martin, who, by the way, is a shell of what he was in the playoffs last year. Okay? He stinks. Okay? So, what he did, he's had a career playoff run, which we will never see again. All right? So... I, I, I think Miami's a lot better than a seven seed. I, I, I think they're dangerous. You do not want to match up against a Spolstra team in the playoffs. They're, they're very dangerous. Cleveland is a fourth seed right now. I, I, Cleveland is young, and, and they, I just don't think they're very well coached. That's just my opinion. I, I think Cleveland is a one-and-done team again this year, even out of, as a fourth seed. I, I just don't trust the defense, defensive side of the ball in the playoffs. And again, Milwaukee... 
they have Damian Lillard, or Dame or Dime, whatever he calls himself, Dime Dash, smack me in the ass or whatever the hell he calls himself. And then you have, uh, you know, Giannis, a fantastic two players, and they have Middleton and all that other stuff. Their bench sucks, okay? And in the playoffs with no depth on the bench, like you were saying, Sean, is going to hurt Milwaukee if one of these guys get into foul troubles or get in, you know. And, and Giannis, we've seen it. Teams and, and the Celtics have really changed how to defend Giannis in the playoffs. You keep Giannis on the outside. You force him to shoot. You put him on the line. Giannis is not the same dominant player and the dominant force that he is in the regular season. And I also look at you know, somebody like the Cavs. They didn't really improve on anything else like these other teams have, too. The Knicks, they got OG on Anobi. They're in the market for somebody else. The Heat, yeah, they're going to be in the market for a while as long as Pat Riley is there. And no, the Cavs have not done that kind of thing. They've done well overcoming their injuries. Mobley was out for a while. Darius Garland, I think, is still out. And they've weathered the storm. But I don't think we really can see them as a threat the same way. Speedy, Sean, were you going to say something? I was about to say, I mean, Dallas, they, that, that, the, the Cavs are not like that. Um, that's never been their they forte to really be big and make a big splash. You know what I mean? They've been, ever, even after the LeBron left, they haven't been. What splash have they had? Yeah, they had Kyrie, but they couldn't control that situation. Well, they drafted I mean? Kyrie. Like, that was their guy. They like, kept him there. Well, they, they, they brought Donovan Mitchell in. That was a splash. They did. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's a good player. I, no, I, he's a good player, yeah. but I, I, all right, so let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Is Donovan Mitchell a tier one or tier two? Tier one. Okay. I think he's a tier one player. I, I, I think he could change a team. I, I, I do. The only thing that Donovan Mitchell doesn't do well is play defense. He, he's not a good defender, but uh, offensively, he could take over a game. He can dominate a game. We've seen him do that in Utah. He took a whole Utah team. I think they went to the Western Conference Finals. They were second round. Second round, I'm they sorry. Never, they never went to the Western Conference Finals, but they beat a lot of good teams. They, they beat, beat the Thunder. Good. They beat the Clippers. Like, teams that were good. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. I, 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 What did I say about Denver? What did I tell everybody about Denver? That Minnesota was not going to hold on to that one spot. Denver's behind a half a game now. Denver's going to take over that conference, and they're just going to fly right past everybody. I have been telling you, what the Knicks did to Denver was amazing. I don't think anybody understands how dominant the Knicks looked against a Denver. And by the way, everybody played in that game. Jokic played his 45 minutes. Murray played his 41, 40 minutes. Porter played his 36, 37 minutes. Everybody played in the game. And the Knicks dominated them in, in Madison Square Garden. That says a lot. I don't care what anybody says. And I'm not saying this because I'm a Knicks guy. I'm saying this for facts. Denver is still the best team in the NBA. It's not even close. I don't want to hear about the, the Boston Celtics. They have their best record in the league. Boston's fantastic. Kristaps Porzingis is having a great year. They're doing everything that we expected. And Drew Holiday is one of the best defenders, if not the best guard defender in the NBA. And I love Drew Holiday. He's going to be a hot. He's going to be a hot commodity in the offseason because I think he's a free agent. I, I'm pretty sure he, if he's not a free agent this year, he's a free agent next year. But nevertheless, this guy is going to be uh, available in the next year or two. He is going to be um, a very huge commodity. I, I'm telling you right now, the Celtics, I question their game and their tenacity. I don't think they have the tenacity in the playoffs, as we saw Miami knock them off. They brought in KP because they thought, hey, KP gives you the size. He gives you the offense that you need. I, I just don't trust it. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics don't go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. 
So I, I just I, there's a lot of questions with that Celtic team. I want to see them be more consistent when the game gets close, and they, they haven't done that against the good teams. They haven't. Uh, by the way, uh, before we get our guest on, uh, Sean, uh, you mentioned to me that uh, we have uh, you have to go right now. Uh, you, have, you, have a, you have a call or something like that? Yeah, I got a conference call. Well, thank you for your uh, first debut show, giving us some uh, very interesting arguments. Uh, Sean, thank you, man. Uh, looking forward to get you on tomorrow, as always, part of our show. And uh, you're a fantastic personality, as always. And we'll, we'll talk to you tomorrow, bud. All right. Appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Sean Smith, he's part of the Loudmouths, as always, and he will be continuously moving forward, and and we're going to have a lot of fun with Sean. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to have Sean probably throwing up <laughs> and, and probably dropping the mic. And maybe he'll show back. I know he has a conference call. Maybe he sneaks back in before the show's over. Uh, yeah, if, but, Nelson, if Nelson takes any shots at the Chiefs, maybe he will. <laughs> uh, he might. Anyways, when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking to ex-nine-year MLB Pitcher and current Sports Nation nightly co-host, our friend Nelson Figueroa, here on the Sports Loudmouth. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouth Sports Minute. Are you ready to get loud? With Tommy Scoops. Once again, as promised, here I am again to bring you guys the latest scoops on everything new and cool within the sports world. And in NFL news, wide receiver, second-year wide receiver, Quentin Johnson of the L.A. Chargers, is actually voiced how excited he is with the Jim Harbaugh signing just these past few weeks. He's actually expected to have a breakout year, as he, ex- as he explained to himself. And, hey, I don't know if Jim Harbaugh would be too excited to coach a guy who was a part of a team that beat his Michigan Wolverines with TCU. So, hey, we shall see how he actually trades him. I mean, hey, this is a guy who developed a lot of college players. So with Quentin Johnson still being pretty infant in his wide receiver career, he can definitely, like, turn him to the prodigy that he wants. Tom Moore, who's the assistant Buccaneers coach, is going to be returning once again. Tom Moore has been part of the franchise for quite a while, so we shall see him returning. And in other NFL news, Max Crosby actually was getting hand surgery. He is actually going to be missing the Pro Bowl this season, this upcoming Sunday, and he's going to be replaced by Texans rookie Will Anderson. So he is expected to rest up in the the season, the offseason to come. Now, for scoops and scores. Currently, right now, we have the Pistons, who unfortunately you're not getting any wings, Pistons fans. They just lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Clippers just beat the Washington Wizards. The Bulls just defeated the Hornets. And you got currently the Suns playing the, the Nets. You currently have the Pelicans, who are putting it to the Houston Rockets right now. You got the Minnesota Timberwolves. And you got the Suns, who are actually down big against the Magic. And we have the right now the Denver Nuggets and the Thunder actually tied 63-63 to 63 apiece late in the third quarter. Okay, I have talked for too much now. I will send it back over to the boys for their next guest on the show. This is the Sports Loudmouth. Loud 631-672-3108 is the number to call. No callers tonight. I'm surprised. No craziness. No snug. No Jeff. I think Jeff's hiding. I'll tell you this. And before we get into it, go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including The Loudmouth with me, Speedy Petey, and Sean Smith. 
every single Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. All you have to do to tune in our local listings is go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. I, I, I want to throw Jeff a little curveball because he's been bothering me all weekend long. Every single game, he brings up the Jets. He's a Jet fan. The Yankees make a move, this, that. Everybody, he's trying to, he's, he, you know what he's trying to do? He's trying to piss me off. So I'm going to throw you a curveball. Jeff, because I can't stand some of the stupidity that you said to me. Do you realize when I don't answer your calls or I don't answer your text messages, it means to leave me the hell alone? I was moving my girlfriend over the weekend. I'm moving my friend. I'm a mover now. I am not even a sport broadcaster anymore. I am a local mover. I might as well start my own moving company. Stop bothering me. You're an idiot. And kiss my ass. Anyways. Uh, man, oh, man, oh, man. It's been a great show. Thank you to Sean Smith uh, as he's part of our show now moving forward. And uh, thank you to Braden Webb, uh, ex-brewer, pitcher, and obviously now Mexican league pitcher. And uh, he was fantastic arguing with Sean about steroids and all that other stuff. Travis Kelsey and Gronkowski. But there's another guy. Uh, He was a former pitcher. Former Met, ladies and gentlemen, and we love him. We've been, you know, he, he's been wanting to come back on the show. We want him to come on as much as he can. He's very well known out here in New York. We're now talking to ex-nine-year MLB pitcher and current Sports Nation nightly co-host, Nelson Figueroa. Nelson, what's up, buddy? How you doing, guys? Well, we're good, man. I mean, you've heard a lot of different takes. You had Sean, you had... Mm-hmm. Talking about the Knicks, I mean, there's a lot. If you're a New York fan, you're not very happy about the football teams, as you know. The hockey teams, no. I mean, there, there's some questions. Patrick Wise now the coach of the New York Islanders. You're bringing all these French Canadians here. Congratulations to Lou Lamorello for helping us. And and as far as the Rangers are concerned, they're up and down. But hey, they're going. Their story is coming out. They might trade Capocaco now, so that's great no. too. But. We're here to talk baseball with you, and uh, pitchers and catchers are about to start in the next week or so. I, I mean, the Mets being one of those teams that there's a lot of questions with this team. They didn't make any moves, really, this offseason that really has stood out. I mean, Yamamoto was the name, and, and I mm-hmm. know Cohen was going back and forth to Japan, hanging out with the Yamamotos uh, and trying to seal the deal, but he decides to go play with Otani over there in Dodgerville in the Deferville. I call it Deferville now. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on this offseason for the Mets? Are you surprised the Mets haven't made any big moves? Yeah, that's been uh, a huge surprise. I think it's not that they didn't make any big moves. I think when they looked at the market overall, the biggest move, of course, is going to be Otani. And I'll get back to that one. Let's put a pin in that one. The Yamamoto, they made the same exact offer that the Dodgers did. The only thing that they didn't do was give them the opt-outs. They wanted to keep them for the full 12 years in a Met uniform. Understandably so, when you were going to make them the highest paid pitcher in the game. Um, having said that, there's been a lot to be left for all the money that we know with this ownership group, all the things that they've done previously, $350 million payroll last year. You would have expected them to kind of not – necessarily had to kind of uh, basically reload um, and be able to go right back into it and and be able to try to compete. But I think one of the things that we're learning about this free agency class, four of the top 10 free agents are still available. Mm. You're seeing some really kind of low offers, especially for relievers all the way around baseball. Uh, Wandy Peralta being one of them who just signed a four-year deal for only 16 million, which is not even one year of Josh Hader, um, you know, it, it makes you kind of wonder exactly 
what how they see it a little bit different than we do, right? As fans, we want the big names in the uniforms. And they tried that last year, it didn't work out. I think what uh, David Stearns has tried to do is shore up the defense all the way around. Hater, of course, no matter what you say about him, like, yes, when he's he's one of those center fielders, it, was, it goes back to Lagares, right? Great center fielder, often injured. Well, those two go hand in hand. You're a guy who lays out for fly balls. You're a guy who runs into walls to make amazing catches. You're going to get injured. And that's what usually happens with Hayter. He pulls a hamstring. He's running hard. He's always hustling. So it, it, it's uh, something that seems to plague him. Hopefully he can learn how to do it a little bit differently this year and have, find a way to stay on the field. Um, but his metrics are still the same. He's one of the best defensive center fielders in the game. And we know that you have to be very defensively strong up the middle. Lindor, one of the best shortstops in the game. We know McNeil plays a solid second base. You now have uh, Hayter to play center, and you can move over Brandon Nimmo, who was playing a spectacular center field, so you figure his metrics in left field will be a lot better. So you're defensively getting better all the time. That's what you're hoping for. One of the things that he did when he built the Brewers, and it's not a dynasty, but they made the playoffs four out of six years that he was the GM uh, involved with the Brewers, right? Do you think the Mets wouldn't take that? A chance of making the playoffs four out of six years when we're still sitting here going back to 2016, how great it was. And the one playoff after that since then, and all the money that was spent. So it's being done a different way. However, say we get to the trade deadline. You don't think this ownership group is going to open up the wallet and make moves that can ma be made with all the prospects that they have. They can dangle that around and change things very quickly. Yeah, I want to ask about that because they made this essentially fire sale of the deadline, $131 million they traded and they got all those prospects. Any realistic right. targets that they could still trade for also now and then also you think could be available at the deadline? Well, that's, that's the biggest thing. I think when you look at who's going to be made available, right? Because the thing with the expanded playoffs, extended playoffs, there, there's more teams that are going to be in it, right? They're going to wait longer. They're going to try and wait longer. Like what the Mets did last year, it, it was – Kind of pissed me off because knowing Buck Showalter the way I did, he was the manager of the year the year before, 101 wins. The team never kind of, you know, caught their feet. They, they, they were pacing themselves for the, you know, the stretch run kind of thing. Mm -hmm. We saw that in April and May. There was already load management. And, hey, you know what? We don't have to start out with pushing Verlander too soon. We never had the five starters together. Never. And not at any point. And then you wind up saying to the team, June was absolutely horrific. July, they started off with a six-game winning streak. And that day, they said, if this team is in position to make a move to help them to make a run, we'll do it. Were they not four, five, six games out mm. with two months left to play? And yep. you're telling me that if you kept the band together, they could have made a run more so than what they did? They finished, again, Arizona finished with 84 wins. You don't think they could have got to 84 wins with that team intact? I believe so. Tommy Pham was playing on a very high level. He was actually the only protection that uh, Pete Alonso had. Um, the biggest thing for me was two things. They pulled the plug too soon when they got rid of Robertson to a division rival mm -hmm. for a 17-year-old um, outfielder in the Dominican or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then top that with they went ahead and they convinced both of their Hall of Fame pitchers, we're not going to compete next year. It's better for you guys to go somewhere else and then pay for them to be somewhere else. <laughs> yes, you got back prospects, but the number one prospect, so the number one draft pick in all of baseball gets about $10, $12 million. Mm. You're paying $54 million for Verlander to pitch for them, and you couldn't get back anything more than that? 
than just two outfield prospects and a first base kind of prospect. Like to me, you need to get back at least their top pitcher as well. Somebody that was going to be able to help the organization right away because you're replacing an ace of the staff for the next two years. That's three postseasons. He's going to have the chance to help the Astros with. Right. So to me, I think there was a lot of things that what we're looking for is the other way around now. Flip the script, right? You're looking to go in and see what this team can do. The Diamondbacks did not leave spring training saying, oh, we're going to the World Series. Nobody, <laughs> nobody had that on their bingo card. Okay. Nobody really had the Texas Rangers as being one of the elite teams in baseball. And here we were watching them. Then you're one of the few, very few. <laughs> what was it? So I always go back to this, right? We talk about the Mets rotation, say, this year. Mm -hmm. Who were the five starters to start out with Texas Rangers? Who are the five starters to start the season? Who are the five starters I don't to know. Start the, the not, I have no idea. I right. This is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. So you think that the, the people didn't say, oh, my God, we went and got DeGrom, who you knew was going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. It just always happens. Then you said, Ovaldi, who's one of those guys as well, could get hurt at any moment. Yes. High intensity, high motors. They perform really well when they're out there, but they're all often injured. Mm -hmm. So that's two of your major starters. You keep going on, and everybody's like, oh, Jordan Montgomery? Nope, nope. They traded to get him. Mm -hmm. Max Scherzer, they traded to get him. So you can make those moves at that time. Right. I'll remind you, Texas Rangers won, uh, lost how many games last year? Texas, 96. 96, that's right. Mm -hmm. 96 games they lost last year. Mm -hmm. And there's nobody that can sit here and say, oh, well, they figured it out. It took them five years of being under 500 and twice being the last place team in their division before they figured it out. Bruce Bochy became the manager. Uh -huh. Their analytical team was always in the forefront. They were one of, one of Major League Baseball's biggest analytical teams, and it finally caught up where they had the success mixed with the analytics, mixed with a great manager who knew how to manage people. And what did the Mets do on the other side? They yanked the plug out from under a manager who still had a year left that if you're going to get all these prospects and you're going to get all these other pieces and you're going to be able to reload quickly, wouldn't a proven manager be the guy you want to be at the helm mm -hmm. for at least one more year yep. in a transitional phase? So that to me is where I think things are going to be different. They, they, it's, there's no way to determine who Carlos Mendoza is as a manager. None. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have to see how he's able to do in the clubhouse, how he's able to do with the media. Those are the two big key points, because we know that the lineups are already going to be printed out for him. We know in-game management is already printed out for him. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I know that you're not going to just sit back and just trust a guy who's never managed to manage the team. We've seen that already with Luis Rojas yes. and with Mickey Calloway. Right. How that turned out. Not very good. <laughs> yeah. So. It never. Mickey it never, Callaway made a wrong lineup one time. It never. It never. <laughs> it, 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 it never works out for the Mets when they bring in these managers that have no idea what they're to doing. But I, I, he is a Yankee guy, and I, I trust that a lot of these Yankee guys they go other places and they're successful. Ask the Philadelphia Phillies. I mean, I'm not talking mm -hmm. about Girardi, but I. I, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, he he didn't yeah. really work out over there. But as everybody knows, we are talking to. Ex nine year MLB pitcher, current Sports Nation nightly co host Nelson Figueroa. You know, there's a, like you were saying, Nelson, there's a lot of good players still available right now. And one of them, which we haven't really gotten into yet, it was one of our stories, is Blake Snell. He is the big name mm -hmm. right now, the big pitcher. And Blake has been 
sensational last year in the National League. He won the National League Cy Young. He's one of very few pitchers in history to win a National League and American League Cy Young, which says a lot about him when he's healthy. And now the only team that's really made him an offer, which I know he wants $270 million, which makes no sense. He's not going to get it because he can't stay healthy. Right. But nevertheless, the only team that's given him an offer is the New York Yankees. What is the Mets' plan on this? I think he's the perfect fit for the Mets. Yeah, I mean, do you really count that as an offer with the Yankees? No, I don't. Really? I think it's funny. Like, I think it's funny. Like, you got to you got to be kidding me! Like when you look at the Yankees sign Rodon to a hundred more money, more money for less of a pitcher or less of a track record, a guy with two Cy Youngs, and you're like, hey, how about taking twenty five million a year? Mm-hmm. That's comical. That's absolutely comical. Um, so, yes. Do I think he's going to get the long-term contract that way? No. He's going to have to go a new route, which is what why those guys were getting $45 million a year for, you know, we're talking Hall of Fame caliber pitchers. Um, oh, and Trevor Bauer. Mm-hmm. Uh, over $40 million a year, it was always a one-year and an opt-out, one-year and an opt-out kind of thing, right? So you went high money for one year to see what you get out of them. I still don't understand the metrics or the math on it because you can't tell me that a starting pitcher brings you more value than a starting first baseman, Pete Alonso, mm-hmm. who plays 150 plus games. And, and you're going to sit here and say, oh, well, we can't pay him 24, 25 million a year or 30 million even a year, but we can give a starting pitcher 45 million. I, I, I don't understand that. It doesn't make sense. The math doesn't math to me, but that's why I'm sitting here talking to you and they're sitting in you know offices that haven't been decorated yet. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I think is, is very, very interesting is to look at, just look at the landscape of what's going on and look at the pitchers, right? You're talking about two of the top 10 pitchers are Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell. Mm-hmm. Love Blake Snell. Love his stuff. I think when he's on, he's on. I think just like everybody else in baseball, there was that learning curve after the sticky stuff um, was taken away. And uh, the Tampa Bay guys, definitely you saw a change in their stuff right away. Tyler Glass now blew out his elbow and legitimately was the first one to say, I can't do it without the sticky stuff. <laughs> like that's how he got hurt. Um, yeah, it, it there makes, he is. It, There's it the sticky look, stuff. Yeah, it makes you look <laughs> at these things. And it, it was funny because when I did that, I remember there was a pitcher. He was a left-handed reliever for the Milwaukee Brewers. Reddish hair on his arms, and he was using it was called a Moda stick, and his hair was going the wrong way in HD. Like you could see his hair was going the wrong way. It wasn't going like the normal hair on his other arm. Then you're sitting there watching, going, my God, you could see it slather all over his arms. It was almost as bad as Pineda when Pineda had his uh, pine tar behind his ear. <laughs> so you look at guys doing this stuff, and now with the HD cameras, you can't get away with anything like that. I mean, honestly, you're not going to. So Blake Snell, since then, has figured out a little bit better way to pitch. He's always had a really good breaking ball. He's established his breaking ball. He's tried to pitch more up out of the strike zone. And everybody says the knock on him is walks. But he will be the first to tell you, I walk the players I don't want to face. And then I can dominate the players that I know I'm going to be able to dominate. Mm. I don't see anything wrong with that as long as those walks don't lead to runs. And last year they did it, hence the Cy Young. Um, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be the first to break. I think all of baseball, I don't think it's collusion per se, but everybody's trying to use the same numbers. So you have to look at the numbers a little bit differently or you look inside the numbers or see some other kind of value for him, right? Because nobody said Otani was going to get $700 million uh-huh. without, without seeing him pitch or throw a ball uh-huh. again, right? But uh-huh. $700 million? 
we all speculated somewhere around a, a half a billion. Yeah, yeah. But 700 and not bad an eyelash because Japan is paying for them. It's almost like when Trump said Mexico's paying for the wall. <laughs> the Dodgers said, we're signing Otani and Japan's going to pay for it. <laughs> Literally, that's what's going to happen. Because mm-hmm. you know they can market him over in Japan, like unbelievably in a Dodgers uniform like never before. Um, just if you charge a subscription-based thing to watch Otani take batting practice, all of Japan would watch. Mm-hmm. $5 a person every day. You do the math. His jersey sales are already through the roof. Everything about him is international marketing. And the team is getting somewhere between $75 million and $100 million for TV rights over the next 10 years. Mm. That's paying for Otani. Mm-hmm. It's free money. So they went above and beyond to make sure that they got it done. Kudos to them. And by the way, they're only paying them $2 million a year for 10 years. <laughs> That's why you call them the Dodger Deferred. Do you want me to throw up? Would that would that have ever happened in the Met, to the Mets? Would no. that have ever happened to the Mets? I wish the Mets I, were that smart. But but it's not even that they were that smart because everybody knew he wanted to stay on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to stay on the West Coast, let me think of the teams that are there and who I want to go to. Uh, the Giants, not so much. They're kind of in flux. You never know. Uh, Seattle, fun place to be. I got to live up to Ichiro. A hall of, first ballot Hall of Famer next year. Now let's go back down the coast. Um, the Angels, I'm not going back. I had enough of that. Hmm, the Dodgers, they're in it every year. They're willing to pay me, and they know his value. Not only that, hey, if we do this right, and I'll take a deferment, can we get Yamamoto too while we're at it? Sure, why not? How about trading for Tyler Glass now and getting the signing extension? Outstanding. Let's do that as well. Their payroll is still under $300 million. They're at like 230-something, I think it is. It's ridiculous. How? How does this happen everywhere else but in New York? Sam, you meant Atlanta. You, you forgot San Diego, too. <laughs> well, they're trying to throw away some of million. Listen, San, Di- San Diego decided that they were they already had two players that are getting paid $300 million and one player that's getting $240 million who they don't even know where they want him to play. Hey, maybe we'll make him an outfielder. Maybe we'll do this. And they're, they're, they, they love him. They hate him. They hate him. They love him. They don't know what to do with this kid. And they I traded what, their best I, player to the Yankees. <laughs> they traded their best player to the Yankees. They got a ton of pitching. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they were going to be able to survive without the bat more so than without the pitching. Mm-hmm. They lost Blake Snell. They lost Hader. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that they need to catch up on. And they, they plan to compete, right? How are you going to p- compete with the Dodgers, honestly? If you're looking at that the same way that we're looking at it, mm. do you know how much they've spent? Remember, they said that they were getting rid of Soto so that they had uh, some kind of funds to help, you know, replenish. Mm-hmm. Have they made any deals since they got rid of Soto? No. Nope. They got rid of Soto in December. They haven't made a single signing. Not a single one. And that's assuming that also you, Darvish, and Musgrove stay healthy, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's that's, a, that's another thing where it's, it's just I, – I think the state of baseball is such that what if you look at what David Stearns did, he went depth over depth and more depth of starting pitchers, right? We maybe we, it's not the creme de la creme. And could they still add one of those two guys? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Do they have the money to do it? Sure. But it's, I think when you look at the contract, do you want to give a nine year contract or are you much more comfortable with a five? Maybe even give a five with an opt out, mm. you know, or make it make it a seven with an opt out after three, whatever. But if you're telling me that 
they can't compete. Mm-hmm. There's no way that they, I can sit here and say that they can't compete. It's not going to be easy. Braves didn't get any worse. Mm-hmm. The Phillies didn't get any worse. Uh, you know, so you, you look around the National League East, the Miami made the playoffs last year, you know, and, and they're constantly rumored to trade away their ace and other pieces. So it's not going to be easy, but it's never going to be easy. And I think that's one of, I think that's what it would be the most amazing thing is in a year where you think they're just, you know, they're punting, as they said, you know, like the New York football teams did, uh, as they're punting. <laughs> I think what you're really going to see is a team play better defense, give up less runs, score maybe a few more runs and be a little bit more cohesive because they don't have a choice. They can't sit back and rely on Hall of Famers to carry them through. We are talking to ex-nine-year MLB pitcher and current Sports Nation nightly co-host Nelson Figueroa, friend of the show, doing great things here in New York as a broadcaster and, and uh, you know, getting away from baseball. Well, he's not away from baseball, but he's he's away from throwing a baseball because he's not throwing the <laughs> stinky stuff as he was showing over there. <laughs> but I will say this. You mentioned Juan Soto, and Juan Soto is a name that everybody's going to be talking about at the end of this season. The Yankees made a move. Mm-hmm. They traded away four pieces. But there's a lot of stories coming out that the Yankees are not going to extend him and give him a $650 million contract, which means there's one team right now in Queens that is licking their lips because Juan Mm -hmm. Soto is a name that uh, Juan Soto came out and said that he would love to play in City Field. He's friends with Francisco Lindor. Uh, They're actually off-season friends, and and they speak Mm -hmm. very much. And, and Juan Soto said that one of his favorite places to play is City Field. And I've said this, and I, I, I want to throw up because I have a feeling the Yankees are going to lose <laughs> lose him to the Mets. And, and there's another one. Before that, I, I want to know your opinion to that and your thoughts to that. But also Corbin Burns, another guy uh, that is very connected to David Stearns. So what are mm-hmm. your thoughts to those two players? I believe those two players, I believe, could be Mets at the end of this season. I, I do as well. And that's a, one of the big names that you hear about is Corbin Burns. Woodruff, of course, had to have surgery. So he's kind of out of the mix. I do think the Soto thing is so, it, it's so interesting to me because I'm going to give it to you this way. The Yankees get to rent Juan Soto for one year, but the Mets get to buy him for a long time. So you rent in the Bronx to buy in Queens. Makes simple sense to me. Here's the other thing. Do you remember when Steve Cohen first took over the Mets? And if you wanted to, really truly take over the city and you were the owner that had the biggest pockets and you had no fear and everybody was afraid of what he was going to do even though it's the Dodgers who's doing everything what was the one move that 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 Steve Cohen could have made that would have absolutely changed everything Aaron Judge Aaron Judge Aaron Judge Mm -hmm. you're telling me you wouldn't have been able to give him 50 million a year if they gave him 40 Mm -hmm. without batting an eyelash Mm mm-hmm Right. Mm-hmm. I just said the TV money pays for it. You don't think that would have ripped the hearts of Yankee fans mm-hmm. right there to see Aaron judge just across the way with Pete Alonzo, these two guys going back to back, you know, 40, 50, 60 home runs that wouldn't have done it right then and there, mm-hmm. whatever else you did was a bonus. I get it. But you're talking about a guy who was coveted a guy who felt disrespected by the Yankees you know what, Aaron? You're right. You were disrespected by the Yankees. Whatever they offer you, we're going to offer you $10 million or more a year. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to be the captain of the Yankees, mm-hmm. and great for him. So if he said no to that kind of money, which we know he did it, the thing was is that Steve Cohen said he would not do that to that franchise. Out of respect, Juan Soto is a different story. Mm-hmm. Juan Soto is a different story. So what you want to do is 
rip away Juan Soto. Whatever happens with the Yankees, great, one year, do what they got to do. You rip away Juan Soto and put him in a Met uniform because that's what you should have done with Judge before if you really wanted to take over New York. I, and I agree with you, by the way. And I, 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 I want to throw up because I am a Yankee fan. <laughs> and I know this is going to happen. I, I, I've said this to Yankee fans. I was, I was in Yankee Stadium when San Diego was playing the Yankees this year. Um, me and my girl were sitting out there in the, uh, with the bleacher creatures. And they were, they were mm-hmm. Yankee fans out front cursing at Soto, telling him he sucked. And I, I went over there and, and, and I said, listen, guys. This guy could be a Yankee next year. I think you mm-hmm. should zipper your mouth. But they told me, "Oh, he sucks." I said, "Oh yeah, he sucks. He's won a yeah. Yeah, he's, he's won a championship. He's been a you know a, a World Series MVP. Oh yeah, he's horrible. He's he's the worst. And mm-hmm. he's going and he's going to probably be the highest paid player in Major League history at one point of his career. And he's only twenty five years old. Real smart move. Yep. And now <laughs> he's a Yankee. So I can't wait till I see the Yankee fans this year booing him. And by the way, the Yankees also bring in, I don't know, a guy that the Yankees were throwing baseballs at, you know, Verdugo, a guy that, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll tell you this, the Yankees brought in Verdugo because here's what the Yankees are going to do. If they lose Juan Soto in the offseason, they still have a guy to fill in that place in Verdugo, and Verdugo is a left-handed power hitter. He can, he that, can. That's about it. That's yeah, it. No, and, that, and that's He's left-handed. Yes, that's it. And that's why the Yankees <laughs> yeah, did yeah. that. It's not apples and oranges. No. It's apples and rocks when you're talking about Juan Soto. But, but that's what I'm saying. The Yankees did yeah. that to cover themselves after losing Juan Soto in the offseason. And that's what's going to happen mm-hmm. because the Yankees are not going to be able to give Juan Soto that $650, $700 million contract. Even though the Yankees have just as deep pockets as Steve Cohen. Correct. But the Yankees Correct. are they, – they're paying Aaron Judge. They're pay, paying mm-hmm. Giancarlo Stanton. They're playing – now, Garrett Cole, if he opts out of his contract, if he wins a Cy Young again this year, he will opt mm-hmm. out of his contract. But if he opts out of the contract the Yankees sign Juan Soto, guess where Garrett Cole's going? To the Mets. So, I'm, you, I, you, you just – you know, no matter what, one of these big names are going to the Mets. And, and Steve Cohen is licking his lips. So is David Stearns because David Stearns already came out and said – that he, this isn't the year he's spending the money. Correct. It's, it's going to be the yep. next year. So yeah, and that's and that's what the, the the problem was is that everybody wanted them to go out and sign scorched earth after Otani signed with the Dodgers. The mm-hmm. Mets are going to sign every free agent known, and they're going to pay whatever, and they don't care. And then they sat back and said, "Why would we do that this year? Look at the crop that's coming out next year. Mm-hmm. You got a younger crop of pitchers next year that are coming out. In fact." If you wanted to do it where, again, if they're in the mix, if they're in the hunt and they want to go, you talk about uh, Dylan Cease, you talk about Shane Bieber, you talk about all these pitchers. Sure, they have assets to give up to go and get those guys. And if it starts out where you get them in-house and you, you whatever happens throughout the season, say you make the playoffs, they get a taste of the playoffs with you. Hey, you guys want to come back? We will pay you thusly. Because they, they, it's not that they've ever been outbid. They've never been outbid. When you get to free agency and you have a choice – of where you want to be, it becomes a choice because mm-hmm. you're going to get your money, right? If you're that kind of player, and that's where the Mets have been. The Mets are now shopping. They're not shopping at Marshalls, all right? <laughs> Bloomingdale's. They're, 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 in, they're in Louis Vuitton and not in the freaking clearance section, okay? They're sitting in Louis Vuitton, and they're saying, you know what? What's coming out next? I don't want that. That came out last week. Somebody already has that. I don't want that. What's coming out next year? Mm-hmm. I want to see next year's line already. I got that kind of money. So I think that's what you're, you're, you're sitting back and you're wanting to see 
with the pieces that are in place. Listen, I, I, the Severino signing, he had a very off year. He's had some problems with health, like everybody else in baseball. Let this guy be healthy and let this guy figure out how to not tip pitches and tell people what's coming and see how he pitches. Because he, he hasn't lost his fastball. His slider has been tinkered with. I already saw some of the video on the driveline stuff, so I'm excited to see that. His changeup looks like it has life. He just has to pitch a little bit differently. Okay, You can't keep pitching the same way unless you have ungodly Jacob DeGrom-like stuff. And he can go out there with two pitches and he can tell you what's coming and you're still not going to hit it. Mm. Okay, We've seen it. Everybody's tried. Okay, It's like Mariano with his cutter. You knew it was coming. You had no choice. So there are elite guys that can do that and it's not about the metrics. You've never heard anybody talk about Jacob DeGrom's spin rate. You've never heard about Jacob DeGrom's uh, you know, his time to first. Uh, you never heard any of these metrics about Jacob DeGrom. You know what you hear about? He doesn't miss. Mm. He makes very few mistakes. And when he's able to pitch up in the strike zone, when everybody else is still trying to pitch down in the strike zone and the hitters are using the launch angle swing to get to the bottom of the zone better, they're not catching up to the high one. And his slider had just unbelievable movement at 92, 93 miles an hour. And it looked different. Mm. It was different until people are starting to be able to see it, what it does on a screen, how it moves. Let me see if I can duplicate that because it's a swing and miss pitch, but you also have to be able to do it in 92, 93. And we know the wear and tear that it has on an arm. So while you might be able to do it, how long can you do it for? Mm. It's not easy. This, 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 is, this is not an easy thing where you're changing mechanics, you're changing deliveries, you're changing the way that you throw a ball. After you've been throwing a ball the same way probably since you were in high school, and now you get to the big leagues and everybody's like, I can change the way you make the ball move. These sweepers that you're hearing about, it, it used to be our normal sliders. Mm. Cutters are now sliders. Cutters are sliders. Sweepers are what we used to call our sliders. Curveballs, which are almost non-existent unless you know you got a, a Lugo 3200 and it has to be 3200 rpms otherwise you can't throw a curveball <laughs> so by those metrics i should have never ever ever picked up a baseball in my life because <laughs> I, there's no way at 155 pounds when i made it to the biggies i could have duplicated that mm. but what i could do is i could throw a 2-2 change up and a fastball count with bases loaded and get me a double play ball that i could do i could pitch to contact i could watch a guy the way he's attacking my my pitches and change it up the next time i face him this is all before the metrics. Now it's like they give you the recipe, right? They give you the recipe and they want you to, to go ahead and, and do it and think it's going to happen every single time. It's a game of adjustments and the human element of being able to do it under pressure in the cold, in the wind, at home, on the road, all different things. Those things don't get factored in. There's no ex-bacon woba for that. And so that's one of the things that no matter what you see, no matter what people tell you about, oh, this guy, this, and his metrics, that. Marcus Stroman pitching in a Yankee uniform and being able to pitch in Yankee Stadium, he's done it before. Mm -hmm. Don't act like he hasn't done it before. Everybody's sitting around, oh, my God, he's a contact pitcher. He's not a strikeout guy. So he has a 3.6 ERA for his career. Career, nine years, a 3.6. And all he's going to do is try and – win and prove everybody wrong, which is one of the things I love about Strom. And, and here's another thing about Stroman. Go look at his numbers in Yankee Stadium. <laughs> They're pretty damn good. And with the Blue Jays and everywhere he's gone, every yeah. time he pitched in Yankee Stadium, he dominated. And he grew up a Yankee fan. He always wanted to be there. So and he yeah. has a chance Mike to prove Messina went to the, Mike Messina went to the Hall of Fame, Yes, not because he had the lowest ERA. It was because of the competition he pitched against. Everybody said, you know what? 
if he put you put him pitching against the Central or pitching against the West compared to pitching against Yankees, Boston, uh, all those years, and, and what he had to do for the Orioles, your numbers would be a little bit inflated as well. Mm -hmm. So what is it? Uh, X fit X, whatever. Else in the Small world park adjustments. Yeah. 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 Is it adjust adjustment for the parks and everything else? Look, I just saw a guy go into the hall of fame and Joe Maurer, whose numbers aren't like jumping off the page. Everybody's comparing Gary Sheffield should have been in because look at his numbers compared to Joe Maurer's. It's a different thing. It, it, it's it's two different things. They're not equal. It's not just about putting up home runs and numbers. It's the position that he played, right? It's the three gold gloves. It's the all the other things that went into him doing it at a high level for 10 years before he became a first baseman full-time. Is it the sexiest thing? No, Eddie Murray's in there. Uh, not Eddie Murray. Harold Baines is no. in there. Oh, God, jump please the make me throw up. It doesn't oh. jump off the page at you. But I'm, I'm, but I'm saying is that there's there's – Ways to look at it. Listen, if you could just take uh, to age 30, David Wright, him and Scott Rowland are neck and neck, but he only played less. He played less than a hundred games after the age of 30. Right. So the longevity part of it is something right. And they're like, Oh, well he, you know, guys are padding their stats and they're just stat accumulators. What the hell is that called? He's still in the big leagues mm -hmm. and performing. Mm -hmm. it, it's not like he played 30 years with only 10 home runs a year. You know, they're putting up major numbers. So having said that, if you want to really bug out, so we know Ichiro is a first, uh, first ballot Hall of Fame. No question. Okay. Do yourself a favor and look at Kenny Lofton's numbers versus Ichiro's numbers. I've seen it. And Kenny Lofton, Kenny Lofton lasted one ballot. Mm-hmm. Right, mm -hmm. and the numbers aren't the numbers aren't that far. No. Like, oh, yeah, I love Kenny Lofton. I loved him. He was a Yankee. The numbers are not Cleveland. that night and day, mm -hmm. and yet people never gave Kenny Lofton any credit. Meanwhile, you look at Ichiro, and you're like, oh yeah, first ballot Hall of Famer, without a doubt. Nelson, the numbers are very similar. Nelson, how about the, how about Don Mattingly? I saw some kind of post uh, yes. over the last. Yes. You you have Don Mattingly and Joe Mauer, and you compare yeah, their yeah, yeah. numbers and what they've done. Don Mattingly's a Hall of Famer. He's got better numbers than Joe Mauer. How is Donnie Baseball not in the Hall of Fame? Keith Hernandez, Keith Hernandez, eleven Gold Gloves. If you're, if we're giving it out, for, how are we not giving out for the most Gold Gloves by a first baseman? I I, I agree. There's there's things that if you're going to put into perspective. There are cornerstones of defense that Omar Vizquel mm -hmm. changed the position for shortstops. Don't talk to me about his batting average. Don't talk to me about that. But you know what? If I got to make one pitch with bases loaded and a double play ball, I hope that guy's there. I hope that guy's there because you know what he's able to do. His hands were uh, second to none. So there, there's, there's a million ways to look at this with the Hall of Fame. And, and sometimes it's frustrating. And uh, again, it, the writers voting yeah, it's hard. Just say it. They're a bunch of idiots. Know. They're a bunch of idiots. You don't know who has an agenda. You don't know who has an agenda. Mm. You don't know who was scorned, wasn't given an interview, wasn't doesn't like a player just because they didn't like a player. Mm. Listen, Albert Bell. Albert Bell. Don't get me started with Albert Bell, okay? I I'd say Albert this all the Bell, time. short career that it was, <sighs> do you see the numbers he put up for like a seven-year stretch? It's ridiculous. And everybody sits back and they're like, nah, there's no man to it. Hmm. You're talking about the Jaws rating? Isn't the Jaws like the best seven years? You nope. take the best seven years of a guy's career? Best. Well, sorry, he only had 10. Sorry, he only did it for 10. But the seven that he did put up, you're talking about it was like he did. Somebody said it. Uh, I saw it on the Internet. They said it, he did um, uh, Miguel Cabrera's triple crown year for seven straight years. It's, re it's ridiculous. It, it makes me throw but that's up. Not, that's not good enough to even get one time, one time through the ballot.
So, yeah. Oh, I got to get on you too, Earl. Okay. You were talking about the Knicks before? Yes. Yes, sir. And you said that Denver uh, Denver played all their guys and they played 42 minutes. What? Mm-hmm. No, they didn't. Well, who are you joking Nicole, about? I joke, played 27 minutes that game. The, yeah. the game where the Knicks took over. He yeah. was dominated. Those guys only played – none of them played 30 minutes. None of them. Which I get it. It was a fifth game of a five-game road mm-hmm. trip, and they mm-hmm. after they got poked in the eye and everything else, they said, you know what? Let's pack it up. We're going home. Mm-hmm. But the Knicks played outstanding. Well, no, no, no. Well, Those the reason – why, and, and I'll say this. You're right. And, and I, I did look at the numbers when I was when I was speaking about that before we went to break when – um, Scoops went up there and did his sports minute. Uh, you're right about that. No question. But here's the thing. They mm-hmm. took him out of the game in the fourth quarter. Okay. At, in the beginning yeah. of the fourth quarter, they sat him out. During the first three quarters, they were playing their natural minutes. They usually play Murray, Porter, and Jokic yes. Yes. throughout the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that in the fourth quarter. Without a doubt. Because I, the I, game I, was over already. Been, you know, so. And, but. For Jokic, for 27 minutes, he had 31 points. Oh, and what they did was they let him score. They, yeah. they let they let him not be a facilitator, and they let him freaking do it his thing. But, I mean, that guy's just some kind of special. I mean, there's He's not the best many, player in the league. many players on the planet. He's the that. best player not in the league. It's not, there's not it's, even a question. He's, he's, he's so amazing to watch because I, I said it on our show. I said, you know what's crazy about him? The first half, he could have three points, four assists. Yep. No big deal. His team's still in it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the third quarter, he starts to heat up a little bit. But no, no, no. Now there's a tension coming to me. I'm going to start dishing a little bit more. Oh, here he goes. He's got his 10 assists. He's got his eight boards. And then here we go in the fourth quarter where he puts it away with about four threes. And <laughs> there it is. Triple double yet again. And at the end of the game, when the buzzer goes off and you lost and you're like, what just happened? Mm-hmm. We had him the whole time. He had 12 he, he, points at the half. And he's not even that athletic. That's the crazy uh, thing. It's crazy. He, he he, yeah, the, I've watched every special fundamentals, man. Every, fundamentals, it, it's 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 crazy, like the way he can do things, and it's the new NBA, right? Yes. You're looking at centers being three point shooters, yep. and you're not like sitting back there laughing. You're like, oh my god, somebody guard this guy already! Mm-hmm. If some put up a body on him. So we were talking about if Brunson could win the MVP. Yeah. Oh, you know, you'd have to have an unbelievable month of February. You have mm-hmm. to put the team. Very close to first place for that to even be uh, a thought. Not a chance. But at the same time, like it's always been the big guys who are going to get. I mean, MB just another seventy point game. Yeah. He, of course, with load management and playing like every third game, it's a little different. But Jokic, man, I mean, how do you say that this guy isn't the best player every time? <laughs> Dude, he, he's been the best player the last five years. I, it, yeah, it's just a shame. It it's a shame that the every NBA. Time hasn't given him the respect. And, and, and that's because LeBron James runs the NBA, and he says this guy's the best, and he says that guy's the best, and everybody believes it. But I'm going to tell you this, and I'll, I'll throw I'll LeBron James under the bus once again. LeBron James got, got swept by the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. And what did he do to hurt all the greatness of what Jokic did in that series? I might be retiring. That's what he did. He purposely did that to take away what the Nuggets just did to them. And then what did he do yeah. at the ESPY Awards? Huh? He went out yeah. there and says, 
Not a damn well, not a damn chance. I'm I'm, I'm retiring. He purposely yeah, no. did that. He broke that to did. piss everybody off. And I, I'll tell you this no, about about did. LeBron James, and I'll tell you this about all these uh, pro- professional athletes. I've said this about Patrick Mahomes. I'll say this about Travis Kelsey. When it comes to lights and cameras on them, the first thing mm-hmm. they do is let it shine. Okay, let it shine, let it shine, <laughs> let it fly. Okay, I can't stand them. The Swifties, the the Mahomes. Mahomesies or the Mahomey, whatever the hell they call them. I, I'm just, I'm well, tired. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired, man. I'm tired of it. Listen, um, but the, the, the thing that I love about it, and, and it, it's no matter what happens during the regular season, mm-hmm. if they get in, they're so dangerous because it's still the regular season to them. This mm-hmm. isn't something new. This isn't something extra. This isn't something. The only thing that was new for them this year was that, they, of course, they were on the road. Mm-hmm. But they've been on the road before, yep. right? You don't think you don't think your Kansas City Chief fans travel. You don't think uh, the that they played, you know, and and they're getting that same. They're getting playoff treatment everywhere they go. Yep, they're used to it. And for the head coach, Andy Reid is 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 by far the best in the business because he there, there's no situation that he hasn't game planned or is able to game plan or able to figure out exactly what needs to be done to get the bottom line a win. I, I, they're not looking at point spreads. They're not looking at, I, I get, I get into a fight with Melusis all the time because it's, oh, so we're always doing the point spreads. Right. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, they're getting nine. And I go, they're not really getting nine. So what do I care? <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I know who the better team is. So when it comes to the, the, the motto and everybody else on the team, mm-hmm. those receivers were the worst in football this year. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Kelsey was washed up. Didn't we hear that? Washed up. Mm-hmm. He's lost focused. He's lost focus. He's busy with Taylor Swift. And mm-hmm. da, 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 da. Man, ain't nothing sweeter than what happened now. This guy went and it started with, I want to give her a bracelet at a concert to she is now jumping on after going, you know, winning the game to go to the Super Bowl and all, all he does in, you know, all he does in the playoffs. If you look at his playoff numbers, uh, 12 games, 13 touchdowns. Uh, it's, it's, it's like, 1400 yards something ridiculous right look at this it's unbelievable how freaking good this guy has been and everybody sits back and like oh yeah there's a, this you know what's not right about him if you have to guard anybody or over you know over guard somebody i'm putting two three guys he's getting a bump he's getting double coverage because that's the guy who's going to go to. And, and that's what and I don't know. And that's what I don't understand. And, and uh, before we let you go, I, I will answer that. And, and that's what mm-hmm. I don't understand. You know he's going to get the ball. You know Patrick Mahomes is throwing him the ball. You know what routes he's going to run. You know he likes to doesn't go into matter. the middle. It doesn't matter. It, and nobody. Mariano Cutter, baby. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I mean. The, the Jets played him very, very well in that game. You could say whatever you want. They played him very well. You know what the Jets did? He did score a touchdown in the game, but the, the, you know what the Jets did? They stayed close to him. They made him run routes that he was uncomfortable running. And that's what you need to make Travis Kelsey do to beat him. And Baltimore's a great defense. They have a great secondary. Why did they stick Humphreys on him the whole game? It made no nope. sense. Made no sense. Yeah. No, you know what they Again. stuck? They stuck Humphreys on, um, you know, a deadbeat uh, wide receiver we've never even heard of in Scantling. Oh, that's great, <laughs> great move by the Baltimore Ravens. It, it didn't so make any one sense. Of the, one of the things that I remember hearing during the the playoffs was the, the, the one that threw like my brain exploded on. We think John Harbaugh is a, a tremendous coach, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Well, 
he won a Super Bowl eight years 11 ago. years ago yeah and, like and, that, yeah. Si- and yeah, since I then see. they've won three games in the playoffs in 11 yeah. years yeah. three games mm-hmm. three games in the playoffs and all we do is talk about my baltimore there's something else they're a special bunch they're a special group and we uh, lamar jackson is the same thing we're talking about him everybody's like he's the runaway for the mvp and i keep saying why mm. his numbers aren't better than anybody that's in consideration mvp for what he has 23 touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns. That's 28 by my math. Mm-hmm. Do you know Josh Allen had 44 touchdowns? Yeah. Do you know that uh, uh, Dak Prescott threw for 36 touchdowns? Like, what are we talking about? Like, oh, they're, they're quick to do it because the defense beat the snot out of San Francisco in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. That, was, that, was just, that was just rude. That was just rude. That was like going over and playing with your sister's kids and just beating up on them and then walking home. Oh, you uh, don't, don't you, say that. You might be talking about abuse now. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's one of the things that you look at. Everybody's like, oh, Lamar Jackson, without a doubt, MVP. I, mm. I, I listen. He had a, he had a nice year, mm. but to me, uh, twenty three touchdowns, five rushing, great. Not I, I, I didn't. Allen rushed for more yards. Allen rushed for more touchdowns. Allen threw more touchdowns. He got his team to the same situation. Had to go up against uh, Mahomes, and, and they got knocked out. They both really, got knocked out uh, by the same team. Yeah, the Bills exactly. did a better job of guarding Kelsey with less talent. That's not supposed to matter, right? I get it. He has 18 interceptions as well, but to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs. Yep. You can't just sit back and hope things happen. Sometimes you try to make things happen. Does it work out all the time? No. So if you've got 18 games on the season, so that's one interception a game. Yep. So what? Three touchdowns a game? Mm-hmm. I think I'd take three and one out of Zach Wilson every week. Oh, don't say his name. Please don't say his name. You would take three <laughs> touchdowns at two games out of Zach Wilson. Please. I don't say his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! No, no, no. You, are you so, trying so, to make so, me throw up? Please. No, so oh. I, I, I can't. I can't do that. To you. And, Mar- and, and you're, you're working with Mark Malusis. I'm sure he throws Zach Wilson so far under the bus. You'd be oh. fishing for him, man. I mean, seriously, oh. I'm done. He, I'm done. Oh yeah, multiple suitors. I, I don't know who that is. I know uh, Mark. Honestly. I know Mark. I, if, if 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 Zach if Zach Wilson goes somewhere and actually does something, I mean, that just tells you that it it was. It was coaching. It had to be, right? Mm-hmm. It had to be coaching mm-hmm. because this guy was talented enough to be the second pick overall. He shows flashes of brilliance. And when I say flashes of brilliance, it was like four drives this season. Do you want to know something? Man. I throw, I, yeah. I, I show flashes of genius every day when I take a dump, <laughs> you know? Every day I take a dump, I'm like, wow, that thing is huge. Imagine if I could throw a baseball as quick as I could take a dump, okay? I'd be the best. I, I hear you. I'd be the best. I hear you. But uh, you know what? Don't let him do all the talking, man. Say something. I have to say. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the joke to come in. I, mean, I was going to say. <laughs> I, 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 you want the joke to come in? No, no. I was I, usually I, I I get set up some into this somehow, so I'm waiting for it to come in. Mm. But, well, you, uh-huh. if I could set something up, I I would say something, but I'm not going to do it. So I get Nelson, you know, nauseous where he can't. Well, it's pretty too late to eat <laughs> his dinner. Did, so I dinner already. All I'm right, good. so Nelson. Believe me, last week we had a, a relief pitcher from the Rockies, Lucas, Lucas Gilbert, on the show, and he was trying. Okay. Errol was trying to manipulate him to throw a ninety-six mile an hour fastball at my ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, that that's one of the things that we always love to do is that people always want to say, "Oh, I could hit you, I could hit you." I, I love I, guys that I grew up with here in New York. Whenever I see them, they 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 
you know, they grab their kids. Hey, this is Nelson Figueroa. He played for the Mets. And he's like, yeah, I took him deep. I'm like, yeah, everybody did. It was crazy. Like I, I grew up giving up nothing but home runs and I was the worst. Somehow I was in the big leagues, but nobody else was. It's crazy. So I could say that about, I could say that about speedy. You know, everybody takes him deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they won. They won. I was not a, no, I'll admit I was baseball. I tried as a kid. I was not good. <laughs> I will admit that. Yeah. <laughs> We all we all find our lane eventually, right? So you guys are doing a fantastic job. Thank, here, thank man. you. It's a lot of thank fun you. being on here with you thank guys. Thank you. Same thing. Um, you know, and, and yeah, I was I was only giving you gruff because man, the Knicks have been fantastic. Yeah, they have this, been. This yeah. fourteen and two, fourteen and two in this uh, past month. You mm-hmm. know, uh, the OG Ananobi trade looks like a godsend. Even when he's out, it doesn't matter. This mm-hmm. team. I was telling Moose last night. I said, you know what feels different? It, it, there's an edge to this team now. There's an edge like we're going to prove that we can do it with or without whoever's in the lineup where before it was like, Oh my God, Brunson's not playing. We're not going to have a chance to win. Now it's like, whoever's out. Ah, we got somebody for that. All the Vincenzo hits, you know, nine threes. Everybody finds a way to chip in a, a triple double by heart. You know, you're looking at a, a, a culture change mm-hmm. in this team by not getting a superstar. And we talked. I heard you talking about Donovan Mitchell before. Yep. Trust me, I'd love to have Donovan Mitchell just because of his scoring ability. And he's a New York kid who wants to play here. Yeah. Um, I, what at the bottom line is this, right? You've got to find a way to keep the other team from scoring. And a guy like OG Anunoby, six steals in a game. What, when was the last time you saw that? <laughs> right. You look at what he's able to do. His wingspan. He's able to cover and guard anybody from uh, from a point guard to a center and give you fits and i think that's one of the things that has really fit in well is that these guys aren't worried about doubling they're not worried about having to 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 be there they know that og has got uh, the space around him that he can cover and it almost it's it's almost like a a really good corner like a sauce garden you're not throwing to that side you're not going to that side when og's there why because you know that he's going to be able to lock up whoever you you put on them. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the things that has changed for the Knicks is the defensive side of it. And also OG doesn't need the ball. He creates space by hiding in that corner and he hides in that corner for what? Because now they kick it out to him. He hits the easy three. He's able to finish and dunk. I mean, I, I don't remember RJ Barrett dunking on anybody uh, quite honestly, but OG can dunk on people. He's athletic. He's bigger. He's stronger. He's longer. He does all these things well. And then when you look at, like I said, all the guys on the bench are getting a chance to play. Grimes is playing with an edge because he knows the trade deadline's coming. He's hoping to maybe get out of there, which mm. I don't see why he would want to. He's fitting in nicely now. Uh, you know, all these guys are getting a chance to do things. And, hey, I liked Randall, but I did not see him being that third pick overall mm. type guy that was uh, a game changer for mm. you, right? He was, he was starting to put up, you know, almost 20 a game, but the defense wasn't there. Right. The defense wasn't there. And plus he needed the ball to score where OG Ananobi can take a rebound, block shot, move it around and find a way to score. He's great in transition as well. Listen to you. Quickly. Nelson Figueroa. Baseball. Man, I got to do this for a living now. Yeah, listen, listen, you know, you should be asking us to hang out with you a little bit more often, my friend. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Hey, we we got to go to a game together. Uh, anytime, man. Anytime you want to go. Our already has to go to two different Yankees games this year wearing <laughs> wearing the uh, yes. relief pitchers jerseys of uh, Amos Willingham from the Nationals and the yes. Buck Farmer for the Cincinnati Reds. Yes, I promised them <laughs> I'd do it. I promised them if they get me tickets, I'll be there right nice. now. I'm a Yankee fan. 
I will wear yeah, their yeah. jerseys with their names right in front of me, doing dances when they're out there on the mound. <laughs> I promised them I would do it. I know people will probably be throwing baseballs at me or something. Yeah, but yeah, you, know. you gotta watch. You gotta watch that corporate place, man. They, they don't you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna do, Nelson. I am not gonna take a shower for five days, and nobody is <laughs> going to get close to me. I'm gonna have a nice, <laughs> wonderful area over there where nobody mm. wants to smell me, and it'll keep them away from me. You, you. There you go. I, I, I got you. it, man. I've got it. It'll be the second. It'll, it'll be just for wearing hats. You know what I mean? <laughs> it'll be the second stinkiest thing in Yankee Stadium to come after the in the last two years, besides Josh Donaldson. <laughs> nice. See, there you go, Speedy. Damn, I knew you could do it, Speedy. Listen, Speedy's a lot more. He, he when it comes to comedy. He's a lot smarter than he looks. I can tell you that right now. He doesn't realize how funny he is. I have to, I got to really like I nudge him. People. I got to nudge him, man. But uh, I Nelson, love people. Listen, you're fantastic. Great, great time, boys. Absolutely. Nelson, you're awesome. We'll get you on very, very soon. Let's talk. We'll definitely go to a game together. Absolutely. Sounds like a plan, brother. Nelson Figueroa, nine-year ex-vet in the MLB. Current Sports Nation nightly co-host. Fantastic. WPIX New York Sports. Uh, I like that. You see that? You should get my voice on it. WPI. Well, it's not W anymore. PIX New York. Oh, trust me. I know. I still say the WPIX all the time. Get in trouble. Oh, also the podcast is coming back out. Amazing but true along Jake with Jake Brown. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those will be coming to you uh, during spring training and they're on out. Hopefully uh, we'll see what this year brings us. It should be uh, interesting to see things know from a different perspective i'm sure it will i mean i there's a lot of perspectives to look at right speedy oh yeah <laughs> i mean speedy are you wearing underwear today i am okay good i'll just ask there it is there he goes he, <laughs> i'll tell you this when man, in doubt when he can't figure it out he'll go to the underwear jokes well that's not an underwear joke it, it's the underwear joke you know so underwears it, you, you know because you don't wear underwears it's like the song well, that's right singular you know, come on, could you 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 like to correct me with nouns, verbs, pronouns, and all that other yeah, stuff? Yeah, because he'll, he'll say he'll say he'll say a verb as a noun. <laughs> That's me. I mean, he's I, from New York. New York. He's a New Yorker. I'm a New Yorker. Oh, hey yo. <laughs> New Yorker, New Yorker, home of incorrect grammar, apparently. Oh, well, screw you, Speedy. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Nelson Figueroa. Yeah, well, I do. I correct myself yeah. when it comes to that stuff. But anyways, you're yeah, right. Boys, you're unbelievable. You too, man. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Take care. Nelson Figueroa. It was fantastic. The Sports Minute. Scoops. And I want to give a shout out to Aaron Fishman for the first show that he was doing all the, the videos, he's fantastic. Aaron, why don't you come in? I, I Before we go, we got to introduce... Aaron, you can come in on camera. Well, let's bring him in. Let's let's bring Aaron in. You were fantastic, Aaron. You shouldn't be wearing that New York Giant thing. Yes, you should. Oh, man, I Aaron. Approve. What are you trying to do I to me? I through the bad for the good, you know? Yeah. No, I appreciate it, guys. It was a pleasure. I had a, I had a blast today, and I just I can't wait to keep, uh, you know, find another way to bring this show up. Yep. You know, and contribute. You're gonna, you're going. On. We're gonna get you involved. Don't you worry. We, we got to get Sean. And by the way, Sean needs to get better lighting. I mean, I, I mean, he was like a shadow warrior. You know, I mean, I, like, I was waiting for Sean to come back when, we, when you started I, I, talking I, with Nelson about the. He's Chiefs. like a shadow Sean warrior. Sean was just gonna man. come in, back into the feed in the dark. I mean, I, 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 now you see me, now you don't. He might as well hide under his desk. I mean, seriously. I mean, but Sean is fantastic. I, I, I love Sean. He is, he is. A unique personality. There's no doubt, no doubt about it. He'll add a lot of 
personality to our show and, and moving forward. And Nelson Figueroa, he's fantastic. He knows his sports, man. Yeah. He knows his sports. I, I'm very... I'm very surprised about that. I'm not, I'm not taking shots at you, Nelson. We love you. Uh, but uh, I was very surprised. I, I, I'm going to give Nelson Figueroa a lot of credit. I mean, yeah. the guy is a sports fanatic. Some, he was fantastic. Some, 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 some football insight with Buck and uh, some uh, – or not Buck, uh, Braden, and then some uh, basketball insight with Would Nelson. you slap his tushy? And you're back to this. Would you slap his tushy? And you're back to this. I'm, I'm not just slapping asking. anyone's tushy. I mean, I just I just think about it. Would you slap his tushy? No. I mean, he was a Met. Would you slap his yeah, tushy? Yeah, that does not correlate. To I mean, if he wanted you to slap his tushy, would you slap it? I'm just asking Nelson you. Nelson would never stoop so low to I, that's a, Wait a second. I think he would. He sat there. He was pretty honest about it. Okay. All right. So would you slap his I'm tushy? I'm not going to do if it. If Nelson Figueroa told you, if he bent over on this table right now and slapped my tushy, would you do it? Would you do it? Yes, I, or no? I want no outside influence from you. But would you do it? I want no outside influence. All right, that's from fine. You. But would you do it? I want no outside influence from you. All right, no out, an outside uh, no outside influence. But would you do it? I will do it on my own terms, and I'll let you know what happens. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. He would smack Nelson Figueroa. No, in I didn't say that. I said I wouldn't let you know. What? I'm just asking you. Would you smack him in the tush? And you're not knowing. I'm just asking. You said yes. I don't care if I, I said don't. I'm doing it on my own. I think terms. Nelson and you got. I, I think if we went to a game with Nelson Figueroa. Oh no, you're not. I, I'm, I'm not slapping my tush. I'm not slapping that with you there. I, I, don't, I don't need you to see. I that. don't want to see you get your tush smacked in a, in the middle of a basketball game. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't want to watch Jalen Brunson score you're 30 not and, and Speedy smacking Nelson Figueroa on the tush. You're okay? not knowing. No thanks. Okay, I, I just, I'm just asking you, would you smack? I'd smack his tush. Good for you. I would. If he told me to smack his tush, I'd be like, Nelson, I'll smack your tush. I would. I mean, seriously. Would, would you let anybody smack your tush? I would hope not. What do you mean you would hope not? If there was a sexy Sports Illustrated model, Sports Illustrated model right here, right now, and she says, I'm not doing speedy, anything near you. Speed. <laughs> Speedy, I'm not doing anything you near you. Sexy, I'm man. not doing anything near you. I want to smack your ass yeah. and lick your neck and suck you. What would you say? I'm not doing it in this. I'm just asking you in what your would you vicinity. Say? Well, I I didn't ask you to do it around me, even though it would be. You're the one encouraging it. Well, I, wouldn't you encourage it if she was hot? It's also unreal. Unless you want a man to do it, I could get you one of those oh porno gosh, guys. You're back to this. They could do oh it. God. They could do it for no you. No thanks. No. How about uh, anyone that tries too hard for that? Is, is Tom is Washington out. the porno star? Would you let him? No. Do it? I mean seriously. No. I he, he knows how to lick necks and smack asses. Congratulations to him. I am just saying. Isn't I he mean, special? he might be long. He has a big sausage. Congratulations you like sausage? to him. You like sausage? Congratulations to him. And and by the way, it's dark. So you like the dark sausage him. and spicy. It might I'm be not doing it on somebody's body. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyways. Ah, man, Speedy. All I asked you was to smack Nelson Fort Figueroa on the ass. Would you do it? And you didn't give me an answer. All right. Anyway. You're, you, always, you always drive around it. You, you like go around it. It's like a circle. It's like a circle. What movie is that from? Chuck and Larry. It's like a circle. A circle. Okay, congratulations. It's like a circle. It's a circle, right? Yeah. Well, you like a circle, and you just put your finger between it, right? Elementary school geography, ladies, or geometry, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, you said geography, so uh, it's not geography because then I'd be in Guam. Okay, there you go. There you go. You see, Speedy, I pronounce to announce the verbs. I'm just wonderful, just like you, ladies and gentlemen. Speedy would smack Nelson Figueroa on the ass, just not around me. Anyways, uh, Aaron, thank you, man. You're fantastic as you always are, and. Uh, 
keep up the good work, man. You're doing a great job. And uh, we'll get you on the show. And Sean, I'm sure, will dominate. Uh, if you ever talk about the Kansas City Chiefs on this show, you know who's going to bite your head off. Yeah, I was waiting for Sean to come back in when you guys started, about, started talking about Taylor Swift. So listen. I mean, does he want to hang out with Taylor Swift? He probably does. I mean, he could climb those legs if he wants. Kelsey's done it. Uh-huh. I mean, why don't we just have the whole 50, 53-man roster of the Kansas City Chiefs do it? Nah. It'd be fun, right? Taylor Swift would never want a Canarius. I don't know. I think that posting, like, these butt pictures of Taylor Swift all over, you know, Twitter and all that other stuff. I mean, does Kelsey like it? Do you like it? Do you like uh, Taylor Swift's ass? I'm not getting involved with that. I'm just asking you, do you, did you ever see act, a picture of her ass? act is bad. I did, I'm not how about her legs? That. Would you I'm climb not, those legs? Oh would you climb those legs? I'm not climbing anyone's legs. I, I mean, would you climb her legs? I'm not climbing anyone's I legs. I mean, you're a little small, so you, you definitely have to do a little climbing. I'm not climbing anyone's legs. I mean, you gotta shave over there, too. I don't I'm care. just saying, you gotta shave. I don't Gotta clean care. up. Clean cut, baby. I don't. Clean cut. I'm just saying. <laughs> clean cut. Anyways. Oh, man, what a show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you to former Brewers pitcher, current Union Laguna pitcher, Braden Webb, for joining us. And by the way, I, I loved his argument when it came to football. They all, listen, Nelson Figueroa, he went right into football and basketball. Yeah. Hey, screw baseball. Let's just get into the football ba- uh, basketball thing. But uh, And by the way, thank you to ex-nine-year MLB vet pitcher and current Sports Nation nightly co-host Nelson Figueroa. Uh, he's doing great things here in New York uh, on PIX New York. Uh, so, yes, uh, as he has become a New Yorker, a New Yorker. Yeah. Did you, could you do that? New Yorker. No, no, no. New Yorker. New Yorker. New Yorker. Walker. Walker. No, like Waka, Waka, Waka. You got to New Yorker. Oh, no, I didn't say Waka. New Yorker. New Yorker. New Yorker. New Yorker. There you go. There you go. Yeah, you got to go. New Yorker. New Yorker. New Yorker. Like, that, that's Chinese. Don't do that. No, New Yorker. Okay, one more time for me. New Yorker. Yeah. No, no, you gotta get walk. New Yorker. Like New Yorker. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Speedy Petey, ladies and gentlemen. He, he's we're we're teaching him the New York way of saying New Yorker. But uh I mean you're from Connecticut, but you've been here for seven years. I was months. born in Pennsylvania, so Oh, you're a Pennsylvanian. Yeah, I was there so for was my agent. Four years of my Brian, life. Brian, you Pennsylvania man. You like that? I, 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 I got the voice, right? You do. Could you sing with me? Would you sing with me? Nah. You don't want to sing? Not that song. What would you like to sing? I'm not singing any song involving your agent. What would you like to sing? I'm not singing anything involving but your agent. But what would agent. you like? Are you a Taylor Swift fan? Are you a Swifty? Not really. <laughs> do you like any of those Swifty songs? I liked some of her early stuff when I was a kid, but that was a. Oh yeah, what 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 was your favorite I, song? D- yeah. Do you have you have a song that you like of hers? No, not particularly. No, so you just said you were a fan of hers when you were. No, a kid. I said I I knew I liked some stuff. I uh, okay, so what song? Fan is a different thing. But what song did you it's like? like? It's like you saying, I, "Hold like, on, it's, uh, it's, it's like I, you saying, oh, I like Sauce Gardner, but I'm a Jet fan.'" But but before we go, I I I still have a question for you. You said you liked some of her stuff. Give me a song that you liked of hers. I don't remember now. Oh, now you forgot because yes. you were a kid. Yes. Did you forget about other things when you were hanging out with your mother when you? You were a kid? Yeah. You, you do? Yeah. Okay. Give me something. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, not everyone has a photographic memory. Ha, 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 ha.
Taylor Swift has a song, Doggy at the Door, Carl. Uh, <laughs> there is a song called Doggy Door, though, Carl. But I don't even know what it is. Doggy Door. Well, there I is a song called Doggy Door. Uh, I, I found I found that I I was DJing like this thirteen year old, fourteen year old girls party. There were thirty girls running around, and they told me play the Duck Duck song, Duck Duck Lemonade. I was like, what the hell is a Duck Duck Lemonade? And then I heard it, and I was like, what? I, and and the parents were singing the song too. I was like. I was looking, and I one of the parents were looking at me, and she smiled at me. I was like, "What the hell is this? What the hell did I actually show Brittany the song?" She, <laughs> it's something that my friend Eric probably would listen to. Sure. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, thank you again to Brittany <laughs> Nelson. And of course, uh, Sean Smith for uh, partnering up, uh, moving forward with our show. We fant- he's fantastic, and we're looking forward to having a lot of laughs uh, moving forward on the show. And tomorrow, who do we have on the show tomorrow? Only one guest uh, tomorrow, as of now. Uh, oh. Mike Mike Adams. Uh, we had him on last year. Yes, he is, Mikey, uh, founder of Baseball Performance Center. He's currently a free agent. He was with the Phillies organization. Mm-hmm. But he's the founder of uh, Baseball Performance Center. He will be back on at nine o'clock tomorrow. Well, there we go. A lot of content, ladies and gentlemen. So, Sean, stop with these, you know, these meetings or whatever you're doing. I mean, what what kind of meeting oh, are you having? Just wait for tomorrow. You got Sean and Wes together. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> the double roasting of the Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe we should shave his. Uh, you know what? Would you I shave? I'm not getting involved in that. If Would you, you want, shave if, if you and Sean want to do that, well, with... he has a bald head. Okay. Would you shave his head? I'm not shaving anyone's head, but if you, Wes, and Sean want to figure something, I tell out, you what. I tell you what. Where that happens, I tell you. Let's make a bet here. Now, who do you have winning the Super Bowl? Just to, just to As of right, right now, I would pick the 49ers. All right. So if the Kansas City Chiefs win, we have to shave your head. No, that's not happening. Let's do it. No. I'd rather wear a wig and other nonsense. All right. All right. So you have to shave your balls. Oh, my God. I'm just saying. you got to shave something. No, I don't. Can I? Can I I'll uh, rather put six female things on. <laughs> and do that. <laughs> High heels? Sure. <laughs> you don't see them. <laughs> <laughs> they don't see them. <laughs> oh man, I'm sweating. I can't stop laughing. But anyways, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, uh, I'm sure everybody that's listening to this right now is probably uh, throwing up or spitting, whatever the hell they're doing right now. Uh, I'm sure Jamie Lee is listening to this and probably dying laughing. Uh, but anyways, uh, it's been a great show. Uh, thank you. It's It's been a long show, but it was worth it. Very well worth it with the laughs at the end of the show. Speedy, are you having fun? I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> He's trying. Okay, that's good. He's trying. That's that's a good thing. I mean, uh, just remember, you said you would smack Nelson Figueroa on the ass. Anyways, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Until then... This is Errol Mark, Speedy Petey, and Sean Smith, wherever he is. <laughs> uh, we will speak to you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.